，枪炮也不灵。开枪！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！杀！
ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mask, representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of kung fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
great men of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of kung fu justice. Five new kung fu killing techniques. The whipping triple jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stakeout, and prevents a hijacking. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. 
Magnum Force, rated R. Opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推薦你上去，但你上頭唔批准。點解？呢個人你應該好熟嘅。我聽日要走。後日去台灣嗰單嘢，咪帶埋阿成咯，俾個機會啲後生仔啊嘛。
。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 Sir。而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟噶。我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你嘢喐手啊！即刻转翻转头One of the ten best films of the year, a high-octane mixture of outlandishly stylized camp and outrageously sensational shootouts. A 
Outrageously exhilarating. Guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin. The combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance, rated R, starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. My instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. Dogs. Before Pulp Fiction. The original Men in Black shook the world of action cinema in the original A Better Tomorrow. Presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Woo and Troy Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. Better tomorrow, too.
He practiced the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. It enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. No. Despite all of the hard work he did for safety. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bunch of gobbledygook. Peddling that has got to be spooks. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly juice. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheeple are awake and we gon' shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a scream fire. Like we can't see who lit it. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these federal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these federal projectors, they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue-in-cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say bastard.
Alright, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and uh, I'm going to start here tonight. Oh, the time thing. Let me take the time thing off one second. There we go. Alright, very good. I don't know where the hell the stream deck is. Somewhere. I'll have to find it. But uh, Oh, uh, actually, I guess uh, before we start, I'll mention, uh, if you want to see your chat on the screen, uh, that would be Rumble. Uh, rumble.com slash user slash hard news network slash live I will put it in the YouTube chat if you give a shit and there it is very good okay uh, just hilarity hilarity on social media in, in in many different categories obviously the main hilarity has been the absolute salt from leftists when it comes to this absolute bloodbath delivered by the Supreme Court on multiple subjects it is hilarious and i'm not even arguing that like oh this is gonna make a big difference in the in the war no no no. it's just that like they have temper tantrums when they don't get their own way and they freak out and it's just funny to watch it's funny to watch now similarly uh, bill mitchell is hilarious to watch because bill mitchell and this is a different subject bill mitchell um for weeks has been claiming donald trump it's over for trump uh, similar refrain from all the DeSantis shows. It's over for Trump, and uh, Trump can't pull crowds, and he canceled the Iowa rally um, because he couldn't pull a crowd. Meanwhile, DeSantis will fill uh, like a, like a I don't know like a wedding reception hall with like a hundred people, and Bill Mitchell will be like, "This is the biggest crowd I've ever seen. Oh, this is it. It's over for Trump." Okay, well, Trump pulls a fucking ridiculous crowd in South Carolina today. You know, people wrapped around the building, just fucking, you know, they get the huge aerial picture, just ants everywhere. It looks like it. just huge fucking crowd. And then it shifts to, well, this isn't 75,000 people in the biggest stadium. Okay, I mean, that's quite a goalpost move. That's quite, now, I try to be fair. DeSantis, uh, I forget where in South Carolina, but a few weeks ago, DeSantis had a good sized crowd in South Carolina. Ron DeSantis is not Joe Biden. So Ron DeSantis can pull crowds. He just can't pull Donald Trump crowds, as far as I've seen so far. The crowd he had in South Carolina a few weeks ago was, was pretty good. Um, this, is, this was crazy, what happened today with Trump. Not surprising, because these indictments are just giving a new morale to the base, and people are now more inclined to vote for him. Uh, so, so none of that's working. And, and the great news as far as that, if you are of the opinion that Trump is helped by the indictments, there's good news. There's there's more coming. So this is fantastic. Anyway, massive crowds turn out for a Trump rally in South Carolina. Former President Trump is currently speaking to a massive crowd of supporters at a rally held in Pickens, South Carolina. Videos and photos online showed a large number of individuals gathering to wait for Trump's address, with many showing up. Uh, at least several hours earlier before the event uh, begins in order to secure a spot. And this was early this morning where, when the gates were opened. Um, I don't know. Uh, this, who, is, who is this? Oh, Trump remarks this. I don't know uh, if you know it, but those crowds are going all the way back into whatever the hell street you have back there. Trump remarked to the crowd at the beginning of his speech, whatever that street, they've passed it. Um... He then uh, invigorated the crowd, declaring <clears throat> there's nowhere else I'd rather be to kick off the 4th of July weekend than right here on Main Street with thousands of proud, hardworking South Carolina patriots who believe in God, family, and country. Trump then asked, do we all believe in God, family, and country? And cheers could be heard. 
from all over. So, uh, and then the the DeSantis shills moved the goalposts again and said, well, Trump got big crowds in 2020, but he still lost. Now, look, I would expect a Democrat to make that argument because that argument is going to, I think, appeal to Democrat voters. But you have to win over the Trump voters in the primary. Uh, that makes no sense. You're gaslighting them. You're pretending the election was legitimate in 2020. That's a big mistake. Anyway, uh, with all of that said, uh, DeSantis himself, I think, for the most part, says good things. I think for the most part, he says good things. He says good things in interviews. Um, you know, certainly you could argue as far as like charisma and whatever. You know, he's not at Trump's level, of course, but he says good stuff. He's done good stuff in Florida. He's just surrounded by retards. He is surrounded by fucking retards, and his campaign is full of retards. And would it have mattered? Probably not. Probably not. Because even if he was uh, running neck and neck with Trump before the indictments, once, he, once these indictments hit, and they're not going to stop, it, it just turns Trump into a complete martyr, and it's over. So hopefully DeSantis can recover politically from this. I still think he can. Barring anything crazy happening of them making like really bad mistakes. I, I didn't like, so people were talking about this new ad released by uh, the DeSantis War Room. And in the first half of the ad has, they're trying to pretend Trump is pro-homosexual and pro-tranny. So they're taking comments that he made in a time where it was completely different and people were much more open and accepting. Uh, and they're taking shit that he said then and applying it to now. Uh, which is whatever, it's politics, you're going to do that. And then it cuts to all these like memes of DeSantis. I'll tell you, the second part of the video is not bad. It has DeSantis and it has, um, they, they're obviously, I, I will look, I've been very critical of the DeSantis campaign, but the people who made the second part of that video do seem to understand some of the more modern memes because I watched these meme compilations on YouTube, uh, and um, they had a lot of the the people from those memes in it. So I don't know if their goal is to try to reach younger people, uh, but that's good. So the second part was good. It showed like you know the headlines, the hyperbolic headlines about how oh DeSantis is anti-LGBT, and then it showed like a headline that says or a quote that says DeSantis doesn't care. I like that. I thought the second part of that ad was good. The first part, trying to pretend Trump is pro-homosexual, give, give me a break. Give me a break. I mean, is he where I would want him to be? No, no. But, you know, Trump's not where I would want him to be on many issues. But the idea that he's a leftist, because that's another argument I see from, from DeSantis shills. Again, not DeSantis voters, DeSantis shills. DeSantis voters talk about ways that they like DeSantis or, you know, reasons that they don't like Trump anymore. It's not this made-up fucking bullshit from the shills, but whatever. Um, but they're like, oh, oh, he's a Democrat. Yeah, okay. Whatever, dude. Anyway, it's all very interesting. Ian's network in Entropy says, I haven't watched the stream in a few days. Have you covered the absolute fuck show in France? Not yet, but I do have an article about it. It is, uh, it's, uh, I don't know what the hell you want to call that. It's just, uh, <clears throat> the joggers are jogging. The joggers are jogging in France, and it is a hell of a thing. And it, and it looks like it's a little bit worse than normal. It looks like it's, uh, it's, mm, it's not good. Um, he says, these Arab teens are fucking shit up more than U.S. teens. France is a conquered country. Yeah, it looks like um, they're just destroying the, the, the country. I mean, you know, I, 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 it's not good. It's not good at all. They import animals, and then the animals act like animals. But it's on purpose. It's on purpose. Uh, and, and 
You know, I was thinking about this as far as the plans that they have for us. And, and there are people talking about that this is what they have planned for us in 2024. And, and to a degree, I think that's true. But I, I wonder, I wonder if it's going to work. Because there seems to be a difference between the people coming in here from the border and the people that have gone into those European countries. The people that have gone into those European countries seem a little wilder. I could be wrong about this. And I'm not saying that the people coming in from the southern border are saints. It just seems a little different. They better be sure that they're going to do the same shit because it's possible that the Democrat, that this might not work. Now, they might figure out, because ultimately what I've seen people argue is they're going to figure out this kind of, uh, you know, they're going to do like a calculation or, or, or a, a, a formula of propaganda to piss off the illegals to get them to, to get violent. That seems to be the argument that I've seen people make, that they're going to do it right before the election and then use it for, you know, maybe they'll shut the election down or maybe they'll do martial law, whatever. And it could work, but it's, um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's, it's all very interesting. But I do think that there is something afoot. Like, they're deliberately putting these people strategically into Western countries so they destroy everything. That's definitely happening on purpose. So, uh, yeah, it's not good. It's not good in France. Hopefully the people, the, the, the natives of France uh, rise up and take their country back. Uh, Darren Beatty had some great commentary about what had to happen in France. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Uh, he had a great tweet about how they need to, for this to stop, you need to come out with a show of force that makes people tremble, that makes people go, holy fucking shit. And they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. But that's what needs to be done in a situation like this. You have to put the boot down to a degree that you make people go, holy shit. You have to have zero tolerance for looting. You have to obviously shoot if people are looting. Um, and yeah, you, 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 can't have this. You can't have people tearing apart your city. And if, you know, they'll be like, well, that makes you a fascist. I don't, you can make, call it whatever you want. The idea that we need to, that we should just allow people to destroy, uh, your, your, uh, your nation, destroy your cities. I mean, that's preposterous. You, you can't tolerate that. Anyway, whatever. It's all interesting. All right, let's get into the absolute salt mine. This is really this is incredible. Supreme Court sides with Christian graphic designer. Says state can't force her to violate her religious beliefs. Fantastic ruling. I'm a little surprised, frankly. I am a little surprised. Um, now, the leftists are saying it wasn't even a real case. It was fake. The people were fake. Good. I hope that's true. I think it's a lie. But I hope it's true because it just makes this more satisfying. Does it make you a little more sad, AIDS commie, if it turned out that someone was fake or there was some bullshit here? Good. <laughs> good, good, good. In a landmark victory for free speech, the Supreme Court on Friday struck down a Colorado law that would have punished a Christian graphic designer who declined to design a website for a same-sex wedding that violated a religious, religious beliefs. Christianity, it, it, religion might be one of the ways to reverse a lot of this. Advocate as much as possible for your religious rights. Make part of your religious rights and your religious beliefs rebellion against commies. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a great idea. In a 6-3 decision in the case, uh, the uh, eighth of uh, 303 Creative LLC, Verse Elinus, the High Court cited the First Amendment 
in ruling that Lori Smith could not be forced by state civil rights law to design websites that run counter to her sincerely held religious beliefs. Neil Gorsuch wrote for the majority, which included Roberts, Clarence Thomas, Alito, Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, saying no public accommodation law is immune from the demands of the Constitution. Awesome. Gorsuch says the First Amendment prohibits Colorado from forcing a website designer to create expressive designs, speaking messages with which the designer disagrees. Smith said she is willing to work with anyone regardless of their sexual orientation, but objected to being forced to build wedding websites for same-sex couples because same-sex marriage goes against her deeply held beliefs. There are some messages I can't create no matter who requests them, uh, Smith said in December. Smith said she delayed expanding her business to start designing wedding websites because she was worried her beliefs would bump up against the Colorado public accommodation law. Colorado argued that Smith simply wanted to discriminate against same-sex couples and said the public accommodation law governs the conduct, not the speech of a person running a Colorado business. Gorsuch said, quote, under Colorado's logic, the government may compel anyone who speaks for pay on a given topic to accept all commissions on that same topic, no matter the message. If the topic somehow implicates a customer's statutory protected trait, Gorsuch wrote for the majority. Sotomayor, Sotomayor dissented, joined by Alina Kagan and Contenji Brown Jogger Jackson, calling the ruling profoundly wrong and arguing the Constitution contains no right to refuse service to a disfavored group. First of all, the homos are not a disfavored group anymore. They are a worshipped group. They are a worshipped group, okay? This is, like, hilarious. Oh, my God. Today is a sad day in the American constitutional law. By the way, did you see these fucking retards? It's fantastic. You got this retarded business owner that has all these signs now on their store that's like, we're going to discriminate against Trump supporters and conservatives. Good. Please put those signs up because I want to know who the retards are and I don't want to give them any money. So your terms are acceptable. Your terms are fucking acceptable. Um... So Sotomayor then said, uh, today is a sad day in American constitutional law and the lives of LGBT people. The Supreme Court of the United States declares that a particular kind of business, though open to the public, has a constitutional right to refuse to serve members of a protected class. That's a lie. That is a lie. People, if you, if you were, you could be David Pakman level of homosexual. You could be an absolute rabid bathhouse homosexual. If you call up this lady and say, hello, uh, lady, can you design a, a website where I could keep food recipes on it? And she would say, yeah, no problem, okay? But she, what she won't do is, is she, she won't uh, design you a homosexual website, okay? So, for example, if you, if you are, let's say we're using David Pakman. David Pakman couldn't call her up and say, hey, could you uh, put a, one of those uh, slideshow websites showing my bathhouse exploits? Could you do one of those? She would say no to that, okay? That's the difference. That's the difference. Um, and also, if you want a, a less hyperbolic example, um, I doubt if you called her as a heterosexual and said, hello, uh, ma'am, will you make me actual ma'am? Not a, not a dude, but she's an actual ma'am. Hello, actual ma'am. I was wondering if you could make a website celebrating um, premarital sex. She would say no. She would say no because it's against her belief. Same thing. So it's, it's no issue. Do you know how many fucking websites, uh, website builders out there, website people would build whatever the fuck you want? Okay, so relax. So this is all about forcing this shit down your throat.
nonstop forcing homosexuality down your throat. And what's interesting is the activists, they have fucked up royally because they have forced this shit down people's throats so much that now they're losing. Now it is completely backfiring. And this is a major backfire from the Supreme Court. And um, now who knows what it's going to lead to. Obviously, the commies are going to ignore it. They're still going to get their AIDS commie hordes to destroy businesses if you don't go along with everything they tell you. But it, it, it at least gives you a foot in the door here to, uh, to uh, rebel. So hopefully it, we'll see more of it. Anyway, so this lunatic um, said... Uh, the Supreme Court declares that a particular kind of business, though open to the public, has a constitutional right to refuse to serve members of a protected class. The court does so for the first time in its history. The immediate symbolic effect of the decision is to mark gays and lesbians for second-class status. That's total made-up bullshit. Gorshik some, spent some time of his majority heavily criticizing Sotomayor's dissent. He said, it's difficult to read the dissent and conclude we're looking at the same case. Well, because she's a retard. And on top of it, they don't deal with the facts. They don't deal with the reality. They just come up with their made-up bullshit. The question at hand is, can a state force someone who provides her own expressive services to abandon her conscience and speak its preferred message instead? Yeah, their answer is yes. Their answer is yes, as long as the message you're being forced to write is in accordance to leftist ideology. When the dissent finally gets around to that question, more than halfway through its opinion, it reimagines the fact, facts of this case from top to bottom. In some places, the dissent gets so turned around about the facts that it opens fire on its own position. The case is the most recent similar case coming out of Colorado. In 2018, the Supreme Court ruled narrowly in favor of a Colorado baker who refused to make a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. In that case, the court reversed the Colorado Civil Rights Commission decision against Jack Phillips, owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop, saying the state had failed to be neutral on religion. The narrow ruling in 2018 avoided addressing the larger issue of anti-discrimination laws potentially clashing with freedom of religion and speech, eventually leading to the 303 creative case. Um, Jonathan Turley on Fox said, this will go down as one of the most important free speech cases in the history of the court. I hope so. Many of us have argued that these cases should not be uh, religion clause cases, but free speech cases. What happened here is that the court could have considered both issues, but refused the religion clause claim and said that they were only going to look at the free speech. And that's why, because Gorshik is saying, we've always been clear, you can't coerce people to say things. And right now, the left is all about that. All about that. You should see this article. They're fucking with this Orthodox bakery in Jersey, I think. And just the quotes from the lunatics surrounding these, these fucking Orthodox bakers. Right? So, the bakers, same thing. You could be the most rabid homosexual. You could have just taken nine cum shots to the face in a bathhouse. And you then go directly to this baker. And you go in and you say, hello, baker. Uh, I'd like to buy some of these cupcakes. And the baker would say, no problem, that'll be whatever, how much it is. And then you leave. You're being served. But what he won't do is you can't say, hey, can you make some LGBT homosexual propaganda cakes? And he'll say no. Okay, so the quotes out of this article, and these were people, the, the, the leftists have infiltrated and infected everything so much that you have people inside what's supposed to be the conservative Jewish community killing this guy that they were like, I can't believe he won't help us celebrate who we are. What are you talking... Since when has this ever been that I'm obligated? 
to help you celebrate who you are. Now, I'm not religious. I'm a fucking asshole with people who tell me I have to do something. So I don't care who you are. You tell me I have to... I am obligated to help you celebrate who you are? Suck my fucking dick. Now, religious people, they have like a moral code code or whatever, okay? And you can view that as a higher calling. That's fine. I don't care. Uh, I'm not... I've never argued my way is the right way to do it. I'm just saying I... Uh, when people say, oh, you have to do something, my natural reaction is to say to fuck off. And also, since these people have temper tantrums, then it makes it entertaining. So it's both satisfying and entertaining and funny to watch them freak out. But these people, like this guy, he believes in the, uh, was it the Torah? That's the Old Testament, right? That's not the really uh, wild one. That's the uh, whatever the fuck, not Hadith. That's the Muslim one, right? What is that shit? That's like, well, it doesn't matter. I forget. I forget the name of it. Anyway, it, they don't all, you know, it depends. It's like anything. Um, so, yeah, he believes in the Torah. Torah, obviously, very much frowns upon homosexuality. And uh, so then these conservative Jewish groups are rallying against this Orthodox baker and trying to get his business destroyed because he won't make the pride cupcakes. Sick. These are sick people. And they've, they are everywhere. they're everywhere. They are even in a place that you would think. If you said, hey, a conservative Jewish group, at least according to Ben Shapiro, that should be like a really base group. No. Nope. So there you go. And uh, so there was that. And so that guy was happy. Um, and it looks like his business, interesting enough in that article, Soft Gentleman covered it, is he said that his business is generally fine. And I wonder if it's because... And I suspect it's because normies are just done, and they're not—they're not freaking out over this. They're like, "Oh, you're gonna—you're gonna shut these people up finally? Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're gonna—you're gonna bring them down a, a level? Could you? Yeah, thank you. Okay, they're not saying anything. They're not protesting with these people. They're not boycotting businesses. Uh, the boycotts are happening to to the businesses that like Target and and and, and others that promote this fucking insanity." So um, they pretend the normies are on their side. I've not seen evidence of that. I've not seen evidence that the normies are on their side. Now, the normies are not verbally expressing their support for our side either, but I would, I would argue their silence and their, their awesome. Look, the amount of money that Target and Bud Light lost, that's not just conservatives. That can't just be conservatives. And the Bud Light thing was interesting because it put, it put such a stigma on Bud Light that normies didn't want to... Even if they didn't fully understand it, they just knew that they that there's a chance that they will be embarrassed in front of people if they're caught with Bud Light, so they avoided it. That's good. See, that Bud Light, the Bud Light thing is a definite, uh, I think, seminal moment in all this, where it, it, we, we kind of saw the blueprint of how to do this to even get the, the normies to just be like, yeah, I don't want that either. That's, that's pretty good. Okay. Anyway. Charlie clarified the court's decision does not give businesses a license to discriminate against customers. Yeah, they're making this up completely. You still can't discriminate against people. This was next level. This was, and only homosexuals and trannies had, had these Uber rules. I don't even know if, they probably would have given them the Muslims, but I'm just not aware of Muslims going into other, you know, going into a, a, a Christian's bakery and saying, my friend, you must write only God is Allah, or God, Allah is the only God. I don't know, whatever. But I've not—I've never heard of that. I've never heard of that. Right now, the LGBT are the only ones 
going into uh, um, uh, places and being bullies um, in America. In America, okay. Um, there, there might be some shit going on uh, in other uh, Western countries where that it's a different story. But in America, the Muslims are pretty much. I've not, you know, they're they're like not flying flags in wherever the fuck Michigan that is that they've kind of taken over. You know, so um, I've not seen that. I'm not saying would I be shocked if it started happening if they got enough numbers? No, I would not be shocked at all. But we're not there yet. So anyway, then there is another loss. Supreme Court strikes down Biden's $430 billion student loan forgiveness scheme. In a stinging defeat for the pedophile-in-chief, the U.S. Supreme Court ruled Friday that the COVID-era HEROES Act did not give the White House authority to unilaterally forgive federally subsidized student loans. Chief Justice Roberts wrote for the 6-3 majority, saying the Secretary asserts that the HEROES Act grants him the authority to cancel. 430 billion of student loan principal. It does not. We hold today the act allows the secretary to waive or modify existing statutory or regulatory provisions applicable to financial assistance programs under the Education Act, not to rewrite that statute from the ground up. The decision was made along ideological lines as Chief Justice Roberts was joined by Alito, Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, Kavanaugh, and Absolute base motherfucker Clarence Thomas. The first case was decided unanimously with all justices ruling in the Department of Education v. Brown that the two petitioners who were denied debt relief under the program did not have standing to sue the Department of Education. The second case, Biden v. Nebraska, upheld the right of several GOP states involved in the lawsuit to sue the Biden administration, clearing the hurdle necessary to present their argument before the court, Roberts bluntly contended in the majority opinion, six states sued, arguing the HEROES Act does not authorize the loan cancellation plan. We agree. Um, now, of course, then you have um, Biden coming out and saying he's going to bypass the Supreme Court. Yep. See, see, this is why, on the one hand, it's good that these rulings happened. But it's far from over because commies never give up and they don't mind just breaking the law. Uh, you don't, they don't have to follow the rules. You have to follow the rules. You have to follow rules that are made up that are not in any law. Uh, and if you don't, they try to destroy you, okay? Um, but they don't have to follow any rules. They don't have to follow their own rules. They don't have to follow laws. They'll do whatever the fuck they want. On Friday, Joe Biden blamed Republicans for the Supreme Court ruling his student uh, debt forgiveness plan unconstitutional. He said they literally snatched from the hands of millions of Americans thousands of dollars of student debt relief and announced a new plan to bypass the Supreme Court ruling. In a speech at the White House, he claimed, you know, these Republican officials just couldn't bear the thought of providing relief for working class middle Americans. Republican state officials sued my administration, attempting to block relief, including millions of their own constituents. You probably think Congress voted to overturn the plan. I think everyone I don't have, I, I think I had any Republicans. I didn't have any Republicans vote for the plan. He went on to conflate the student debt relief plan, which would have forgiven 10000 in federal student loans for people making up to 125000 and 20000 for people who took out Pell Grants with the Paycheck Protection Plan program, which helps small businesses stay afloat after the government forced them to shut down. Yeah, and, and then they they audited the shit out of them. Now, some of those audits were necessary because there was a lot of fraud, but um, it, it, it's they're like, hey, we'll help you here, and then we're going to fucking make your life harder if you take our help. 
That's nice. That's not nice. Um, my, that program costs seven hundred and sixty billion. My program's too expensive. He asked three hundred and sixty billion more than I proposed on my student debt relief program. I was trying to provide students with ten. I, I, I don't. Did they argue it was too expensive? I think they argued it was unconstitutional. You're, you're making you're making different arguments. Well, he doesn't know what he's doing. Republicans in Congress, it's not about reducing the deficit. It's not about fairness and forgiving loans. It's only about forgiving loans they have to pay. Today, the Supreme Court sides with them. I believe the court's decision to strike down my program was a mistake and was wrong, not going to stop fighting to deliver borrowers what they need, particularly those at the bottom end of the economic scale. So if Trump was in office and he said this, um, they would say he's a terrorist for going up against the Supreme Court and not obeying the Supreme Court. But, you know, they don't have to follow those rules. So then, um, so a reporter says, why did you give millions of borrowers false hope? You doubted, you've doubted your own authority here in the past. He says, I didn't give any false hope. Republicans snatched away the hope. Another reporter asked if he overstepped his authority. I think the court misinterpreted the Constitution, he responded. So there you go. Um, but uh, just uh, a lot of salt. A lot of salt. People are pissed off. Now we have the EEOC commissioner uh, on the SCOTUS ruling. Uh, this was related. This was the, the previous win where they got rid of affirmative action. Will lead to a crackdown on ESG, DEI programs and companies. I would hope so. That would be phenomenal. Employment Opportunity Commission Commissioner Andrea Lucas responded to the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling that racial discrimination in college admissions is illegal by predicting that companies are going to get hit with lawsuits over diversity, equity, and inclusion programs. That would be awesome. And environmental, social, and corporate governance measures. That would be phenomenal. Lucas made the remarks after the Supreme Court ruled 6-3 that race-based admission programs at Harvard and the University of North Carolina were both illegal. I think this is going to be a wake-up call for employers. Today is the time, the best time for lawyers to really take a look at the lawfulness of their corporate diversity programs. Even though many employers don't use the word affirmative action, it's rampant today. From ESG to focus on equity pretty much everywhere, there's a ton of pressure at the corporate 100 across corporate America to take race-conscious race decision-making, race-conscious actions in employment law that's been illegal and is still illegal. I've noticed an increasing number of challenges to corporate DEI programs, and I would expect that this decision is going to shine even more of a spotlight on how out of alignment some of those programs are. And to be clear, I'm not criticizing all diversity programs. I am right here. I am. Who's criticizing all diversity programs right here? I got my hand up. I'm doing a finger point. Hand up. Finger point. It really depends on how they're structured, but to the extent that they're explicitly or implicitly taking race into decision-making for employment decisions, race-restricted internships, race-restricted mentoring, race-focused promotion decision, etc., there are a host of employment decisions. If you're using race as any factor in your decision-making, you're already violating the law. Well, then why would you have, well, well, well then wouldn't that put you criticizing all diversity programs? <laughs> I would think so, but... I and I expect you're going to have a rising amount of challenges as this sort of raises the issue back to people's attention. I hope that's true. We will see. It's not going to be that easy, but uh, I hope that that's true. Uh, all right, so this is this is hilarity. I, I think it's fun. Um, it, it's not going to work. And so, and, and frankly, I think it makes the situation worse for them because it just makes it, 
it's like you're admitting this is bullshit and you're just going to go crazy. Deep State Hatchet Man Jack Smith to charge Trump 45 more times. <laughs> Tr Donald Trump's rise in the polls since Biden's arrest of him seems to have concerned the Biden White House. Reports broke late Thursday and early Friday that Joe Biden's lackey, Jack Smith, will be charging Trump 45 more times. It is believed... It is believed charges related to January 6th will be included in the new batch of charges. This is Trump predicted Friday that he will not face charges in Georgia. Trump posted on Truth Social Friday, I predict that the racist district attorney in Atlanta, with the per capita worst crime record in the county, Fannie Willis, where murderers get away with murder, are seldom charged and almost never prosecuted, will be dropping all charges against me for lack of a case. I made a perfectly legal phone call as president about an election that I strongly feel was rigged and stolen. None of, m of the many lawyers on the call minded my words and even hinted at wrongdoing. Scam. Jack Smith's new charges against Trump could come in states other than Florida. If this is the case, it's likely Trump would face January 6th related charges in Washington, D.C. National polls show that Trump has built a two to seven point lead over Biden since his DOJ arrested him. Trump has also hauled in impressive fundraising totals since his arrest. Democrats running the Biden White House made a major political miscalculation, and they know it. Many Democrats believe charging Trump in D.C. may be one of the only ways the left can jail Trump before the 2024 election. Yeah, but then, but how, but how are you going to stop the people from voting for him? You're going to say, what are they going to be like? How can you vote for the jailed candidate? I, I'm going to easily vote for him. I'll be wearing a tracksuit, and that's how I'm voting for him. So then what are you going to do? If he wins the election, what are you going to do? You have to, you're going to have to figure out a way to cancel the election, which I, don't, I wouldn't put past these people. I wouldn't put that past these people. Considering the fact that Democrats, Hillary Clinton, and Al Gore's election losses were challenged in Congress on January 6th, charging Trump for exercising his constitutional right the same way Ms. Clinton and Mr. Gore did would take the term banana republic to a whole new level. Well, we're already there, though. We're already at that whole new level. Even more absurd is the fact that January 6th committee member Jamie Raskin, who recommended Trump face J6-related charges, objected to Trump's electors in 2016. Representative Raskin still proudly displays his floor speech objecting to Trump's victory on his official congressional YouTube page. Charging an American president for giving a speech and exercising his constitutional right to question an election outcome will take America down a dark path. Oh, we're already on the dark path. We are already on that path. Uh, I just want it to be as fun as possible. All right, let's talk about, we got joggers jogging in France, man. France burns as big city riots escalate in the wake of police shooting. I think that's just the excuse used. Huge riots have escalated all over France in the wake of the police shooting of a 17-year-old jogger prompting authorities, joggers over there are Algerian Muslims, apparently, prompting authorities to deploy 40,000 police on the streets of major cities. It, had, it seems to have no effect. You need more than that. The incident, and also, you know, you can put as many police on the streets as you want, but if you're holding them back, there's, it's not going to work. The incident, which sparked the rioting, uh, when a police officer shot Naoul M. during a traffic stop in west of Paris. According to Reuters, the teenager was driving in the bus lane during a traffic jam when he was pulled over to stop but refused to provide a license and then tried to drive away. The officer shot him in the left arm and chest, according to the public prosecutor, who added the officer feared the teenager would start a car chase and injure others. Police said Naoul M. had been known to ignore traffic stops before. Normal person. Normal kid. Totally normal. 
He had to be stopped, but obviously the officer didn't want to kill the driver, the police officer's attorney stated. Riots were reported from Paris, where a dozen buses were burned and store windows were smashed. Did you see the video of the cars popping out of the... Uh, it's like Grand Theft Auto. The, the, the cars popping out of the... Uh, I, guess, I guess it's a, a parking lot. You know, you got one of those parking lot... What do they call those parking garages, right? Multi-floor... I remember in Grand Theft Auto, you know, you, you, you try to, like, drive the car out, like, the third floor. Well, they, you know, they're, no one's in the cars, but they're just getting pushed out the windows. That's normal. Um, where a dozen buses were burned and store windows were smashed along the Rue de Rivoli, all the way to Rayobiax in the north and Marcelli in the, in the south, as well as Reims and Lyon. In Drancy, a Paris suburb... A shopping mall was burned in Marcellius, the country's largest library, was burned. That's, that has all the Islamic hallmarks. The headquarters of the Paris 2024 Olympics in Seine St. Denis were set on fire. <laughs> I know it's St. Denis. The only reason I know that is because of Red Dead Redemption 2. What a game. What a game. These acts are intolerable, are intolerable and inexcusable, said French Pi Prime Minister Elise Bourne. They don't give a fuck. You're not going to do anything. This is all on purpose. The state must be firm in its response, Dormanian stated. He also said 875 people were arrested on Thursday night. Yeah, and you're going to let them right out. The rioting has escalated. France's 24 international affairs editor, editor Angelina Diffley, said it appears to be morphing into something closer to general rioting saw a huge amount of looting and pillaging of ordinary businesses and some high-end shops. French, French President Emmanuel Macron, who condemned Nahal M's killing, has previously restricted several mosques and Muslim associations that his government said promoted Islamic separatism. I, I just don't buy that, though. Atai Lodham, senior lecturer in French studies at the University of Westminster, Westminster told Sky News, that events following Nahal M's death were nearly well rehearsed, adding a police officer kills a teenager for one of the underprivileged communities around Paris, triggering ripples of anger, triggering ripples of anger. Groups of disaffected youth take to the streets of the Banyoliao and target symbols of the state where police stations, uh, uh, whether police stations or schools. I don't even buy any of this. I don't buy the organic nature of this. This is an op. This is an op, um, and they... That, yeah, this was on purpose. This was similar to the fentanyl Floyd riots. Those were not organic. Um, so, yeah, that's what you have. And apparently in other Western countries, rioting is kicking off. So uh, we'll see. There's a lot of theories of why they're doing this and what it's going to lead to, and we'll see. But uh, none of them are good things. None of them are good things. Um, so we'll see what happens here. But... Uh, they're definitely going to do something. In 24, I mean, who? look, I hope I'm wrong, but I think they're going to try something crazy. Because they can't win. They can't win an election, and Trump is just going up higher and higher in the polls. And they keep doing what makes him more popular. So, anyway, it's all very fascinating. So, this was surprising. You got this aging whore on MSNBC, Anna Cabrera, who back, you know, and during her prime was certainly attractive. But uh, I mean, she's still a smash. But why, why can't you get young anchors? What's the problem? I'm not saying fire all of the eggless whores, but why is it exclusively eggless whores? Except on Fox. Fox will bring in the young ones. But I, I still don't understand. Like, 
Anyway, whatever. So they bring on this woman who's a legal expert who just, I guess she just does, decides not to be hyperbolic, so good for her. Legal expert gives reality check to MSNBC anchor, panicking over SCOTUS ruling. A former clerk for Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas gave an MSNBC anchor a reality check Friday when the host suggested the court's recent ruling would bring back segregated restaurants. <laughs> The court ruled in favor of Christian web designer Lori Smith in a 6-3 ruling that she had the First Amendment right to refuse to provide service to a same-sex couple. MSNBC anchor Anna Cabrera suggested the ruling could lead to restaurants discriminating against individuals based on the color of their skin, which Carrie Servino pushed back. Quote, the law in Colorado... So, so here is the eggless whore asking this woman the question. So egg, eggless whore said, and I quote... The law in Colorado, though, defines discrimination. Actually, why don't we just go to the video? The video is right here. Instead of quoting the whore, she can speak for herself. All right, let me uh, bring up speakers here. You know what's interesting about all this shit? Like, it, it, the issue was if it's like people should be able to freely associate. But what happened, it seemed, is that they decided, well, we're going to desegregate at the at, at the barrel of a gun. And that's not a good way to do stuff, for the most part. I'm not saying there's no circumstances. But uh, so, you know, I think if you would have let it, if you let it play out organically, you're going to have places where people can all go. But they wanted to force everyone. So like right now, now, now things are way different now, right? If let's say you made it where, okay, you can do what you want. You have free, you have true freedom of assembly. I don't think this is going to happen, but let's say we went to that. What would happen? There would be plenty of places where people of different races congregate. And then there would be other places where people stick to themselves. Those would not exclusively be just white people doing that. There would be black people doing that. There would be Hispanics doing that. Just let people, I think you should just let people do what they want. Let people associate with who they want. They do anyway. They do anyway. So, I mean, there's plenty of people who don't want to be around other people that are not around those people. So, like, what's the difference? Anyway, okay. Let's get to this video here. Opportunity to share a variety of opinions. So, so the law in Colorado, though, defines discrimination not only as refusing to provide goods or services, but publishing any communication that essentially says an individual's patronage is unwelcome based on a protected characteristic. Could this ruling in Lori Smith's favor open the door to other types of businesses refusing service to customers? For example, could a restaurant owner put up a sign and deny service to a customer because of the color of their skin, citing free speech? Absolutely not, because a restaurant is not speech. And Lori Smith herself is not refusing services to people on the basis of their class. If a same-sex couple said and came and said, we want a website about selling our house, or we want a website advertising our, our business or something, she's absolutely happy to do that. So it's, this is not because of their class. Similarly, if a heterosexual couple said, and we want it said we want a website celebrating some aspect of, of any anything that she disagrees with. She's not willing to take that. So it doesn't have to do with the the person. It has to do with the message. And this is why some of these, uh, you know, uh, theories of well, what, what if someone would refuse blacks at a lunch counter again, that's that's utterly unrelated to this case. That has nothing to do with speech. That actually did have to do with 
the color of the person's skin. This is something that's very different. It's, it's limited to speech. That's why it's a free speech case. It's limited to people who are bringing a message. And again, Lori Smith is happy to, to give a whole range of messages for same-sex attracted individuals. She's not happy to do that messages that celebrate a particular messages that she disagrees with on the basis of her religion. Carrie Severino. Good breakdown. That's unusual to get on MSNBC. She's probably never going to be invited back. I'll tell you that much. She'll probably never be invited back. All right. So this is I, I don't um, I I just don't give a fuck about this. Um, Pornhub pulls out of Virginia over the age verification law. All right. See you. See you later. I, I don't. OK, who cares? I don't care. I don't care. There's so much goddamn porn that I just it's like, OK, whatever. Pornhub has blocked users in Virginia from accessing the site. All right, so then you can just use a VPN or you can use or you can go and access the 500 brillion, gorillion, fagillion, zillion other pieces of pornography that are everywhere. Okay, so there you go. So Pornhub says the safety of our users is one of our biggest concerns. No, it isn't. Your site is horrible. We believe that the best and most effective solution for protecting children and adults alike is to identify users by their device. Bullshit. Get out of here. How the people running Pornhub are not arrested, I have no idea. But anyway, according to 8 News, the new law, which takes effect July 1st, will require pornographic websites to verify users in the state that they're at least 18 years old. Now, there is a part of this that concerns me as far as it is almost inevitable that people in the government are going to use this verification to eventually want to get rid of anonymity on the internet. So that part should absolutely be looked out for. Um, so, so people that make that argument, I'm with you on that. Um, do I give any fucks that Pornhub is getting the shaft here? No, I don't give a shit. Fuck Pornhub. Porn sites are required to set up a process by which to verify a user's age, such as providing their identification, and those that do not comply open themselves up to civil lawsuits. Spokesman for Glenn Youngkin said the governor remains committed to protecting Virginia's children. I don't know if this is going to work, I, but anyway, it is what it is. I, I think that this is not an easy issue to resolve, um, and playing, I mean, what is this? You're playing like a cat and mouse game? I don't think this works. I think if you really want to do something, I've said this many times before, have a massive, massive crackdown on human trafficking and target the porn industry. You would probably dismantle a large portion of it if that's what you did. And then it, it, it doesn't give leftists an argument. They're not going to be able to argue the Constitution because this is not a constitutional issue. If your traffic trafficking is not protected, Okay, there's a there's a lot of trafficking, so just get rid of the trafficking and then see where you are. Okay, anyway, whatever. So RFK had a solid couple of days in the media and then really kind of lost the handle. Although although he is a he is a Democrat and this this is this one not as much, but I'll, I'll talk about the other ones because I don't think there's articles about. Are, are there articles? We could probably get in them first. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, so um, he came out in support. Oh, yeah, here we go. We'll do these first. Maybe this is why you're still a Democrat. RFK slammed for defending affirmative action after SCOTUS decision. Yeah, he's a Democrat. RFK joined leftists by defending affirmative action after the race-based admission policies were struck down by the Supreme Court. He said, regarding the Supreme Court banning affirmative action, I know many Americans feel that purely race-based decisions are unfair. However, this feeling misses important context. 
The effects of racist policies go back centuries and are now self-perpetuating. Affirmative action understands this and uses race-based policies to undo the effects of racist policies. Yeah, but that's not how any, any of it works. That's, I know that was the intent, but that's not how it works in practice. So that's bullshit. Uh, then he criticized uh, colorblind admissions. It says colorblind admissions tend to favor those who are already in the circle of privilege. It favors those who grew up in affluent, educated households. Wouldn't you like to invite those who have been left out in the cold? Yeah, but no, no. So uh, legacy, legacy admissions, uh, I think you could argue, favor. He's like conflating colorblind and legacy admissions. But anyway, they won't touch legacy admissions. Um, so then uh, Vivek came out, says, I strongly disagree with RFK that affirmative action is about letting in those who have been left out in the cold. The majority of black students at Harvard are not descendants of slaves, but descendants of immigrants, giving special preferences to someone who looks like a person who once suffered is not justice. We should finally embrace colorblind meritocracy in America rather than repeat our past mistakes. So it's not, it's not, uh, it, yeah, it's not good, but again, he is a Democrat. He says good things about some subjects like uh, vaccines and stuff. Uh, his climate change rhetoric is way better than it used to be. Um, now, it, although he, now he says that he believes that it's being weaponized by people like Bill Gates to take away people's freedoms, which is true. What would his solution be? You know what I mean? Because ultimately he probably has some kind of lefty Democrat solution that conservatives wouldn't like. So now this is brought up from the standpoint of people uh, thinking there's a possibility that uh, Trump could have him as a running mate. So I, I would prefer uh, Carrie Lake, I'm 100% Carrie Lake. Uh, I would not prefer uh, RFK. I would prefer there to be no Democrats involved. I would be concerned that RFK would pull Trump to the left. Um, from an entertainment standpoint, it would absolutely melt people's faces. And there is an argument to be made strategically that you might be able to, if RFK builds enough of a coalition, which he hasn't yet. If he did, though, if he built a, a big coalition and ultimately gets screwed by the DNC, and the argument for the people who want to see this is that strategically, you would maybe get more voters by doing it? Possibly. I don't know how many... Republican voters he would alienate by doing this? That would be interesting. I don't know the answer to that. I think you would have to balance between the two. And if you think you would alienate too many conservatives, it's not a good idea. If you think you could weather that storm, then yeah, maybe. But uh, I, like I said, I would prefer not to see it. I, I'd like to see Carrie Lake. Um, but it would be entertaining. I will say that. So, But yeah, this is why um, people, when he says good things, say well he's but he's remember he's still a democrat exactly exactly correct so and then this wasn't good rfk throws uh moms for liberty under the bus you can tell a group is hitting the mark being effective and getting it right when the left begins to ferociously target them 100 percent. they're going after moms for liberty hardcore we at revolver know how that goes we're always in the crosshairs of soros backed groups that's precisely what's happening to moms for liberty at the moment they're a group of concerned moms who are fighting to keep our nation's kids safe from the groomers, abusers, and predators on the left. At the moment, they're getting harassed and targeted big time and labeled Hitler sympathizers, fascists, and racists. You know, the usual. Left-wing banshees scream and yell like mental patients, yet somehow we're called the crazy ones. Go figure. 
However, it's worse than just name-calling. As usual, the unhinged left gets violent and wants to murder anyone who disagrees with them. Members of Moms for Liberty have now been doxxed and are receiving death threats. Liberals, Democrats, legacy media, and others, this is from the Washington Examiner, quote, uh, on the left, have frequently vilified and demonized Moms for Liberty, a parents' rights group, mainly because the moms actively reject radical left-wing political dogma. With the organization's summit set to begin in Philly today, the mothers have been branded everything from racists to neo-Nazis and branded a threat to democracy in the left's propaganda campaign against them. By the way, um, the reeing and shrieking from AIDS commie pedophiles did not work. The Hilton, is it the Hilton or the Marriott? I think it's the same, I don't know. But the hotel that they were staying at and the museum that they were having this event did not cuck to the activists. See, this is, we are in a different time now. The left is less effective and uh, doesn't mean they're not a threat anymore and there's a long way to go, but this is a different time. I think a few years ago, this whole thing would have been canceled and they would have been left without a venue. Um, now the left seemingly has resorted to physical violence and intimidation to advance the anti-moms agenda. Members of Moms for Liberty have reportedly experienced physical threats and doxing as the people who claim to want to protect democracy actively try to intimidate and suppress the rights of mothers attending this week's summit in Philadelphia. Kit Hart, chair, chairwoman of the Carroll County, Maryland Moms for Liberty chapter, was seemingly threatened when an account on Twitter insulted her appearance and said she was like a walking candy apple, and then published her address, followed by the words, want to play in a tweet. We are very blessed to live in a country with freedom of speech. People can say whatever they want, but of course that doesn't make it true, Hart said. I used to get upset by the comments people made to or about me, but I've learned from so many others who have been vilified to let it roll off my back. See, that's what you got to do. I no longer get offended by people from whom I would never take their advice. Exactly. Their opinion is of minor importance. Our detractors understand that we make massive headway, so they'll say whatever they think will intimidate or dissuade us. Additionally, Moms for Liberty co-founder Tiffany Justice was treat treated to the following threat, quote, your whole fucking inbred family needs to be fucking shot fucking Nazis. Can't wait for someone to unalive you and your fucking kids, unquote. Well, there is the tolerant left for you. Sadly, RFK Jr., who himself is a regular target of the left with these same underhanded tactics, took the bait and went after Miles for Liberty uh, even after, he had, uh, even after he, had, he had agreed to attend their conference. Mr. Kennedy canceled his appearance and then proceeded to throw the group under the bus and backed over them a few times for good measure. Needless to say, Moms for Liberty is livid and now they're throwing around words like lying and defamation. Here's what anti-transgender activist Billboard Chris had to say in a scathing tweet, quote, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is lying through his teeth. In this video clip, he denies knowledge of his involvement in accepting an invite to the Moms for Liberty Summit and blames it on a female staffer. He spoke on the phone with Moms for Liberty co-founder Tiffany Justice about his attendance. His campaign manager, Dennis Kucinich, spoke with her about it twice. Emails from his team were sent. His campaign sent a picture of RFK Jr. for Moms for Liberty to use in their promotion. Furthermore, the questioner 
in this video is also lying. Moms for Liberty does not want to stop gay marriage. This is an outrageous lie, yet RFK responds by saying, when I, find out, when I found out this was their position, I declined to go. This was pure and simple defamation. Moms for Liberty has never said a thing about taking away gay rights. A senior member of Moms for Liberty's national team is a lesbian. Jamie Mitchell, founder of Gays Against Groomer, is speaking at the, at the summit. This is yet another despicable attempt to smear an amazing group of mothers who are fighting to stop the indoctrination and harm of our children. RFK owes Miles for Liberty in a public apology. I would hope he does that. I hope he does that. Uh, I doubt he will, but he should be like, oh, you know what? I mean, it's an easy, you have an easy way to make yourself look good. All you got to do is say, I, I didn't realize that it was bullshit, and now I should have known better because the media, obviously, they lie about everyone, just like they smear me. They were smearing Moms for Liberty, and I apologize for falling for it, and just to do that. People will love you if you do that, but uh, you probably won't. Um, now, as a person who wants Carrie Lake, uh, I am pleased that... I want him to do as much damage as he can over there. Don't come on our side, okay? Do as much damage to the Biden campaign as possible, Get as many people on board with you in the primary as possible. But yeah, stay over there. Stay over there. Um, I would take... I, the, the only people... So I've heard people bring up Vivek as the VP. I, I Look, I don't know about how Vivek would do long term. But he says a lot of good stuff. He says a lot of good stuff. So I wouldn't necessarily be opposed to it. I just don't, my thing is, even from a strategic, I like Carrie Lake, okay, I'm biased. But just strategically, even if you're just thinking strategically, they screwed her completely out of Arizona. She is possibly a once in a generation political talent. I'm not saying that she is, I think it's possible. The thing with Carrie Lake, we haven't seen her govern. We really don't know if she would back up all the shit that she's saying. But you can't let talent like that just get sidelined. And so to make her the VP is the, fir is the perfect counter move uh, uh, to cat piss, Governor Catpiss and their theft of the Arizona election. So I just, like, I think you, you just have to make that move. I think that has to be the move. In addition, she's absolutely loyal to Trump. She is a, a killer with the media. Um, she has a different style to Trump. Trump is, like, brash and kind of in their face, and she is... Uh, She's like cutthroat, but classy. And uh, I've never seen anything like it. And so you, I, it, it has to be her. I think it has to be her. With that said, I wouldn't like, I wouldn't be angry. I don't really generally get angry about this stuff. Um, if it was Vivek, I'd be like, okay, that's fine. Hopefully he'll say a lot of good stuff. Now, if he picks like Nikki Haley or someone like that, that'll be fucking ridiculous. I'll still vote for him, but I will be bummed. I will be definitely bummed. And I think it would be the similar situation with RFK. I wouldn't be, like, I would be intrigued and anticipating the entertainment. So from that standpoint, I would I would like it, but I, I, uh, I'd be concerned. I'd be concerned if it was Nikki Haley for different reasons, but it would be like, okay, this is not good. Um, but, you know, we'll see. It, it's going to be interesting. But, yeah, I think it has to be Carrie Lake. Anyway, so Kennedy uh, not doing too good. Um, now, will this affect his polling? I have no idea. That's a whole other story. Tennessee moves to defend laws shielding kids from trans procedures. Explicit performances. Good. You have to fight this. You have to make sure that these laws 
don't get thwarted by AIDS commie pedophiles, also known as Democrats. Tennessee Attorney General Jonathan Skirmetti took action on Friday to defend state laws protecting children from life-altering transgender procedures and sexually explicit performances after judges limited both measures. The legal moves come after portions of two laws passed by the Tennessee legislature were blocked in the last month by federal judges. First, U.S. District AIDS commie judge Thomas Parker ruled that a law shielding children from being exposed to adult cabaret performances, including sexually explicit drag shows, was unconstitutional. Then on June 29th, U.S. District Judge Eli Richardson placed a temporary injunction against the ban on giving children cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers. Both laws passed with widespread support this year in the Tennessee legislature, where Republicans have a supermajority of seats. On Friday, Skirmetti filed a notice of appeal against Parker's ruling, striking down the law related to sexually explicit performances, which Parker claimed was unconstitutionally vague and substantially overbroad. The language defining harmful to minors that the court found unconstitutionally vague has appeared in various parts of Tennessee code for 33 years and is found in other laws that prevent adults from grooming kids with pornography, strip clubs, from opening next to schools and schools from letting kids access pornography on the school internet. We're appealing to ensure Tennessee's laws continue to protect Tennessee's kids. In a separate legal action, Scrimetti filed a motion for an emergency stay from the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals after Richardson placed a temporary injunction on Tennessee's prohibition of cross-sex hormones and puberty blockers for children which have been shown to have life-altering impacts. If Tennessee wishes to regulate access to certain medical procedures, it must do so in a manner that does not infringe on the rights conferred in the Constitution, in the Constitution which, the, which is, of course, supreme to all other laws. With regard to SB1, Tennessee has likely failed to do just this. How is it a constitutional right to mutilate your children? What are you talking about? Richardson's ruling temporarily blocks the law, which was set to go into effect July 1st, but now will be held while a suit against the law is adjudicated. Scrimetti said, until the American medical establishment catches up with the rest of the world on this issue, we will continue to defend the General Assembly's authority to protect children from these irreversible harms. Good. That is is good to see. Let me see. Can I find the... uh, Oh, here it is. I'm going to do some breaking news. i got to find the... uh, Stream deck, but I did right here. Okay. One moment here. Let me plug this in. All right. Okay. Here we go. All right. We have some breaking news. Here we go. Breaking news from the internet network. He says, uh, breaking what the fuck DeSantis news. All right, let's see what's going on with breaking what the fuck DeSantis news. Okay, let's see here. DeSantis signs bill allowing new roads to be built with mining waste linked to cancer. Hmm. Florida Governor DeSantis signed a bill on Thursday that will allow new roads in the state to be built with radioactive mining waste that's been linked to cancer. HB 1191 adds phosphy to a list of recyclable materials that can be used for the construction of roads. This list includes ground rubber from car tires, ash residue from local or, for, or from coal combustion byproducts, recycled mixed plastic, glass, and construction steel. 
Phosophosifum, a waste product from manufacturing fertilizer, emits radon, a radioactive gas. According to the EPA, the material contains radioactive elements such as uranium, thorium, and radium. Radon is second to smoking as a leading cause of lung cancer. The gas has been linked to 21,000 lung cancer deaths every year in the U.S. The agency previously confirmed to CBS that the mining waste leftover material from phosphate rock is potentially cancer-causing. The, the material is stored in gypstack systems in an effort to prevent it from coming in contact with people in the environment. The bill also noted the state's Department of Transportation will have to conduct a study to evaluate the suitability of its use, adding that it may consider any prior or ongoing studies to phosphophobium's road suitability in the fulfillment of this duty. The study must be completed by April 1st, 2024. Phosphate mining has been an ongoing problem in the state in recent decades. In 2021, a breach at Piney Point, a former phosphate mining facility in Manatee County resulted in 215 million gallons of water with environmentally toxic levels of nutrients ending up in the Tampa Bay area within a 10-day span. In a statement, Florida and Caribbean director and attorney at the Center for Biological Diversity, Elsie Bennett, said the bill is a reckless handout to the fertilizer industry. DeSantis is paving the way to a toxic legacy generations of Floridians would have to grapple with. This opens the door for dangerous radioactive waste to be dumped in roadways across the state under the guise of so-called feasibility study that won't address serious health and safety concerns. So I hope it's not a safety issue. I think it's possible it's a safety issue. I also think it's possible that there's some environmentalist bullshit here. So I, I really have no idea. This is the first that I've uh, that I've uh, heard about it. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, if if it's as it seems, it's not good. Um, if this is like you know EPA people being bitches, that also would not surprise me. But very interesting. Thank you, Ian's Network. Sincerely appreciate the support. If you have an article that you want read on stream, ten and up details in the description. All right, give me three seconds here. All right, let's move on to the next one. What do we have? Uh, so people are, not, not everybody, but people are freaking out over this. My understanding, it's, it's temporary. There's some sort of issue with scraping, they're calling it. I don't know enough about this. To, you know, I guess you scrape data. And, and so uh, Elon Musk put temporary measures to address uh, this issue on Twitter. Twitter owner Elon Musk announced on Saturday new measures that he's implementing for a period of time to address platform manipulation and extreme levels of data scraping. He says to address levels of data scraping and system manipulation, <clears throat> we've applied the following temporary limits. Verified accounts are limited to reading 6,000 posts a day, unverified 600 posts, new unverified 300. Now that's been moved up to, I believe, 10,000 for verified accounts, and I don't remember maybe a thousand for unverified accounts so i i really i have no idea how many posts i read a day i, I read twitter a lot i have no idea I, I haven't hit a limit other people have hit a limit um i think that th there should be i understand severely limiting newly uh made accounts um, but people who are simply not paying they should still have a, a large access to to uh reading them. <clears throat> With that said, this is temporary. Now, what's funny is some of the people, some of the leftist lunatics who swore they were leaving Twitter 
are now mad that they're limited in the amount of posts that they can read on Twitter, which is fucking hilarious. That part's hilarious. Um, with that said, I hope this doesn't last long, and I, I, I don't know. I think they'll get it resolved, but uh, obviously not optimal if you're limiting people's use of the platform. That's not good. I haven't personally had any problems. Um, my issues with uh, Twitter are related to the, and many people have this problem, the monetization application has been stuck in review for months. Um, I think there's people that it's almost a year for them. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I think I'm way back in the line. I think there's people that have been waiting long, way longer than I have, but we've all been waiting. Um, and so we'll see. But uh, the censorship's a little worse on, on Twitter right now. Um, I think it's because of this Yakarino, and I don't know if Elon Musk's is, it, Musk is hands off or what the approach is here, but uh, I think uh, um, Blonde from the Matt and Blonde show, I think she was uh, suspended recently, uh, and so and there's, I'm sure there's plenty of people you know that have been suspended recently, and also there's a long list of people who have never been unsuspended for legal speech, and so they need to be unsuspended. And it is what it is, but um, it's, it's not great. Is it better than it was? Absolutely, but it, it's not as good as it could be. It's not as good as it could be. And Rumble so far is beating them when it comes to uh, actual free speech uh, uh, social media website. Um, I'm not aware of Rumble censoring. As far as, you know, if anyone has a story, if you have any evidence, let me know. Hardnewsnetwork at gmail.com. Um, yeah, I really don't have any complaints about Rumble. Their cash-out system's a little wonky, but it, you know, it works. Um, I mean, I, I guess, you know, their search could be better. I think their search could be better. Um, the way they do the live sections, I think it's fair. Everyone gets a turn. At least it seems like everyone gets a turn. Um, so when you when you go to there, and you know, I'm, I'm usually under news, and sometimes you see me, sometimes you don't, but they, they put people... Instead of having just the people with the highest views all in order, which I would accept that too, because that's I have no problem with that. It seems what they do is they just give everyone a turn. So you'll have, what do we usually get? 350, 400 live on Rumble, uh, something like that, 300 maybe. Um, so I'll be on there, and then someone with like 50 live will get on the front page, and then someone with 4,000 live will get on the front page. I, I think that's fine. I, I, I think giving everyone a, a turn is fair. Um, but if you want to do hardcore meritocracy, I also am totally in favor of that. Uh, so whatever they want to do. But yeah, I, I don't really have any complaints so far. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Actually, the biggest complaint. There is a complaint. From what people are telling me, I don't really... When I listen to the shows I listen to in my free time, I don't really interact with chat because I'm like listening. You know what I mean? Um, but there, there's... Many people who on mobile still have trouble using Rumble for whatever reason. Some of it's related to the chat. Some of it's related to the super chatting. Um, so hopefully that gets fixed. I think that would probably be the. I, I don't use. I use a browser, um, but like I said, I don't. I don't really use the chat, so I have no idea. You know, I have an Android. I have an old Android. It's probably not great, but uh, anyway. So, but with that said, uh, so far so good. Um, I would say Gab and Rumble are probably the best on free speech so far. And I don't know what happened to Odyssey. Is Odyssey, like, um, they don't seem active on social media anymore? Are they kind of like, are they on their way out? It's, uh, it's a shame. I would like to have as much competition as possible. Um, we're still on there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, we'll see. 
So this is, I think, it's funny. What they did in Brazil, they're doing in this country. So this is the playbook that the commies used in Brazil, and they're using it in our country. Brazil bans Bolsonaro from holding office over election claims, energizing his base. Of course it energizes his base. You've turned him into a martyr. Former based Brazilian president Jair Bolsonaro has been banned from holding or even running for office until 2030. A panel of judges ruled in a 5-2 decision Friday. The judges on the electoral court said the populist used government communication channels to cast doubt on Brazil's electronic voting system. <laughs> you cast doubt and now you're not allowed to run. What a bunch of commie gobbledygook. Bolsonaro was president uh, of Brazil from January 2019 to December 2022. He lost a rigged election to AIDS commie Lula da Silva in October of 2022, and he subsequently questioned the fairness of the election as a normal person would. I'm adding some stuff here because the Daily Wire is taking the totally cucked approach to this election. That's okay. The former president posted on Friday a video of himself and his supporters to Twitter with the caption, Brazil above all, God above all. By the way, I, I try to be reasonable. I'm not saying that Daily Wire needs to take the position that I do on the election in Brazil or the election in America. Just don't be cucky about it. Okay, so like what would be a reasonable thing for the Daily Wire to do? I think it would be reasonable for them, very briefly, to simply point out the argument of why people in his camp questioned the election and just bring up they had that one municipality or what I don't know what they're called in Brazil out here in America I guess it would be a county so they had one county um, like well like it used to be it was it Bra it used to be Broward in Florida and then they got rid of Brenda Snipes so I don't know if that's the cheating county um, and then they had the one in Virginia uh, that the cheating didn't work then they had one in in Jersey so they, they have, they're usually uh, urban areas where um, they use fake ballots. They, they always say, oh, we can't count. We got to wait. We got to wait. And what they do is they wait until they find out what the other counties have. And then they put in their thing. Anyway, so from what I understand, again, I'm not an expert on Brazil. But in the brief uh, uh, reading that I did on it, there was one county, like all of the counties, I don't, I don't think they're called counties, but all the counties in Brazil, totally pro Bolsonaro, except for one. Okay, so all you got to do, Daily Wire, is say they believe that it's not a legitimate election for this, this, and that reason. That's all. That's all you got to do. I think that would be fair. You don't have to, you know, take the stance I take, but whatever. Anyway, now if I have that wrong, you know, let me know, people in Brazil. But that's the impression that I got that they did the same tactic that they that they successfully did in Jersey. Uh, cheating Murphy in that they unsuccessfully tried to pull off in Virginia and that they did successfully pull off in many states during the 2020 election. The former president, oh, I read that. Bolsonaro's base has reportedly been re-energized by the judge's decision, which supporters say is unfair and have compared the politician to former President Trump. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. 100%. Supporters this past week have rallied to pay off some of 230000 in COVID-related fines for balls an hour. He could probably swing it. He could probably swing it. But whatever. It's your money. Um... The judge's decision takes Bolsonaro out of the 24 and 28 elections and the 2026 general. Um... He will be 75 years old when he's again allowed to run for, for office. The Supreme Court Justice, uh... 
who leads the electoral court, says the response will confirm our faith in the democracy. What a bitch. What a bitch. Anyway, so there you go. Uh, I'm not surprised. This is what commies do. They can't compete, so they try to stop you from competing. So we had a uh, bunch of lunatics at a black reparations hearing that went off the rails, which is not surprising. Do they have the video of this? If not, I'll just read the transcript. I, I believe... Uh, yeah, okay, we'll read the transcript. California Slavery Reparations Task Force sent its final report to the legislature this week after a chaotic last public hearing where advocates shouted for a national divorce settlement for black Americans. That's interesting. I could, I could get on board with that. The report from the California Department of Justice Reparations Task Force recommended several remedies for the county's legacy of slavery. The task force met for the last time on Thursday in Sacramento, where more than 200 people showed up and several passionate California residents began shouting during the meeting. One man shouted, what do we want? The crowd said, reparations. When do we want them now? The crowd said. Reggie Romaine, a black man, spoke at the task force meeting and called for a national divorce settlement between black Americans and the country. Quote, this reparations task force, I appreciate y'all, you all opened up a whole can of worms. I'm going to tell you this. Reparations is about repair. To me, I qualify. I'm going to tell you how to repair this. First of all, America, from the evidence that you gave us, you're guilty. In 1619, we were eating full food. You kidnapped us. Put a hay crumb on... Uh, excuse me, Reggie. I didn't do anything. Okay, so you can suck my dick. Okay? Put a hay crime on us. Oh, man. Put a hay crime on you? That's the first one. Now you came here with all the other atrocities. Again, uh, motherfucker, I didn't do any of this, okay? So you could suck my dick. When you brought us here, you raped our men, women, and kids. I did nothing of the sort. So therefore, you married us, okay? I, you know, now there, there, is, a, uh, there is a part of this that I like because it's hilarious. <laughs> the logic here is this is like I, like, I like crazy people. I like crazy people logic, so I'm... I'm on one hand, I think this guy's hilarious. But yeah, Reggie, I didn't do any of this, okay? So you, you, I'm not giving you anything, okay? How about that? I don't owe you shit. You don't owe me shit. Don't treat us like no cheap piece of meat. I'm not going to treat you anyway. I don't want anything to do with you, okay? You're an asshole. You're acting like an asshole, and I don't associate with assholes, and I don't owe assholes anything, so I'm just not going to deal with you. Quote, so therefore, our last name's America. Excuse me, our last name's American. So now this is the time for a divorce. When do you get a divorce? You get half the money, half the land, alimony, child support, attorney's fees, and everything else. So that's what we want. Among the reparations task force report, more than 100 recommendations for critically needed law and policy reforms or a formal apology from California repealing the state's affirmative action ban and creating an agency to analyze claims from descendants of slaves. Uh, the two-year report, which spans 1,100 pages, also suggested that monetary payments are owed to the descendants of slaves, amounting to 1.2 million for some people. <laughs> the report did not recommend an exact dollar amount for every black Californian to receive from the state, but it did give several examples. A 71-year-old black person who lived in California all their life, for example, would be entitled to almost a million dollars due to health discrimination, Black people who had suffered due to aggressive policing and prosecution in the war on drugs from 71 to 2020 and lived in California 
at the time would be entitled to 115,000. How about all the white people that are in jail over the drug war? How about that? They don't care. <clears throat> it's unclear whether the legislature will adopt any reparations. I doubt it. I fucking doubt it. Newsom signed the law that set up the task force in 2020 as the country was reeling from violent protests in the aftermath of the overdose of fentanyl Floyd who, while, while in police custody. Newsom has been careful not to comment on specific recommendations, and he says, I'm very mindful of our past. Only about 30% of Americans say descendants of slaves should be repaid in some way, while 77% of black Americans say so, according to a Pew Research poll. So, yeah, good luck, Reggie. Fucking hilarious. Is that Reggie? Anyway, fuck Reggie. Reggie can suck a dick. So, this was the least surprising news that I saw, and it doesn't have to do with pedophile Democrats or teachers, surprisingly enough. It's this dumb bitch, this dumb Wisconsin, that said, fuck the suburbs. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, because the crime, and this is happening all over, the crime is now leaking out into the suburbs. The teens are now leaking into the suburbs. Speaking to the Wisconsin State Senate about the proposed state budget, a Democrat state senator from Milwaukee slammed suburbanites, saying, fuck the suburbs. That's okay. Fuck you, LaTanya. LaTanya can go fuck herself. State Senator LaTanya Johnson began her speech by speaking of the children who had been killed in her community by gun violence, then segued to blaming some of the violence on suburbanites who brought guns into the city. <laughs> in the city of Milwaukee, gun thefts from vehicles alone were talking about your parking rides, we're talking about the malls, we're talking about gun thefts from people who are living comfortably in the suburbs. Dumb bitch. Dumb bitch. Joggers are stealing those guns. It's not the gun owner's fault. I mean, look, should the gun owner, should you have better security? I, I guess for the most part, you live in a suburb, you probably think that everything's going to be fine. Everything's gonna, not going to be fine. Uh, especially, you know, with what we're probably about to see in the next few years. Because what you have is you have emboldened joggers, and so that's gonna be a, that's gonna mean a lot of jogging. Joggers are gonna jog. <clears throat> so anyway, um, but that's funny blaming the law-abiding citizens, but that's what they do. Johnson spoke about the two percent sales tax for the city of Milwaukee that was passed. Um. So where okay, and then blah blah blah. She said, and Lord forbid that the crime goes from the inner city of Milwaukee into the suburbs. Let's just be clear about that. As Johnson neared the end of her speech, she said, it would be nice sometimes when some of these policies are made if some of the people that were <clears throat> directly impacted were being brought to the table. And it would be nice sometimes if when we're talking about these issues that we think about the conversations we're having. Because to say that these additional police are needed, what about these babies who are being lost right in their own cities? Who are born in the poverty and then who die before they get an opportunity to change what they were even born into. Okay, I have no problem if a person is concerned about um, babies born in poverty that die, but you're totally pro-abortion, so what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? What the fuck do you mean? Anyway, what about those moms who have to say goodbye to their kids forever simply because of their zip codes? Fuck the suburb suburbs, because they don't know a goddamn thing about how life is in the city. Hate for the suburbs or anyone or any place in Wisconsin has no home here. Oh, that's what the editorial writer snapped. Resign. Latanya John, she's not going to resign. Wisconsin doesn't have time for your hate and lack of civility. Well, I mean, this is not going to happen. 
but anyway, it's uh, it's not surprising. This is some jogger breaks into your house, uh, steals your gun. It's your fault. It's your fault. So this was funny, and, and so this is like leftist um, identity politics uh, adherents eating eating each other, which is always entertaining. It's like a good cockfight, and I'm talking about like the chickens, not uh, not David Pakman, not a not a David Pakman cockfight. Cockfights at the bathhouse, that's different, according to the soft gentleman, at least. The AIDS commie mayor was uh, confronted about how insane rent is, and uh, he, he, he apparently, I guess he saw a white woman, and he thought he could get away with saying that she was treating him like she was a slaver, but you know what? Turned out, oh, you have a Holocaust survivor. Oh, Democrat New York City AIDS commie Mayor Eric Adams referred to a white woman as a plantation owner during a heated conversation over rent increases at a recent town hall. The event, which Adams touted as community conversation, was held on Wednesday evening at the Gregorio Luperin uh, High School for Science and Mathematics, and Adams was asked several times to clarify his position on housing, both for local homeless families and asylum seekers, and recent rent increases. Manhattan Community Board 12 Chair Catherine Diaz referenced the growing homeless population and asked Adams what the plan was with regards to helping families who are in dire straits to make sure that they had a safe place to live. That's probably in the top three issues in our city right now. Housing, it keeps mixing between public, say the asylum seekers and housing. What's very important for all of us to understand is how we get housing. We are creatures of the state. The governor and I put a plan put in place an aggressive housing plan. But a woman in the audience interrupted several times. She shouted, you raised the rent. Adam said, I think there was a 3% recommendation. I don't control the board. I make appointments. They made the decision. Everyone knows I don't control the board. We're not talking about that, the woman said. We're talking about the rent guidelines board. You said before and after you supported those rent increases. In Nassau, they had an 8% rent increase. Why in New York City, where the real estate is controlling you, Mr. Mayor, why are we having these horrible rent increases last year and this year? Adams pushed back, scolding the woman for pointing at him while she talked. First of all, you're going to ask a question. Don't point at me and don't be disrespectful to me. I'm the mayor of this city and treat me with the respect I deserve to be treated. I'm speaking to you like an adult. Don't stand in front of, in front like you treating someone that's on the plantation that you own. <laughs> Give me the respect I deserve and engage in a conversation. You're wrong, Mayor Adams. It was the it was the boats. It was the boats. Treat me with the same level of respect I treat you. Don't be pointing at me. Don't be disrespectful to me. Speak to me as an adult, because I'm a grown man. I walked into this room as a grown man, and I will walk out of the room as a grown man. I answered your question, and then he abruptly moved on. It turned out that she was a Holocaust survivor. Oy vey. All right, so Theo Vaughn was censored because Roseanne told a joke that YouTube did not like. YouTube has pulled down a clip from comedian Theo Vaughn's podcast featuring the imitable Jewish comedian Roseanne Barr for breaching its hate speech policy. The contentious snippet spotlighted Barr making a convoluted and sarcastic joke about the Holocaust while also linking Jewish people to global issues. The video streaming giant slapped a one-week ban on Vaughn's channel, barring him from uploading any content during this period. 
The disciplinary measure unfolded after Barr's appearance on Vaughn's podcast on June 14th, during which he attempted to make a peculiar point by saying, and nobody died in the Holocaust either, and that's the truth. It should happen. Six million Jews should die right now because they all cause all the problems in the world, but it never happened. Despite Barr's son and Vaughn insisting her statement was dripping in sarcasm, YouTube was unswayed. Yeah, <clears throat> she was talking about how the media enforced COVID narratives. Uh... And hey, you have an accurate community post, uh, community note on Twitter about it. This is a deceptively edited clip from a comedy podcast. Roseanne is Jewish, and this was part of a satirical rant about censorship on YouTube. She was not actually denying the Holocaust or wishing death upon Jews. John uh, Jack Mallon, who speaks on behalf of YouTube, conveyed the company's stance, saying, We issue a strike to Theo Vaughn's channel for violating our hate speech policy, which prohibits content promoting violence against individuals or groups based on attributes such as race or religion. As a result of the strike, the channel is prohibited from uploading conduct, uh, content for a week. Barr was swift to defend herself in a YouTube interview. Clab in defiant demeanor, she underlined that she was just jesting and de uh, about denying the Holocaust. Furthermore, she shared that she had a connection to the Holocaust through growing up in a building inhabited by survivors. <clears throat> the comedian identify herself, if di identifying herself as 100% Jewish she opined that the world has under such satanic mind control while criticizing various political matters. Barr's son, Jake Pentland, and Vaughn himself stood as unwavering bastions in her defense. Good, good for Theo Vaughn. I don't know a lot about him, but from what I understand, he is a comedian that is starting to get a lot of views. So people with large platforms, uh, not cucking is a good thing. Um, Vaughn took to Twitter, decrying the inability of some to recognize sarcasm and labeling Barr as a mensch and one of the funniest people I've ever met. Good for you. Pentland, in his candid dismissal of critics, told TMZ, we are embarrassed that people are stupid enough not to recognize Roseanne as being sarcastic. Oh, they don't care. This is about power. This is about power. We think it's funny that people are so stupid. Let's stop doing this clickbait shit. We need to focus on big problems in America. So, not surprised at all, but I think that, you know, it's very stupid for YouTube to do this to large content creators because all they're going to do is switch to Rumble. And Rumble Rumble is an option now. Rumble is an option now. There's people that have been able to go over there and do very well. And uh, it's just very foolish of them to do this. And Rumble is doing something very good, which is getting normie streamers. They are signing normie streamers. Now, these normie streamers, I don't give a shit about. I don't watch at all. But they have huge fucking followings. You gotta get you need a giant pool of normies to build an audience from, or if you have been doing this for a while, to continue growing your audience from. That's why YouTube was so great, because there's so many people on YouTube that you're able to build an audience off it. Now they completely shut channels like mine and and sticks hex and hammers, they completely shut down our ability to do that. Uh, and that was obviously on purpose. They want to starve us and, and kind of suffocate us. Once Rumble gets to the point where there's enough people on there to be able to do that, and that they're you know they that's how they got they got to do better better with their uh, algorithm and they, and their search and all that shit. But if those things happen, then then I think it is over for YouTube and that Rumble will be a a legitimate option now. You know, I'm still concerned about long term. I, I think it's odd that you have this company that's publicly traded that doesn't censor. It's very bizarre. I don't know how long that's going to last. 
Um, but we'll see. So far, so good. But um, yeah, so I hope they keep signing normies. I hope they keep doing these events like the slap fights and all this shit. They got to keep doing it. Get as many normie activities as possible on the site. Um, so yeah, very good. Okay, let's get to some videos here. Oh, the salt. The salt is utterly incredible. I'm going to start off with Rachel Maddow's sister absolutely pissed off that the Supreme Court is not obeying them. Good evening from New York. I'm Chris Hayes. Well, today, in a pair of 6-3 rulings, the Supreme Court's conservative supermajority struck down President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan, and they ruled in favor of a Colorado web designer who wants the legal right to refuse service to gay patrons. Now, I'm not a lawyer, <laughs> but even a layman can tell that both these rulings were legally dubious. In a way, I'll explain in a moment. There's something fundamentally broken here that's on display I think is worth taking some time to get into. The archetypal example of judging, right, the one that we all think of when we think of judging, goes back to biblical history, all the way back to the judgment of Solomon. He's a king, but also a judge. That's part of what kings did back then. And the king, as judge, is tasked with solving a dispute between two women, each of whom claims custody over a child. It's the one where Solomon suggests cutting the baby in half. Now, by saying that, he reveals who the real mother is. But more importantly, in revealing who the real mother is, finding a fact, he resolves the dispute. Oh, you're the real mother. You get the child. That, resolving disputes, is fundamentally what judges do. They resolve conflict nonviolently when it arises. That's what we have them for. Two sides claim to be harmed and a judge tries to find a resolution. And this is true when it comes to the Supreme Court. The highest court in our country only deals with the tangible, not the hypothetical. Its own website says so. I quote from it. The court does not give advisory opinions. Rather, its function is limited only to deciding specific cases. In order to get before the Supreme Court, and it is very difficult, the vast majority of cases don't get there, you need to have some sort of dispute between parties with an actual injury that needs to be resolved. Take, for example, Brown versus the Board of Education, okay? Iconic case. Oliver Brown wanted to send his black daughter to the school that was closest to their home. The Topeka, Kansas Board of Education insisted that she be bused to a segregated school farther away. That was the dispute. The injury was the injury to the family and the daughter. What makes today's two cases so galling is that there were no disputes. The court was not actually solving any problem between two parties. Instead, the conservative majority was functioning like a legislative body, pushing their preferred right-wing policy outcomes irrespective of the actual facts at hand. So let's start with the first one. There's first is the case of 303 Creative. Lori Smith owns a company called 303 Creative in Littleton. She wants to make wedding websites, but not for same-sex couples. She and her attorneys claim that Colorado's anti-discrimination law violates her free speech rights. Now her case has gone to the U.S. Supreme Court. She hasn't actually developed a website and refused to serve uh, LGBT people, but she said, if she does weddings, which is where she's going to, she's gonna, she doesn't want to have to do that for same-sex couples. Oh, okay, 
This case is, frankly, ridiculous. A woman who might want to start making wedding websites one day, but doesn't and wasn't when she filed the suit, wants the right to refuse service to a hypothetical gay couple that wants her to design their website on religious grounds should they ever ask her to make them one. No one has asked her to make one. It's almost as if this case was designed for the express purpose of moving this issue up through the courts so the Supreme Court could rule on it. Almost like, uh, what would be the word, advisory opinion. Now, to be fair, Lori Smith did eventually cite one example of a potential client, a guy named Stuart requesting a wedding website for him and someone named Mike. Her lawyers say that request came one day after she filed her initial lawsuit back in 2016. Though, interesting wrinkle here, a reporter of the New Republic called up Stewart and, well, he's married to a woman. Quote, I wouldn't want anybody to make me a wedding website. I'm married, I have a child. I'm not really sure where that came from, but somebody's using false information in a Supreme Court filing document. So this is a, like a made up narrative that the media is using to try to delegitimize the case. Uh, this is about, she wanted to get this resolved before she even did the business. So everyone's aware of this, uh, but I guess they're going to try to pretend this is why they don't have to obey this ruling. I don't know. But I, I look, I have zero fucks to give. So if we had something rigged in our favor, great, I'll take it. I'll take it all day. Now, I guess it's certainly possible Smith did receive such a request seven years ago. There's some mix up of the name, but that still doesn't explain how she has been harmed. What is the harm? What harm has she? She does not believe in your gay ass bullshit. Suffered. According to her own petition to the court, she just, quote, plans to expand her business to design wedding websites in the future. You know what? I plan to dunk someday. We'll see what happens. Okay, retard, that's a completely different thing. She can actually make a website. Um, you can't dunk. And yet today, the Supreme Court ruled in Lori Smith's favor on this conjured hypothetical set of facts with no actual dispute. Because the conservative majority doesn't care about the actual facts and they don't care about actually judging. They want to undermine Colorado's anti-discrimination law, making it easier for religious conservatives to discriminate against gay people. That's the policy outcome they wanted from the beginning. It's why the case got to them. That's one of today's rulings. But then there's another one. There's also the student loan case where, once again, wait for it, no one has been injured. President Biden wanted to relieve up to $10,000 in federal student loan debt for some borrowers, 20,000 for others. Now, the holder of the debt is the federal government, right? The people whose debts are canceled, well, they're not injured, they're beneficiaries, right? So who's injured here? Well, you can argue that the taxpayer, us as US taxpayers, we're injured, we're on the hook for it. But here's the thing, you cannot just sue the government because you're a taxpayer who doesn't like how it's spending its money. It's a bedrock principle of standing. Because otherwise, literally every single cent the government spends would spawn an avalanche of lawsuits. Totally unworkable, black letter law, you can't do it, okay? A Couple of individuals came up with this tortured and somewhat preposterous reason why they were injured, and that was one of the suits today, and unanimously it was kicked on standing grounds. These people don't have standing, they don't have injury. But there was another case, and opponents of debt relief landed on this agency called Mohella, and it handles student loans in Missouri. Now, here's the crazy thing. There's the logo, Mohella. Mohella, the people that were putatively injured by this 
did not want any part of this. As the American Prospect reports, quote, in turn. Oh, well, too bad. This is what we're doing, and there's nothing you can do to stop us. Documents from the company reinforce it did not file, did not solicit, indeed had nothing to do with the case at all. In fact, one analysis found that Mohella would stand to make more money if the debt relief plan goes through, otherwise known as the opposite of an injury. And don't just listen to me on this. Here's oral arguments. Justice Amy Coney Barrett actually asked the solicitor from Missouri arguing to end the debt relief. What's up with Mohello? Where, where are they? Why aren't they here? Do you want to address why Mohila is not here? Mohila is not here because the state's asserting its interests. Mohila doesn't need to be here because the state has the authority to speak for them. And that brings me to... Why didn't the state just make Mohila come then? If Mohila is an arm of the state, why didn't you just strong arm Mohila and say you've got to pursue this suit? Your Honor, that's a question of state politics. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, 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 that's a question of state politics? They're not here because why? Because they're not injured, because there is no injury, because there's no actual dispute. You just, state of Missouri, run by Republicans, don't like the policy and want to use the Trump supermajority Supreme Court to get rid of it. And, and it worked. Justice Barrett, who asked that question, good question, ruled in that guy's favor anyway. The conservatives on the Supreme Court do not like Biden's student loan forgiveness policy. It doesn't matter if there was no injury, no one withstanding, and there's no real dispute. When you have judges that turn away from the work of resolving disputes and following precedent, they're just not doing anything that's recognizably judging anymore. Those are what binds a judge and judging. And the problem is not just that I think the substance of these decisions both are bad, although I very much do. It's that this court has adopted a kind of imperial mindset that all decisions about public policy are actually theirs to make. Six right-wing politicians in robes on the Trump Supreme Court are granting themselves the authority to govern as a kind of unaccountable super legislature. Right, you have to judge the way we tell you. At this point, you're well within your rights to start asking, well, who elected these people? If they're not bound by precedent, if they're not bound by disputes and standing and all the trappings of judging, and they just say, like, I don't like this law, I don't like that policy, who elected them? What's more, you would be forgiven for thinking the whole thing is corrupt and illegitimate and wondering how long exactly this can continue without some seismic reform. Kenji Yoshino is a professor of constitutional law at New York University, where he's the faculty director of the Meltzer Center for Diversity, Inclusion, and Belonging. He's author of several books, including covering the hidden assault on our civil rights, which Justice Sotomayor cited in her dissent from the bench today. Michael Waldman is president and CEO of the Brennan Center for Justice at New York University. He's the author of the new book out this month titled The Supermajority, How the Supreme Court Divided America. Um, Kenji, let me, let me start with you on, on a sort of specifics here, and then Michael, I'll go to you to zoom out for a second. So 303 Creative, it, when you tell people <laughs> the basic facts here, I have had the experience of people are like, wait, really? There was no, she wasn't designing wedding websites? She didn't turn anyone away? Like, how is it possible to get this far up to a Supreme Court decision based on the thinness of what was presented to the court? Yeah, I think it's uh, what you were saying earlier, Chris, is that it's actually very attractive to have a case 
not just where she hasn't denied anybody's service, but where there are no same-sex couples who could be on camera and talking about their love for each other wow. and the injury that discrimination um, imposed on them, right? And so the- Boo fucking who? fact that you know these individuals who would be harmed by her discriminatory behavior are rendered invisible by this case I think is one of its selling points so I regard that as from the perspective of these justices a feature rather than a bug I would also say in terms of like the itching to get this case the question I'm getting these days Chris is didn't we just do this with the cake shop guy like five years ago in the masterpiece cake shop case and what I need to point out is that in 2018 and 2021, the court repeatedly dealt with free exercise exemptions from anti-discrimination laws and ruled in the religious objector's favor, but didn't sort of put the stake in the heart of what conservatives want to get rid of, which is the Smith case in 1990. So what they've done very ingeniously here is shifted gears from the free exercise clause of the First Amendment to the free speech clause of the First Amendment. Mm -hmm. And the free speech exemptions are actually much, much broader because you can assert them against anybody. It's a fundamental principle that you can't discriminate you know between racial minorities and uh, women and and gay people so a web designer who could actually design uh, uh, refuse to design a website for an interracial couple would also have grounds under today's decision uh, to refuse service and they can also be asserted by everybody right so you don't have to be a religious objector you can just be like a full-on like i just right. have you know speech-based objections to same-sex couples and uh, uh, and advance that claim and so in some ways this is a much scarier kind of exemption because it's uh, broader in both those directions. Good. That's good. I'm glad. Sounds great. There was a, a, in the end of the student loan case, Michael, and your, your new book, which is sort of about how the court has transformed itself into a kind of super legislature. Um, you know, there's a, a sort of tut-tutting uh, from Justice Roberts. Um, he, he, I think we have the, the, the quote from his decision. This is, uh, this is what he says. He basically says, like, instead of addressing the party's stipulations about the case actually before us, the dispense sends much of his time adrift on a sea of hy hypotheticals and photographers, stationers, and others ask, sorry, here, this is what I want to read. It has become a disturbing feature of some recent opinions to criticize the decisions with which they disagree as going beyond the proper role of the judiciary. Like, it's not enough that they go along, go past. Reasonable minds may disagree with our analysis. In fact, at least three do. But, you know, the, the, we do not mistake this plainly heartfelt disagreement for disparagement. It is important the public not be misled either. Any such misreception would be harmful to this institution and our country. It's not enough to do this thing, but, Michael, you're not allowed to criticize them for doing more than judges should do. Snowflakes on the Supreme Court, you know, who would have imagined? I mean, as you say, oh, they're clever. not elected. They have the power they have, these lifetime terms, because we respect the court. We treat it in some ways above politics as a court. Just Chief Justice. They only respect it if the court rules the way they want. Justice Roberts knows that the court's approval, its trust in the public has collapsed to the lowest level ever recorded in polls. And it's not only the scandals and the controversy and, the, heaven forbid, the, the, the made-up scandals, criticism of their rulings. It's the fact that the rulings are pushing the court and now the country so far in a different direction, so hard to the right. Think about in the last year. A year ago, they overruled Roe v. Wade. They issued the most sweeping Second Amendment ruling ever in the country's history, they began to curb the power of regulatory agencies to deal with things like climate change. Now, one year later, we have these cases coming the day after 
uh, the overturned affirmative action. That doesn't sound like a court. That sounds like a political caucus. It sounds like a, a bunch of op-ed writers spouting off. Yeah. I think the country sees that. Kenji, you, you, you made this point just a moment before about the sort of like the different kind of tactical approaches here. And one thing that I, I, I can't get over is this, there's this sort of alley-oop feeling to a lot of these. There's a bunch of these sort of like conservative groups that, that throw the ball in the air and then the, the justices come in and dunk it. And like, they're all part of the same conservative legal movement. It's like, they, <laughs> like in some cases, they're like literally on the same fishing trip or literally hanging out at the same billionaire's resort. But the point is that like, there's people on both sides of the line, those on the bench and those in the conservative legal movement, often connected by Leonard Leo. It's like, they're coming up with strategies to tee up for a court that they know is basically another arm of what they are. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And you can see the kind of drift of the kind of memes from the um, conservative uh, movement over to the justices, right? So, for example, I think about the very parlous treatment, right, of Asian Americans as a cat's paw in the affirmative action cases where, you know, the meme was, you know, oh, we're going to go with Alan Backey, not that sympathetic, he's a white guy, you know, in 1978. Then it's, you know, white woman, you know, Barbara Grutter, Abigail Fisher in 2003 and 2016. And then finally, it's sort of Asian Americans uh, pitting one racial minority against another. And so suddenly, like, people are rending their garment about, you know, how terrible uh, life is for Asian Americans in the college admission system. Uh, and then that makes its way over into the justices, many of whom, like Justice Alito, in oral arguments were sort of slamming over and over again, you know, the poor Asian Americans isn't this discrimination against Asian Americans, right? So if any of these individuals like showed any kind of collateral concern for Asian Americans in any other domain of their lives other than uh, using them as a cat's paw to get rid of affirmative action, then I would be more sympathetic. Uh, but this is really concerning. No, you wouldn't. You will do what the fuck you're told. Um, Michael, I guess the question is, okay, fine. They're a super majority, uh, a super legislature. They can do whatever they want. Like, what, what does bind them? Well, all throughout history, when the court has overreached to the extent it is right now, there's been a very fierce pushback, often a political pushback that has reshaped yeah. the country. Uh, we see this already in the response to Dobbs. Uh, no doubt this will become a major issue in the 2024 election. You know, in recent years and decades, conservatives have talked about this stuff a lot. Uh, they've talked about the court. They've talked about the Constitution. Democrats, liberals, th not nearly as much. All the political consultants whisper, oh, nobody cares. They, they want to talk about kitchen table issues. There's no doubt that people on both sides want to talk about, vote about, and fight about the Constitution. That's the kind of thing that pushes them back. Also, I think there should be reforms like term limits for Supreme Court justices, which are actually very popular across the political spectrum, a binding hold of ethics. Uh, they're the only court that doesn't have it. Nobody is so wise that they should be the judge in their own case and things of that nature. There's a lot yeah. that can be done to push back. Kenji, Yosh Kenji Yoshino and Michael. <clears throat> very salty. Very salty. All right. I'm going to read... Uh, some of these super chats here we're taking super chats through Streamlabs. link in the description we're also taking them through entropy link in the description and we're also taking uh, rumble rants on rumble also we're trying to get to a combined uh 125 i was thinking about this it probably makes sense because there have been some new bathhouse members on the soft gentleman channel that is the soft gentleman youtube uh, monthly membership option. I think it makes sense to combine that with Rumble and the Subscribe Star. 
Because, like, right now, we're kind of, like, spread out over a whole bunch of different platforms and services. So it probably makes sense to combine the Bathhouse members with the Rumble members and with the Subscribestar members. Okay. So anyway, the reason I bring that up, we're trying to get to 125 combined. Uh, and if we hit that goal, we're going to release a book written by the soft gentleman called What a Bigot Would Say. And it is going to uh, cover many different topics, some of which the audience will be solicited for, so the audience can come up with different topics. Um, but of course, the, the major ones we'll be doing, he's going to write about exactly what racial epithets you should never say. And also, a new idea proposed earlier during the Soft Gentleman stream, um, the, uh, the chapter about what racial jokes you should never tell and again, we can also solicit the audience for that. For that, we'll solicit them for um, quotes and also for a foreword, and then uh, the audience can vote on which one they like the best. And uh, then after that, we'll release it free uh, to the public, to the audience, uh, via PDF form. It'll be a 24-page book. And then after that, we will try to get it published on Amazon in the Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion section. And I don't know if Barnes & Noble or any of the other sites have some sort of self-publishing thing, but we'll do it on the major ones to see if we can get it in the uh, DEI section. That'll be very interesting. Anyway, if you're interested in that, you can either sign up uh, for a, the monthly membership on Subscribestar, link in the description, or on Rumble. That is a red subscribe button on the chat next to the Super Chat. Or... And you got to be careful because sometimes crazy things happen. But if you want to join the bathhouse, that is the, um, uh, where is that on the YouTube? I guess it's join. Yeah. So if you want to join the bathhouse, you can go to the Soft Gentleman's YouTube channel and click join. Or you can do it uh, while he's streaming. Uh, usually streams uh, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday around noon. And uh, so you can join the bathhouse again, just uh, <clears throat> secure all your personal valuables because they tend to end up in people's anuses. At least that's what I've heard. All right. Uh, Cooper Sees the Truth in Streamlabs says, hey, TYT. Wow. 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 Why are you blurring out those super brave, totally not pedo groomers in the parade video? Are you ashamed or disgusted by them just bravely being themselves? How dare you not amplify and show them waving their cocks around? Yeah, why? I mean, if if they're if if it's acceptable for small children to see it, why is TYT depriving their audience of such a thing? Isn't that interesting? <clears throat> AIDS horrific Aidsenstein says HB. Every time I go outside anywhere, I hear this weird sound, kind of like a buzzing insect noise. But in reform, are you hearing this in PA? I don't. I don't think I hear a reing. Uh, it could be leftist reing. It could be the, the the sound of leftist, or it could be cicadas. I thought cicadas only came out. It came around like every ten years. But I, I think you hear them every summer. I don't know. Yeah, I, it. I remember a few years ago, they're like, oh, the cicadas are here this summer, and then you would hear the noise. And I'm like, I, don't I hear this every summer? Maybe, maybe not, maybe not. All right, AIDS horrific Agenstein says, man, this has got to be one of the most base Supreme Courts in 100 years. I mean, they've gotten some things wrong, in my opinion, but overall, very good. Yeah, I'd give them a B plus so far. I'd give them a B plus. Uh, certainly a major, major mistake not taking up the election case. Um, 
But uh, yeah, not bad. I'm a little surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised. Surprised. I'm pleasantly surprised. Um, a terrific Agenstein says, finally the black marks show up for RFK. I was waiting for them. Backtracking a little on on not trying to take away people's guns and his take on affirmative action. I still like RFK, but really bad takes, dude. Yeah, he he does have some bad takes. Hopefully he adjusts. I think that would be good. We'll have to see. Aids Horrific Eisenstein says, HB, did you go see Trump when he was in Philly? If you didn't, I have the biggest how dare you of Greta Thunberg. How dare you? How dare yous for you, bro? Uh, joking, it's probably a severe pain in the ass to go see him with Secret Service and all that. I did see Trump live one time in CPAC many years ago in D.C. That was a good speech. Um, and... Uh, uh, see, I'm in a situation, there is not a circumstance on this earth that I'm going into the city. So, yeah, it's there's not a circumstance on this earth where I'm, I'm going into Philadelphia. Fuck that shit. The only exception I make is the stadiums. Because the stadiums are a straight shot from the highway. So you go highway straight to the stadium and back. You're on like one street in South Philly for like five minutes. So it's that's fine. Um, but, uh, you know, cause once in a while, you have buddies that are like, Oh, I got a ticket, you know, to the game and, and I'll do that. But usually, and then I go there, I'm like, man, I don't know any of these players. That's the, but I, I'm not like, you know, I'm not going to be like, I have boycott sports and therefore I'll decline. No, I'll go. I'll go. Especially since the people I know, they get really good seats. So it's, it's fun. But, uh, maybe like once a year it happens. But, uh, yeah, other than that, no way. No way. Um... Now we have all caps. John Cardillo says lots of people showed up for Trump, for Trump's speech in South Carolina today. It's all over for Trump. Yeah, it's all over. It's all over. Amazing. Aids horrific Eisenstein says Ladybug Man got booed at Trump's speech today. It was hilarious. That's fantastic. Lindsey Graham, the Ladybug Man, got absolutely booed. HB for the, oh Jesus fucking Christ. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. For those who don't know, tell the good people about the ladybugs and Lindsey Graham. This is a horrible story. This is brutal. Terrible. This is... You'll never look at ladybugs the same after this, I warn you. All right. So as a Reddit poster, and it's possible this story is not true, but a Reddit poster one time... Apparently the Reddit poster was some sort of homosexual prostitute. And this homosexual prostitute revealed a story in which he met with Lindsey Graham in a hotel room. And uh, the ass-wiping part of this story is, to me, is as disturbing as the ladybug part. Okay? Because you you, you're not taking care of your own ass. Someone else... Anyway, we'll get to it. So anyway, Lindsey Graham apparently went, was in the bathroom and he came out and he proceeds to, I guess, get ready to be fucked in the ass. So he bends over and the homosexual... I'm warning you, this shit is brutal. The story's horrible. This homosexual prostitute said he noticed that there were these black, black dots inside Lindsey Graham's ass. And, and then, if, I guess instead of saying, hey, can you go take care of that in the bathroom or something... Or maybe he did do that and they still were there. I, I don't remember. The guy gets out. Is this a thing with homosexual prostitutes? I, I don't know anything about homosexual prostitutes. But apparently wiping the ass of the man that you're about to fuck is a thing. 
What, is he like a baby? I don't understand. Anyway, so then he proceeds to wipe Lindsey Graham's ass and notices the black marks are not coming off. And then he asks Lindsey Graham about it. What, what, is, what is going on here? And Lindsey Graham in his southern accent, which I can't do because I, I can't do impressions, he said, oh, those are my ladybugs. Those are just my ladybugs. Don't mind them. <clears throat> there you go. That's so it's a bunch of moles or something in Lindsey Graham's asshole. So that's the ladybug story. Horrible story. Again, the ladybug part of it is terrible, but the part about you're wiping another man's ass, you know, now look, if you're like a nurse and you're taking care of a sick patient, that's that's part of the deal. And God bless you, the people that are able to do that, you're the real MVPs. But if you're a homosexual prostitute, can't you tell your client, hey, can you go clean yourself up like a normal person? I guess we get in trouble. You get, I guess you're not going to get a tip. Man, that is, uh, how do you do that? It's fucking, anyway. Well, you're fucking a man in the ass or letting a man fuck you in the ass. I don't know how that works. I guess they have certain bottoms. So what do you call the homosexual prostitute hotline? You say, hey, can I have a bottom? Hello, sir. What can we get you today? Well, I, I'm feeling like uh, I'd like to fuck a man in the ass. Can you bring a bottom? Can you send a bottom? Yeah, no problem. Okay. Uh, what else do we have here? AIDS horrific Agenstein says, Man, Roseanne Barr was on InfoWars and she went nuclear on the Jew faggots. Again, I'm quoting. Who read about her jokes on the Theo Vaughn podcast about the Holocaust and the 2020 election. Yeah, Roseanne seems like she gives zero fucks. I like that. I like that she gives zero fucks. And uh, she'll go on the independent shows. I think she's gone on, quite frankly, and she's she she's talked to Thomas Wichter. Uh, that's good. I, that's that's unusual for a person who is as famous as her to do stuff like that. So I like that. I like that. She seems nice. Um, where are we here? Horatio Nelson says, "See the clips of hand grenades and AKs being used in the streets by rioters." Yeah, I saw the one clip where the guy standing out outside of a car and you start shooting what looks like an AK into the air. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good. That's not good. He says, "Shit that shit that's being leaked out by arms dealers from UKR." One dude got caught near the Eiffel Tower trying to pawn off an RPG-7 with two shots and a PKM. With 300 round boxes for 2,500 euros. Yeah, this is uh, this is something a little different going on in France. This is not just jogger riots. It's, it seems like it's next level. Then Horatio says, Lots of rumblings on French nationalist telegrams that this is a setup by Macron's state to suspend elections. Oh, are they going to do this shit? They're, they're going to show us. They usually do. They're going to show us what they're going to do to us. So are we watching what they're going to do to us in 2024? He says, uh, set up by Macron's state to suspend elections slash veto with the new EU bill and implement martial law. While communists, mainly in the burbs slash apartments, burning housing down with Nog, with Nog smashing it up in Paris. Crazy. That's, that's, that's a fucking crazy situation in France. Yeah, it might be what they're doing. Holy shit, man. Dewey C says, damn HB, you sound like a native-born Frenchman. I nailed those French names 100%. I was not sarcastically, deliberately, I want to be clear when I say deliberately mispronouncing them. Some of them I have no shot at pronouncing, and I, I will be upfront about that. But some of them I deliberately was being even more ridiculous. Um, I can't imagine you eating a, cro a croissant uh, on the Chance de Lizzo. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, 
not interested in that at all. Yeah, I'm not a traveler. Now, even if I was a traveler, I'm not going to fucking France for, for any reason. That's, fuck that shit. You got to get your uh, migrants under control. Holy shit. You know, the thing about what, and I have no doubt that they would try to do something in this country, but I wonder, like, it seems like they get these, they seem like they get different kinds of migrants over in places like France and the UK. The ones that they're bringing into this country, they're different. And, you know, they better be sure that they can make them pop off like they can make the fucking uh, migrants pop off in the other countries. And, by the way, I wouldn't be surprised if they could. But it's just kind of like, um, it's a possibility that they don't. It's a possibility that it doesn't work. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. You know, they are able to get people to pop off, so, you know. Rachel Nelson says, Paris has become a literal war zone after sundown. Grenades and pistols going off in every corner. Also, rioters destroyed a Holocaust uh, memorial. Oy vey. Oh, oy vey. Man, they weren't given instructions to clearly avoid those? That's weird. That's weird. Yeah, I saw someone on Twitter point that out, and they're like, all right, now the the U.S. is going to invade. That's funny. On that, and then, of course, you got social network censoring. Uh, social network uh, censoring is ramping up. The OSINT Twitter account, Alert Infos, received an email from Twitter explaining that French law enforcement demanded the suppression of a tweet containing a video of rioters desecrating a World War II deportation memorial. The tweet would be contrary to French law, according to the email. That's, uh, that's amazing. And then it stipulates in the penal code, broadcasting or recording images uh, of barbarism or violence is punishable by five years in prison and a fine of 75,000 euros with the exception of journalists and legal professionals in the exercise of their duties. Wow. Yeah, I, I, we are going to see over the next few years a global crackdown on speech on the Internet, the likes of which we have not seen before. Then this has, Macron has made a statement blaming video games and poor parental supervision on the days-long violent rioting that includes AK attacks and grenade bombings on police, gripping the French nation. What a bitch this fucking prime minister is. Or president. I think he's the president. What did they say? Yeah, I think president. Um... French nationalist militia yesterday in Angiers. I know it's, it looks like Angers, but it's Angiers, I believe. Because the French have to be fancy. Protecting a local business from migrant rioters and communists. I, I imagine they're going to be arrested for defending their business. It's good to see the native population defending uh, what's theirs. Hopefully they at some point uh, win. But I bet you they're going to be arrested. I wouldn't be surprised at least. All right. Now, there is a full court press to demonize Moms for Liberty. So you have the SPLC labeling them extremists, and now there is a coordinated media campaign against them. So they obviously are over the target. ...ties to violent extremist groups like the Proud Boys. What's next? Over the last few years, the world has watched, and as a show, we have sought to cover instances in which far right-wing groups around this country have proudly embraced Nazi symbols from the white nationalists (laughs) in Charlottesville to even those... Okay, so Moms for Liberty, Nazis. ...protesters who were outside of Disney earlier this month. 
The latest example comes from Indiana, where that state's chapter of the Moms for Liberty, a well-funded nonprofit whose primary goal has been to erase any education about race, gender, and LGBTQ issues in schools, quoted Adolf Hitler in its first ever newsletter. The quote was included at the top of the page alongside a description of a successful campaign to remove books from the teen section of the library. Now, the group would go on to officially apologize for using Adolf Hitler's quote. It should come as no surprise that that group has become a darling of the Republican presidential candidates who are hoping to show just how unwoke they all are. Yes, because DeSantis and Trump, totally anti-Jewish. Amazing. That's an amazing narrative. To gain the support of this group. Earlier today, the disgraced ex-president, as well as Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Haley, leaned in to their anti-woke agendas during the Moms for Liberty Summit in Philadelphia. Joining our coverage, Christopher Goldsmith, Intel Extremism and Disinformation Analyst and CEO of Task Force Butler is here. Also joining us, Democratic pollster and the president of Brilliant Corners Research, our friend Cornell Belcher is back, and David Jolly is still with us. Um, Chris, tell us what you know about this group. So this group started ostensibly about two years ago. Their, their filing uh, says that they started on January 1st, 2020, 21. And within six months of their official founding of this dark money 501c4 group, a neo-Nazi organization Im started imitating them online. Totally to organic. Catfish mm. these already radical radicalized MAGA heads and pull them into actual neo-Nazi ideology. Now, there's the th a thing about racists in this country is that you go around and, and you ask a proud boy if he's racist. No, he'll probably say no. But the, the fact is, is that they don't understand that they're racist. Right. They're getting presented. We will assign them a title of being racist. And why are they racist? Well, they don't obey us in all things. These, uh, these uh, apocalyptic scenarios about children learning about things like diversity and, uh, and queer life. Well, again, retard, it's commie propaganda. Lifestyles and- uh, Why and the fuck do children need to learn about queer lifestyles. That's fucking pedo bullshit. And how people choose to live and how their brain chemistry drives them to, to live that way, right? This is uh, a story of people who have been made to fear that their children are being um, targeted by- Oh, they absolutely are being targeted. Some evil forces out there, right? They are. And the worst of the worst in the darkest places of the Internet are basically sending out their tentacles into places like Facebook, into the hundreds of uh, Facebook pages that Moms for Liberty maintains today to pull them into other social media places where they're going to get surrounded by a, nothing but disinformation and hate. And, you know, what pops out the other end? Someone like Nikki Haley. Who, who just a few mm. years ago shared a story about how when she was a child, she couldn't enter, enter a beauty contest because down in the South, there was a white beauty contest and there was a black beauty contest and she is neither. Oh, bullshit. There's no way. She's a passing white woman. Get the fuck out of here. I know she's technically Indian. There is no goddamn... Get out of here, Nikki Haley. What and she celebrated the, the fact that her, her daughter was able to go Get through Get out of here. Well... What kind of sense does it make now that she is going and standing in front of a crowd of racists? Nikki Haley is a person of color. 
race and pretending <laughs> okay, I'm a person of color that racism doesn't exist and perpetuating the kind of racism that uh, that scarred her as a child. You know, David Jolly, um, Chris made this um, a, a bigger and more profound conversation. I mean, and, and I guess what I'm wondering now, is this say more about the Republican Party or is this a story about Moms for Liberty? Yeah, both, Nicole. Moms for Liberty has become one of the most powerful constituencies inside today's Republican Good. primary contest Good. for the presidency, Great. certainly, and arguably with inside the party. But just because they're powerful doesn't mean they're right. As Chris is suggesting, even Moms for Liberty, most of what they stand for is antithetical to their, their very premise. Most of what they stand for would seek to marginalize groups that have already been marginalized. That's a total lie. Nigh equity to those who the Constitution wants to provide it to. They uh, would there's nothing in the Constitution about equity. Did I miss the equity part? So the Constitution has built into it commie equity where white people are getting fucked in the ass? I, I don't recall that. Hold history, science, and truth from our students. They want to rewrite curriculum in our schools. And then they are a group, as Chris rightly points out, that because of their youth and arguably inexperience, it's co-opted by some of the real alt-right extremist groups. So you have this perfect <laughs> mix of this ideologically driven hate constituency that sees Moms for Liberty as this emerging powerful constitu constituency in the Republican Party. You have this kind of white Christian nationalist ethos of the organization by its own admission and founding. And then honestly, because of its youth, Nicole, if on the local level, they elevate truly awful candidates. I mean, mm -hmm. whack jobs would be a colloquial mm. term for it. You have entirely <laughs> unqualified elected officials being elevated to the school board and local commissions, not just because Moms for Liberty is a great organizing uh, constituency, but because they are supported by the likes of Ron DeSantis and others who see the power of the current movement, Moms for Liberty will have a lot to say in the Republican primary in 2024. Right. It's it's this year's version of uh, Stand Back and, and Stand By. To that end, let me read Vice News' reporting on that tie between the Proud Boys and Moms for Liberty. Quote, a Vice News investigation has uncovered links between numerous Moms for Liberty chapters and extremist groups like the Proud Boys. Three percenters, sovereign citizen groups, QAnon conspiracists, Christian nationalists, and in one case, with the founder of the AK-47 Worshipping Rod of Iron Ministries Church in Pennsylvania. Around the country, Moms for Liberty has formed links with extremist groups and militias, which are joining forces with the parental rights group at protests and school board meetings, and in turn pushing the already far-right organization toward even more extreme ideology. Um, Cornell Belcher, it is a rebranded label for the same dark force that Trump told to stand back and stand oh, by. Yeah. Terrorists, they're terrorists. It, it is. I mean, I don't know how clear it can be when you have an organization that's trying to, to, to stop diversity, that's trying to strip away <laughs> the history of, of black and brown people and what marginalized citizens. Uh, from the history books of this country and also quoting Hitler. I don't know how much clearer it can be and that. How <laughs> much more bullshit commie evidence do you need? That they're not actually on the side of, of liberty and freedom. They are on the side of, 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 white, of, white, of white, white supremacy. What is really troubling to, to me about this, uh, Nicole, is look, uh, Nikki, the governor knows better. She does. And mm -hmm. at what price? at what price for power? And what's particularly problematic for me in this conversation 
is being someone who grew up in South Carolina and is and whose family uh, experienced racism and discrimination for her to stand in front of these organizations right now and sanitize really give cover for for what is just racism and white supremacy is it's 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 appalling and I, I just don't oh, understand it what price power and at some point what she is fact doing what 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 candidates like like her are doing is they're giving cover to these races and these white nationalists and 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 helping them become mainstream and I think that is doing the country a great disservice Right, and, and not for nothing, it comes at a moment where domestic violent extremism is a threat to the homeland. I mean, there is... Again, that's totally made up. It's a very real... There's a current... Uh, it's not real. If you if it is real, you don't have to keep saying it. Bulletin from the Department of Homeland Security okay, yeah, about... They're lying. About ...domestic violent extremism. Um, I need all of you to stick around through a quick break. I have much more. back, Cornell, I want to read you what... Um, the ex-president Donald Trump said to the Moms for Liberty just a, just this afternoon, quote, Moms for Liberty is no hate group. You are joyful warriors. You are fierce, fierce patriots. You're not the threat to America. You're the best thing that's ever happened to America. Biden and the Democrat communists are the threat to America. Um, Sounds about right. It's a campaign. It's a political speech, but it's political speech that absolutely perverts the reality. And I wonder what sort of twilight zone you think we're heading into. Well, I think we're headed. We're already in pretty dark twilight zone, but I do think that this becomes a campaign issue because I do think that in the end, moderate swath of Americans who actually decide elections will look at this organization, look at this group, and not think that these are the type of people they want representing them, and will punish the candidates who, 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 who lift them up. Yeah, I mean, David, Republicans are struggling post-Jobs, um, post-Trump, post-1-6 yeah. with suburban women. This doesn't seem like something that's going to help. No, once, once you get into what the agenda of Republicans really is on education. But to say you want to empower parents sounds pretty important <clears throat> to most families. And, Nicole, I, you and I have had the same journey over the last... 20 years with Republicans, I am taken by the fact that 20 years ago you saw the emergence of kind of a Jeb Bush education policy that was largely centered on school choice. We want parents to be able to take their kids to achieve academic excellence at a school of their choosing. It was true liberty. Republican education policy today is we want to rewrite curriculum and skip past what makes a curriculum a quality curriculum. Bullshit. We want to rewrite history and science and truth so that we can reflect this Bullshit. white nationalism, if you will, <laughs> that is indoctrinated in today's Republican Party, a far, far journey away from what traditional Republican policy on education used to be. And Chris, are there struggles within? I mean, are there some elements of the group totally comfortable being aligned with the militias and the Proud Boys and others who want this sort of patina of legitimacy? For the last couple of years that we've been talking about fights at school boards, you know, shutting down school board meetings, and we've been, you know, talking about how the Proud Boys are showing up. Well, who's bringing the Proud Boys? It's the Moms for Liberty. These people are friends. They know each other. It's not like they're running around wearing masks, right? These are fascist groups that are uh, aligned 100%. Amazing. Amazing. What's really going on right now with, you know, a, an organization that didn't exist two years ago now seeing every major presidential candidate? 
is we have the proud boys stepping back and standing by while the moms with a friendly face are smiling and trying to rebrand what is fascism. We're talking about book burning. We're talking about racism. Total lie. We're talking about persecuting. Race realism from Moms for Liberty? You're just a liar. You're a lying bitch. Go fuck yourself. In the LGBTQ community. Like, these are the, the proud boys with a wig and lipstick. That is, that is all that they are. And I bet you wear a wig and lipstick when you take because in the of the words "Moms for Liberty." Not a lot of people are going to understand that. So, folks watching this need to be evangelists, right? You need to get out online and talk to your friends about what Moms for Liberty is, and help them understand that they are a uh, a pipeline into the most radical of <laughs> extremism in this country. <laughs> Chris Goldsmith, Cornell. What a bunch of liars. Holy shit. All right. And then this is uh, the bald Joy Reid. This was, oh, yeah, really pissed off about the Supreme American Court. American people. Today, really the six off. conservative justices ruled in favor of an evangelical Christian web designer who refused to make websites for same-sex weddings, a major setback to LGBTQ rights and protections. They also struck down President Biden's plan to forgive 10 to 20,000. Yes, certainly a key part of LGBT rights is to be able to force Christians to make websites about homosexuality. Oh, yeah, that makes sense dollars in student loan debt for more than 40 million Americans. Now, not only do these decisions, along with yesterday's decision ending affirmative action, ensure direct harm to the most vulnerable communities in our country. Blatant lie. It also further proves what we already know to be true about the Supreme Court, Biggest. that the six conservative justices have an ideological aversion to everyone except for right wing Christians and the super rich. Those two groups need only show up at the court and they will get whatever they want. I mean, who else is going to take the justices on fancy yachts and private jets and oh, vote yeah. Republicans so they can oh, get even yeah. more goodies? Everyone else, on the other hand, gets nothing. Nada. You're on your own, kid. And the uber rich and conservative Christians know this, which is why all of these billionaire dollar funded right wing groups are hunting for cases that fit their agenda and rushing them before the court because they know that they will win even if those cases don't directly involve them at all. Both of the affirmative action cases were brought by a group called Students for Fair Admissions, founded by Edward Blum, who is, surprise, surprise, not a student. He's a 71-year-old conservative activist who has made it his life's mission to put an end to race-conscious admissions policies. In the case of the wedding website, the plaintiff, Lori Smith, never even had a gay couple ask her for service. The whole who cares? whole case was based off of a hypothetical. Good. That's good. She was simply a website designer who wanted to make wedding websites someday, but didn't want to have to do it for gay couples if they asked, which apparently they did not. And in the case of student loan forgiveness, the court ruled in favor of six red states, yes, states, not actual students, who said that the president has overstepped his authority to forgive some of the loans for those making less than $125,000 a year. Funny how you didn't hear these complaints when the airlines and banks got a big old government bailout or when tons of big businesses, including some owned by members of Congress, had their PPP loans, in some cases millions of dollars of them, forgiven during the pandemic. All right, those policies helped out the rich and the super rich, so they're fine. But what these justices are saying is basically, you don't actually need to suffer any harm in whatever case you bring. You just have to be the right kind of person. 
with the right religious and political beliefs that fit with our ideology, and we will find a way to make it happen. And if we can't find a way in the Constitution, we'll just make it up. And by doing so, they are literally stripping away the rights and opportunities of generations of Americans. As Justice Sonia Sotomayor wrote in her dissent, this court stands in the way and rolls back decades of precedent and momentous progress, which has been the Republican Party's goal all along. Ever since Barack Obama became president, it has been the right's mission to undo all the progress we've made as a country. That is what they're talking about when they say, make America great again. What they really mean is make America 1910 again. And the <laughs> only way to do that is by stuffing the Supreme Court with enough uber conservatives who will blindly hand down rulings that propel the country backwards to the early 20th century, taking away women's rights over their own bodies and mm. the rights of LGBTQ people and people of color. Yes, just the rights of LGBT people to force people to say things. Live equally. And that is what they have done. With the bang of a gavel, those six unelected justices have wiped out decades and decades of progress just because they can. And don't think for a second that they're going to stop there. Joining me now is Christina Greer, associate professor of political science at Fordham University and political analyst for The Grio, And Ellie Mastal, justice correspondent for The Nation. His newest piece about today's decision is aptly titled, The Supreme Court Just Told Student Debtors to Just Go to Hell. Thank you both for being here. And uh, Ellie, I, I, I begged you to come back. I know you worked yesterday and we're on our A block yesterday, but I wanted to hear more from you. So uh, thank you for coming back for a second round of this. You know, my unified theory of the court is that essentially they only believe two classes of people deserve the protections of the Constitution, white conservative Christians and billionaires. Disabuse me of this notion if you can. <laughs> no, I mean, I would add like, open bigots they think that those people oh, yeah. should have rights too but other than those three categories that's pretty much it and you see it in today's entirely politicized decisions i think you've done a good job of explaining kind of the the 30,000 foot level hypocrisy of these cases but when you get into the weeds they just get worse right this is a court that claims to to, to be originalist that claims to be textualist right in the heroes act the act that biden used to have the student debt relief program, they say, the HEROES Act says explicitly that the Secretary of Education can waive or modify <laughs> student debt, which is what Biden did. But Roberts basically says, no, not that way, and completely overturns the Biden policy. The other hypocrisy that you really see is that if you look at Roberts's other huge um, national emergency executive power decision, that's the Muslim ban, folks. That's Trump v. Hawaii. And what did Roberts say there? Oh, if the president wants to ban people based on their religion, that's okay. But if the president wants to help people and give them $10,000, that's not okay. So that really, I think, highlights what you're talking about, Joy, that their decisions are not motivated by law or facts or logic or reason. They're motivated based on who wins. And as long as the rich people and the bigots are winning, then that's the way the court's going to go. You know, and, and, and just to, to stay with you just for a moment, Ellie, I mean, I, you know, again, read through, it's very lengthy. They write a lot of words to say not a lot of legal theory, right? To just say, you know, we, we, we want this result. We're getting there. And here's the way we're going to get there. In Th Clarence Thomas's concurrence in the affirmative action decision. First of all, he cites Plessy a lot. And I thought Plessy was like verboten, like nobody wants to talk about Plessy versus Ferguson. He sure does. And at one point, make this make sense for me, please. Uh, you're a lawyer. 
In his concurrence, he claims that the Freedmen's Bureau Act, which created the Freedmen's Bureau, you know, that was supposed to rematriculate former enslaved people, who all of whom, 100% of whom were black, back into society, he said, oh, that was a colorblind statue. How could the Freedmen's Bureau, Ellie Mastal, be a colorblind statue? Make that make sense. It's it's colorblind if you're like Clarence Thomas and your whole ideological ideological perspective involves gouging out your own eyes. Like that and that's what's and that's what Thomas is. Like he is such a mutilated version of a black justice that he is able to make these proclamations that, that just fly in the face of law and facts, right? One of the other things that you really realize when you when you read through his concurrence is just how angry he is at Katanji Brown Jackson for having the temerity to be another black person on the Supreme Court. He apparently thought that he got to be the only one. He thought that he had pulled up the ladder for everybody else, right? And so he's really like, it's he basically throws a tantrum at Jackson. And why? Because Jackson is making the actual originalist argument in the affirmative action case. She is the one pointing out that the 14th, 14th Amendment was done explicitly to have for, for racial restorative policies like affirmative action, which, as I said yesterday, the first time that that happened in this country was during Reconstruction. So this is the history that Clarence Thomas ignores, and that's why he's so, and that's why he's so fabulous about all of the stuff that's in his concurrence. He just, he's just like plucked out his own eyes, and he doesn't want to see anything that Miss Jenny tells him he shouldn't be able to see. That's where he is in his headspace right now. Uh, let, let me bring you in, Christina, because it, it is very mind-blowing. Uh, let's, let's talk about the cases uh, that came down today, because we kind of all had this feeling, I think all of us did uh, that are on this panel, that they were doing like the one case where they weren't going to literally throw out elections entirely and say that states could just decide who the electors were. That was sort of like the kind of dodge to make you not you know, remember what they were going to do next. And now they did what we expected them to do. But this... The way that the right is spinning it is they're doing the usual thing of saying, no, 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 these guys just believe in what MLK said. They believe in Dr. King. Here's Sarah Huckabee Sanders. As Martin Luther King said, people should be judged in the character. They always say the same thing. This is what MLK actually wrote about affirmative action. I feel this is an important education for those who hear Dr. King misquoted. The vast majority of civil rights leaders, uh, th this is the quote, uh, favored affirmative action. As Martin Luther King Jr. said, a society that has done something special against the Negro for hundreds of years must now do something special for him, for him. But his goals went beyond that. His policy uh, goals were to not just alter the racial composition of the elite, but also change everything about the economy in ways that today Republicans would call socialist. Your thoughts on this misuse of Dr. King to explain what's being done to people of color and other minorities? Yeah, Joy, it's also exhausting. You know, oh, I'm, I'm leaning so on my exhausting. grandmother's adage of the only time you should be surprised is when you're surprised. We've seen time and time again, Republicans and conservatives constantly cherry pick the words of Dr. King to hide behind their own racism and white supremacy. So yes, this content of their character, you know, I don't want to judge someone by their skin color. Republicans pull that out every single time they systematically take away people's rights. And it's like, well, Dr. King wouldn't have wanted it. It's like, well, first things first, Dr. King was assassinated. And when he was assassinated, he was known as a, a domestic terrorist, essentially, in your eyes. So let's not hide behind a few yeah, sentences. Yeah, yeah. How, how dare you? How dare you uh, go along with that back then?
every time you take away even if you weren't alive back then rights and freedoms from the vast majority of americans specifically and explicitly black americans so no one has read the length of dr king's speeches on on the right no one has really dissected what he said because if they did they'd read that full quote that you just read and know that their their cherry-picked quote doesn't hold up <laughs> and, and very quickly and i'm gonna let both of you comment on this but i'm gonna start with you christina what the Supreme Court has essentially said is that the only group you can that cannot be discriminated against or even perceive itself to be discriminated against are white people. But you can discriminate against gay people as long as you say that you're an artist and you're sensitive about your art. <laughs> you know, if you say I'm an artist, but that that opens a lot of doors. So what they're saying is that they're the only protected class are white people who want to get into Harvard and rich. Yeah, it's not what they argued people but you can discriminate against everyone else native americans who want water people who have the death <laughs> facing the death what the fuck are you talking about penalty everybody else is fair game make that make sense it's you're retarded and you're just making up bullshit it doesn't make sense joy but it brings up a much larger question is can anyone ever be a full citizen in this country if they're not white men specifically um and no. as black people really question and really think about as we move into the fourth of july yes the rich black people on the screen not full citizens you know we aren't full citizens we never have been and what what yep. will it take for us to ever the be rich black people here not full citizens fully included in this country, especially in a moment where we have a Republican Congress and essentially a conservative right-wing court that's being bought by billionaires, systemically taking our rights away, specifically and because- Ellie What a crock of shit. All right, let's get to the Young Turks. They are beside themselves. Here is the LGBTQ one. Now to the other big ruling that we got this morning handed down. This is the ruling on free speech case involving a familiar challenge here. The question whether businesses can refuse service to LGBTQ customers because doing so would violate the business owner's First Amendment rights. This was a six to three decision. The Supreme Court rules for a Christian web designer who objected to making wedding websites for same-sex couples. Today, the last day of Pride Month, the Supreme Court revealed yet another catastrophic decision that favors conservative Christians who want to use their faith as an excuse to discriminate against.
All right, I think the, now fortunately I have four USB drives or three on this thing, uh, but the one that I was using apparently malfunctioned. So I had to plug it in and set it up on another one, but we should be good. That was uh, bizarre. It said it was, I forget what the warning message said. It said it was not functioning or something. That's bizarre. Anyway, I think we should be back. Let's test the speakers. From refusing service because of here sexual orientation and announcing their intent to do yep, so. Now, here's are. the real kicker. Okay. Smith has back not yet created any right, wedding websites. Orban All right, let's hear what Ojama King has to say about the Supreme wedding, Court. But argues that Colorado's law violates her free speech rights since the state is forcing her to express a message she disagrees with. Now, Smith filed a lawsuit against the state of Colorado and lost, then appealed to the Supreme Court. The ruling has horrifying implications for not just the LGBTQ community, but also other minority groups. So let's learn more. These public accommodation laws have a lengthy historical pedigree. They've been part of our federal laws for over 70 years. And in most states and localities, there are similar laws. And they just say that if you're a business and you provide goods or services to the public, you can't discriminate. And in recent years, discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and sometimes gender identity has also been prohibited in many places, including in Colorado. And until now, the Supreme Court has never said that one of those laws violates the First Amendment rights of a business or business owner who wishes to refuse service to some category of customers. So I do think that Devin is exactly right that this case has potentially sweeping ramifications for the ability of business owners under some circumstances to provide services um, and uh, to, to the ability of, of customers, I should say, to receive services on a non-discriminatory uh, basis. Now, Justice Sonia Sotomayor elaborated on those ideas in her dissent. Um, from the New York Times, the decision threatens to balkanize the market and to allow the exclusion of other groups from many services, Justice Sotomayor wrote, citing hypothetical examples like a stationery store owner refusing to sell a birth announcement for a disabled couple because she opposes their having a child. Or a large retail store could reserve its family portrait services for traditional families. A website designer could equally refuse to create a wedding website for an interracial couple for example. Meanwhile, here's what Lori Smith had to say today on, of course, Fox News. You know, it's funny about this. You know, they, they fucked with conservatives uh, in a ridiculous way, uh, marginalized oh. them, getting them fired, and, and all these things for their political beliefs. And I guess they thought that none of this shit would ever backfire on them. Well, they were mistaken. They were very mistaken. Yes. I am incredibly grateful for the court's decision that affirms that the government cannot force anyone to say something they don't believe. I want to create websites that are consistent with my view on marriage, but the state of Colorado said you must set aside your views. And I decided to take a stand for freedom to protect speech. I know that if I want free speech for myself that I must protect it for others and I'm grateful that the court has protected speech for all. I have clients from all walks of life, including clients who identify as LGBT, and I just want to create consistent with what I believe, but I want that for everyone. I want the LGBT website designer, the Jewish calligrapher, the Democrat speech writer. I want everyone to be able to work and design consistently with what they believe. She looks exactly how you would expect her to look, by the way. Just had to point that out. Bitch, you look like Ojama King. Do we need to bring it up again, Ojama King? That's a 
Yu-Gi-Oh card, Ojama King. This is from the other day when we were looking it up. Okay? She looks like this. Tell me she doesn't look like this. Tell me she does not look like this. That's Ojama King, right there. That is what she looks like. She looks like Ojama King. And so she has no room to talk about other people. Out. Now, thankfully, there's clever Twitter users who've already thought of how to turn the Supreme Court's insane rulings against them. Here's a tweet from <laughs> feminist longtime Elon Musk fan, not real. It says, it is my deeply held belief that my loan servicers are homosexuals and it would violate my religious freedoms to pay them. Mm. Gotta laugh. <laughs> Gotta laugh so that we don't cry, right, Jake? Oh, you're gonna cry. Yeah, bitch. well, that's creative. I like that one. Okay, so now let's talk about two things. One is the uh, the legality of the ruling. Like, it, Are they on solid legal ground? That's totally different than the policy implications. We'll save that for a second. So on legal ground, this is a disastrous case. Uh, and I think that they're gonna regret this. And I don't mean it in terms of the policy grounds, the religion grounds. Most of the people on the Supreme Court, unfortunately, are Christian fundamentalists, and they're not gonna regret that part at all. But they're gonna regret just wiping out the concept of legal standing. So this woman was is actually not a web designer. She did not have a business. She didn't have any customers. So by the way, on that Fox News appearance, she's like, "Oh, I have LGBT customers. You do? Then why'd you bring this case? You don't have any customers. You're lying." But it's worse than that. Journalists found out that she listed someone who she said, "Well, okay, don't worry. I got a potential a potential customer." That's not a real thing, okay, in the case of legal standing, which I'll explain in a second. And then a reporter called a, 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 the theoretical potential customer. And he's like, what are you talking about? I'm a web designer. I don't need another web designer. Get married. I'm already married. Gay. I'm straight. I have a kid. What is this? She just made up her potential customer. Mm. Made it up out of whole cloth. <laughs> that's a shame. <laughs> Look, guys, that's why I tell you, I'm not like, it's not hyperbole. The right wing lies all the time. As uh, again, you are a nonstop liar. Uh, hopefully, I'll have some time tomorrow, but I am going to comb through all of the Steele dossier coverage because Chenk the other night on his show, uh, shit, I should have bookmarked that video. I'll be able to find it, though. Uh, he said that he told people from the beginning that the Steele dossier was bullshit. Phenomenal lie. Phenomenal, blatant lie. Matter of course. If a right winger is speaking, that's in any way, I don't mean average person, I mean like politicians, pundits, people doing lawsuits, etc. If they're speaking, there's an excellent, overwhelming chance they're lying. Okay, so now why does this matter? Because in you have to have what's called standing to bring a, a case. I explained this in the first hour. If you, if Bob and Joe are fighting and Bob caused Joe harm, Bob, uh, Joe can sue Bob. I can't sue Bob, I got nothing to do with that case. Otherwise, we'd all be suing for things that we're not involved in, right? That's why the issue of legal standing is a bedrock of jurisprudence, right? And they just wiped it away. She doesn't have any standing at all. She has nothing, nothing mm. to do with providing services <laughs> for LGBTQ people. So, okay, that means if she can sue, anyone can yes, sue for that anything, would be great. Even if they're not at all affected. I want to see you be principled. Uh, Supreme Court. Suck my fucking dick, bitch. So you, okay, go apply this precedent. You're not gonna do it. 
You're gonna lie next time and go, oh, uh, did we say that in that case? Uh, yeah, well, it's only for that case, only for that case. Now that other people have done it and it's not along our political ideological lines, uh, we're gonna go back to the real uh, you know, precedent on standing. So this is just butchering legal principles, butchering them. They're not even trying to uh, pretend to be fair. Okay, now in terms of the policy, okay, so now we can discriminate on religious grounds. So does that mean whether it's baking a cake or any other service? So if they say, oh, bar mitzvah, I'm not doing that, a bunch of Jews. No, I don't agree, I'm Christian, I'm evangelical, I'm Pentecostal, whatever it is, right? But it has to be, you know, they're normal Pentecostals, it said Christians wouldn't do this, but fundamentalists would, right? So they're like, no, the Jews, I don't serve them. Muslims, oh, hell no. No, they're not they're getting no service at all. So we're back to, you can't sit at the diner counter, right? No, that's totally made up. So now instead of race, although it could be racist, what Amaya pointed out. No, that's a lie, blatant lie. Because a lot of the religious texts do differentiate based on race. But if they didn't even want to go there. The religion, which there were biblical verses advocating to be racist, I'm not aware of that. But they could at least say you're a Jew, get out. You're a Muslim, get out. Buddhist, get out. By the way, Muslims can say it to Christians, Jews can say it to Muslims. This is gonna turn into a S show. This is gonna be a disaster. Just no, I don't think it is. Doing away with legal standing today. This is the second time in a week they did it. The states that brought the uh, student loan cases didn't have standing. Standing doesn't matter to this court. Nothing matters to this court except for religious principles. They're conservatives, blue-eyed, blonde, Jesus principles. So oh, don't yeah. get it confused with the nappy-headed Jesus that look more like you, Jing. Than, right, yeah, you know, Jesus is black, of course, Jesus is black. Tom Cruise or somebody. No, we're not talking about that. You gotta be racist to be a Republican, period. <laughs> I don't wanna hear anybody saying anything else. My religion- Who cares what racism is a cudgel used against white people and it has absolutely no meaning. I can't it's a completely fraudulent concept. Republicans, I'm about to open up a business in every market and discriminate like hell. Good, that would be great. I wouldn't go into your fucking AIDS commie business. I think that would be fantastic. I want to know who the AIDS commies are because I don't want to give money to AIDS commie businesses. So I would love if you are a, decide to be an idiot and identify yourself. What are we doing? This is no longer can we say America has a democracy as long as we continue to allow the Supreme <laughs> Court to show up in this manner. Yeah, and I just want to can't add, have a democracy with the Supreme Court not obeying us in all things. The, to that point you made about them, you know, undoing standing. You know, this is even the first time this week they've done it. They really started laying the groundwork last year when they made a decision about, you know, how companies in West Virginia could sue to prevent the EPA from enacting some future hypothetical law to curb greenhouse gas emissions. Um, and just again to that point, you know, that Jenk was making. Uh, also, I, I feel like I graduated law school a month and a half ago and I took con law a year and a half ago and everything I've learned in con law has already gone out the window. It's like the things I've learned about the law are already useless. But, you know, Jenk, you were talking about how they um, how there wasn't even a gay couple that was asking for her services. She wasn't even a web designer. Um, but so let's talk about that really briefly because Melissa Grant, who's a staff writer at The New Republic, really, you know, cracked open this case and published her findings with this article that says, the mysterious case of the fake gay marriage website, the real straight man and the Supreme Court. Now we can watch here, uh, explain what she found out to Amy Good. So what you're saying is basically our side 
did what your side did when it came to Roe v. Wade. Is that, as I understand it, good? ...of democracy now. Later filing in that original case in 2016, she claimed that an actual same-sex couple sought to have her build a website for them. That an inquiry, it doesn't seem that it was a legitimate inquiry, but it remained in the case. It came up in the district court ruling that ruled against her. It came up in their appeal. It's even been included in filings to the Supreme Court and was referenced by her attorneys, Alliance Defending Freedom, who are a Christian nationalist law project. I just saw this phone number in a filing and I thought, well, let's call this guy, right? Let's see if this is a real inquiry. Uh, well, he's not in Colorado. I learned that right away. Um, you know, his it is his real a real person's name. She looks like a young Mitch McConnell in a wig. It is a real person's phone number. It is a real person's Weird. email address. It is a real person's what website. The hell is going on? But when I called that real person, and it wasn't hard to reach him, he was happy to talk to me. He's a very reasonable, nice guy who had no idea that his information was in this case, and he had never heard about it from another reporter. No one had ever called him to check this inquiry out, which would suggest also that the attorneys in this case did not reach out to him to verify this. He is married to a woman, has a child, and had no plans yeah. to have a gay marriage, and never, he said, uh, submitted any request to this woman uh. who doesn't make marriage websites to make him a marriage web, a gay no. marriage website. So you're saying we pulled one over on you. Oh, man, that's satisfying. <laughs> I love it. Not at all. I and, love you know, it. I looked into his background. It seems credible. I've been talking with him on and off since the, the first phone call I made to him on Tuesday. You know, Jenk, what this really reminds time. me of is the case that was decided, the, the, the free practice of religion case about school, but the coach, um, the football coach, who was doing an egregious act of prayer on the 50-yard line, hold, holding his, you know, up a football helmet, standing next to a state legislator with like a 50 kids gathered around him in the Supreme Court said it was a private act of personal prayer. It really doesn't matter what the actual facts of the case are. They will just lie. They'll just lie. <laughs> yeah. No, look, I. the funny thing is the first uh, football coach who prayed with the team and then was sanctioned in the old days when the law mattered, that was my football coach from my high school. Um, so, <laughs> in an amazing coincidence. But the second case that Rayvon is talking about, the Supreme Court came in and they're like, Oh, he's on his knees praying in the middle of the public school with all the kids. Nope, not prayer. <laughs> okay, so we're just now past the fact-based world. And I, so, I don't believe they argued that. Oh, but I'll take it. I don't give a shit. I'll take this shit rigged in our favor for a few years. I'm gladly take it. Just make up anything they like. And remember, these are the conservatives who said, I don't give a fuck if the Supreme Court wrote an opinion, beep boop, fuck commies, you lose, bang the gavel. I'll take that. I'll take that. I will take that. If they said we're ruling in the conservatives' favor because you're filthy commies, case closed, and then bang the gavel, I'd be like, all right, thank you. Thank you, Judge. Appreciate it. another Another stellar ruling, Judge. Thank you. I'll take that one. Plain meaning of words. Okay, we do, I, do. These liberals are activists, and they're making things up. So we just we're sticking with a plain meaning. In the earlier student debt case that Mondale referenced, it says you can the president can waive or modify the loans. And the Supreme Court came in and said, no, he can't waive them and not really modify them either, because apparently facts and words have no meaning mm, anymore mm. at all.
You deserve every goddamn bit of this. Listen, um, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing to say something because it, it's so funny that they change the meaning of words as they oh, are saying. Oh, that's not projection. Yeah. And no one, no one checks them on our side. The left, this is why I feel like we are so bad. The you Repu are horrible. Republicans get in control or not even in control. They just get elected. It'd be three of them and 700 of us. And they just take over because they're just ruthless with whatever they're going to say and do. If those were liberal justices on the Supreme Court that were taking money from Republican donors or Democratic donors, we would have we would have held them we would have held them accountable. Our side. Oh yeah. And we allow Republicans to get away with anything. Republicans, including Joe Manchin and Clarence Thomas. So I I, I am disgusted with all of the people that call themselves leftists that are not up in arms about the Supreme Court this week. Especially when they were so ready to celebrate the Supreme Court for what they sent back to Alabama as if that was a real victory for us. Yeah, and by the way, it's a great point by Mindale. Uh, calling George Soros, apparently you can give the liberal Supreme Court justices anything you like. Take him to a million dollar vacation, give him home. It doesn't matter how many you do because you're outnumbered, fuckers. You're outnumbered. Buy their parents' homes for way over market price. Do anything you want because apparently the right wing says, oh, donors buying Supreme Court justices is awesome. Okay, interesting precedent. Now, for the record, we hate all of it. We don't want Soros doing that. We don't want the Republican donors doing it. But the right-wingers have, of course- Yeah, but you defend Soros. No principles, all they care about is power, mine. Yeah, we learned that from watching you guys. Facts and reason. Thanks for the tip. Who gives a goddamn? Now feel this boot, commie. Next one, SCOTUS kills student debt relief. Oh no, oh man, loss after loss after loss. This is not the enjoyable majority at all. On the oh, Supreme it's going to be sighing effectively John. for now. I wonder how many times he's going to femininely sigh in this one. Oh, annihilated the planned student debt relief that Joe Biden rolled out uh, relatively early on in his first term. 6-3 decision by the courts, conservative majority derailing that major campaign pledge. Up to 40 million Americans who stood to have up to $20,000 in student debt wiped away will now not. Or will they? Maybe. We're gonna debate it, but as of right now, no, they're not going to. It was gonna happen, and now it's not going to. Reminding everyone of how important every different aspect of government is. Who your president is, whether they're gonna push for student debt elimination, all of it, a little bit of it, a minor amount of it, like Joe Biden. Who controls Supreme Court nominees? Very, very important stuff for millions and millions of Americans. So if you haven't been following this back and forth, we're gonna catch you up on what Joe Biden was going to do. He contended that his administration had the authority to forgive student loan debt under the Higher Education Relief Opportunities for Students Act of 2003. The law allows the education secretary to waive or modify loan provisions in response to a national emergency such as the coronavirus pandemic. And so the education secretary as well as Joe Biden proposed a plan that would eliminate up to $10,000 for individual student debt borrowers making up to $125,000, double that for married couples. And those who received Pell Grants, a form of financial aid for low and middle income students would be able to double that to eliminate the $20,000. John Roberts, writing with the majority, said the secretary asserts that the HEROES Act grants him the authority to cancel 430 billion of student loan principal. It does not. 
We hold today that the act allows the secretary to quote, waive or modify existing statutory or regulatory provisions applicable to financial assistance programs under the Education Act, not to rewrite that statute from the ground up. And of course, he was joined by all of the conservatives. Get used to that, particularly for decisions that are important and have implications, monetary, financial implications for wealthy individuals and corporations. And to be clear, I'm not a lawyer. I know you, you've got your training, obviously. Um, when he says you can do these little changes, but you can't fight, you can't fundamentally recreate it. I see no way in which that means literally anything. They seem to just take issue, I guess, with the amount. They seem to accept that you can cancel debt during a national emergency. We already know, thanks to Donald Trump, it was declared to be an emergency. He just decided to cancel more than had previously been done. And I guess that allows them to define that as a fundamental rewrite of the entire thing. But just again, get get used to this. Like they're just making stuff up as they go along now. It's never been more clear that they are not some, they're not divine fonts of judicial wisdom. They're people who theoretically could have ran to be Republican congressmen, but instead they did this. Yeah, I think that's largely right. And there's two reasons for that. So number one, to John's point about how vague their ruling is, we already know that they have stopped interest payments so that students don't have to pay the interest payments during COVID times. And Trump did that as well. So there's no question that they could stop payments to some degree. So we're just arguing over degrees and now the Supreme Court decides in their role as activist judges, we don't like the the law as you're trying to execute it. We want it to be our version. Well, that's not supposed to be your job, and especially from a conservative <laughs> perspective. So this is as activist as it gets. Number two, conservatives pretended for forever that they care about the plain reading of the statute. Okay, we we don't want any activist judges over interpreting. So whatever the statute says is what it is. Well, it says right there: waive or modify. Wave. You could wave it entirely. You, wave does not mean partial. Wave modified means partial. Wave means gone. So the statute, in its plain reading, says you can get rid of all of the debt. The executive can, the president can, if he wants to. And they're like, ah, uh, yeah, but we don't really like the English language anymore. Did we say plain reading before in all of our conservative legal principles? Yeah, never mind. We don't mean it. Which brings me to the final part of this, which is they, including the other decision they made today, but that's later in the program, they absolutely shredded the concept of legal standing. So the way that works is, in order to sue, you have to actually be affected. You can't be like, oh, Joe harmed Bob and I feel bad about it, so I'm gonna sue. Otherwise, the courts would all be clogged up with irrelevant people who are not actually harmed, right? And in this case, the states, and they took Missouri in particular, they're like, um, well, if you do student debt relief, there's a debt relief company or debt servicing company, I should say, in our state, and they would make like 10 bucks less, and so they'd pay like 37 cents less in taxes. So we're affected, okay? Like, I'm obviously doing hyperbole on the amounts, but not by that much. So that is as minimal, minimal contact with a case as you could possibly have. Okay, okay, wait, now this is a new rule, apparently. Because that wasn't the old rule on legal standing at all. I mean, they're really stretching like crazy here to get somebody to challenge this law mm -hmm. or the execution of this law because they just didn't agree with the president. 
and they wanted it was a political decision based 100% on policy. And so, and of course, they're benefactors that pay for all their vacations and homes and all those things also don't want this to be executed. So, hey, you know, you got to deliver, otherwise, you're not going to be able to catch those giant fish and the beautiful hunting trips, etc. So, out it goes. But, guys, according to that, and this is important, and I'm fortunately to be an uneven playing field, but the blue states can then go, okay, hey, you passed a conservative law, you did a conservative executive action. The state of California was definitely financially impacted, and we can show how we were financially impacted 10,000 times more than Missouri was in this particular case. Yep. So you have set the bar at almost nothing. Yeah, okay. But then they can just rule against California. Okay, so that means every blue state should sue on every conservative law ever passed, not just in the future, but go backwards. I don't like that law. I don't like that law. It affected me, and now we. Right, but then it has to go to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court outnumbers you. Oh boy, isn't that a shame? Isn't that a shame? They have a new rule on standing, which is that I don't really need it. I can just go in and do whatever the hell, sue on whatever the hell I like, okay? Well, look, I didn't set that precedent. The conservative justices set that precedent. So, blue states, let's go get an army of lawyers and challenge every goddamn law. Of course, they won't because they're Democrats, but they should. Yes. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting because, I mean, Here what is. Here we go with the teeth, the teeth whistler. This, what was it, 40 million Americans are going to be affected by this. Joe Biden's administration is going to be affected by this. This was one of his major campaign promises that he was going to get this done. He for knew he couldn't do it. A lot of people. And a lot Nancy of people, Pelosi knew he couldn't do it. People voted at least in part for him because of that. So it'll be interesting now to see how the whole administration kind of pivots to whatever their next step is. I know that there was some talk about maybe expanding the court, which could help to you know, palliate the impacts of this very conservative court that clearly is working against what the majority of Americans actually want to happen. But we've yet to see if that's an avenue that Biden will pursue in a meaningful way mm -hmm. so far. And I think you know a lot of people took solace in the fact that Burdening the younger generations with such crippling debt for years and years of their lives is bad for the economy. And if there's anything that motivates leaders in Washington, it's usually money. Unfortunately, they don't seem to be that concerned with future generations. And we've seen them demonstrate that across the board, across several boards in the form of some of the policies and decisions that you know, are largely, uh, what's the word, geriatric government has yeah. put forth. You know, we know that this will be bad for the economy in the long run. It's already proven to be so. The justices on the Supreme Court know that too. There's no way that we know that here and they don't. That argument isn't gonna work going forward. So we're gonna have to figure something out. By the way, you, meant, you mentioned there how it affects uh, Biden. Can you, if Trump was in office, how many times would he have already tweeted that this was election interference? They're messing with his chances or whatever. Um, it's a yeah. big witch hunt. It's a hoax. Yeah, we're we're throwing out all these hypotheticals. Of course, we all understand that, uh, like, we can't. You, the Democrats couldn't do the thing that you said because the again the the Supreme Court is not setting up a new standard of damages. In this case, this is what it counts as, and in others, it'll be whatever it needs to be because there's no standards. Because if not, then I think they just effectively made war impossible. You can sue anytime the president sends soldiers to war, because when soldiers are sent to war, some of them die. And when they die, they're not there in the state. And if they're not there, then they don't make money, they don't pay taxes. That's Ergo, it. 
the states have lost tax revenue. Finan it's exactly the same thing as what they're citing. Financial impact. It's it over. is a direct yeah. financial impact. Every single soldier that dies, financial impact, the war is illegal. Again, but none of these are standards though. And John's absolutely right, and you could do it on almost any law, okay? So if, the, look, if Democrats had any, had any sense at all, within a short period of time, they would launch 12, uh, 100, 200 lawsuits on every conservative law that has ever passed. Because yeah. this is the easiest standard in the world to get standing. And then let the Supreme Court go, yeah, we were liars. We were only giving standing to Republicans and not to Democrats. Yeah, I'll take it. Well, look, uh, the the whole issues with standing and all that, the justices did talk about it. That'll be certainly a conversation going forward. And honestly, later on in the show, when you're all are talking about uh, the same-sex marriage ruling, that's even more so. It's, it's there's totally no standing whatsoever. Up. It has nothing to do with the person who's actually involved in the case. So again, precedent means nothing, standing means nothing. Nothing means anything except that all of this means that the Supreme Court has been set up as the ultimate final defenders of the status quo. They're there, almost impossible to get rid of, to make sure that nothing happens. And it's why we spent years warning people to not allow the Republicans to take control of the Supreme Court, because it will be used to destroy any hope of progress for years, if not decades, going forward. <laughs> Thanks for watching the young. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. Okay. That's good. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have some breaking news here. He says, uh, video, black man freed after being unfairly jailed for 28 years in awe of the open sky above emotional. Oh, that sounds like a hell of a video right there. Let's check this out. See what's going on here. I don't know what's going on here. What's going on? Oh. oh man. Wow. Thank you, Show Suginu, right there. Now he also is more breaking news here. All right, we have some more breaking news from the internet from Show Suginu. He says, um, 146 to 357, Adam Carolla absolutely owns and destroys Kevin Newsom from 2013. Two-minute clip, absolute destruction. All right, let's have a look here. Get the time code. What is it? 146. One moment. 146. 146 to 357. One moment. 
40. Oh, we'll do it from here. Okay. To get into, so let's roll the tape. All right, folks, you pretty much get the context from the intro. Take a look at this clip that we found. Half, half of African Americans in the state of California, roughly half of Latino families, have no access to a checking account or an ATM. Things we take for granted. They don't have a checking. What's account. wrong with them? And what, but what? Well, because they don't—they don't have the resources to sock those things away. Why do we have them? Uh, a lot of different reasons, but but roughly half those families don't. Where do they Why end do up? Armenians have them? But where they end up is in check cashing places. But I want to know why those lenders. groups. Take why those two groups don't have access? Well, a lot of it just happens to be that we can so talk they're about. Flawed? This. No, they're hardly flawed, but they're struggling. Genetics are making flawed. their work. Hardly, not ab absolutely. But okay, not. so but absolutely do Asians not. have this problem? I mean, a lot of communities have. A lot of whites have these problems. Oh, but so I just, that's not just black and Hispanic. No, but it, but, but I'm why giving you bring you up black and Hispanic because the magnitude is ominous. But why so many of them? It just happens to be the it just magnitude. Just that's the way God planned it. Not at all. Well, what just, happened to them? There are a lot of issues, and with it, that the communities are struggling. A lot why of new are they struggling? A lot of, a lot of different reasons. Lack Hispanics of opportunity. Have been here. Blacks have been here longer than we've been here. Well, we we can we can surmise. Well, what about that, Asians? The they were put in internment camps. Yeah, we in fact it all initiated out at San Francisco. And all right. The Chinese Exclusion Act came so out. So they are they the check cats? Are they the check cats? A lot of a lot of Asians certainly do. Oh, so why don't you why don't you because include them? The only reason why is the magnitude. Of there's the so problem, many more. The magnitude and percentage. But there's terms no way to figure out how that happened. Africa. We could talk about. It. You know what I'm dealing with? I don't want to have a sociological debate. Sure. I want why to deal would with you? Have, no. No. Here's why. Why would you want to do that? Because the person from the Times wouldn't write good things about oh, you if God. you did that. No, no, that's not the case. Because I want to deal want with to get reality. Into that. No, no, uh, no. You want to deal with reality? I want to I deal with reality of people is. that are struggling. People are suffering. I want to deal with the problems in why a pragmatic way. Why are they struggling? Way. And I don't suffering. want an idea. We can hold hands and surmise about all these underlying why are they, reasons. I don't want to do that. I want to know why they're struggling. Why are they struggling? A lot of folks are struggling because they can't find jobs. Why blacks and Because they're working. Why blacks and Hispanics? Across the board. Why? Okay, so everybody. Everybody's struggling. So it, Asians are suffering uh, just as much as blacks. Uh, the, the, the face of welfare is not an African-American family. Oh, so, so it's it's Asian, a, Jewish, it's all of them. Uh, Caucasian, it's okay, a lot so of folks. Okay, so we're all struggling. Society. He just can't say it. The guy is a freaking <coughs> bot. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, good job, Adam Carolla. That was a hell of a thing. All right, thank you, Show Saginu. Appreciate that. Uh, that was breaking news from the internet. If you have an article that you want read on stream, $10 and up. Details in the description. Now we'll go. Uh, now the third video of SALT, the third ruling, the Supreme Court struck down affirmative action. Oh, they're going to call them racist, I bet you. How dare you. Who was on it this night? Was it Anna The Supreme Kasparian? Court has strike, is now striking down both Harvard and UNC's program when it comes to race used in admissions. Uh, the court going forward uh, in their decision saying they're going to set new limits on the use of race uh, when it pertains to a particular student must be part of their individual story and not simply uh, their identity. The Supreme Court has ruled to narrow the scope in which race can be used to determine admissions in the nation's universities and colleges. Now, how was this case brought about? Just to go back, give you the context, Students for Fair Admissions, a conservative group, sued Harvard University and the University of North Carolina over their race conscious admissions programs alleging intentional discrimination toward Asian American applicants. 
So the court held in an opinion for the conservative majority written by Chief Justice John Roberts that Harvard and UNC's admissions programs violate the Equal Protection Clause of the 14th Amendment. And that was the constitutional argument that the plaintiffs brought forward in this case. And the Supreme Court justices, the majority of them agreed with that. The vote was six to three in the UNC case and six to two in the Harvard case with Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson recusing herself in the Harvard case specifically. Now, both programs, according to John Roberts, who's the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, lack sufficiently focused and measurable objectives warranting the use of race, unavoidably employ race in a negative manner, involve racial stereotyping and lack meaningful endpoints. We have never permitted admissions programs to work in that way and we will not do so today. Now, race can still be considered, although in a far more limited way in the admissions process. And I'll explain how that works in just a moment. Before I do, Cenk, what do you think about this ruling? Okay, um, race for impact, uh, I agree with it. So uh, I've actually said that I'm against oh, affirmative action. I forgot, yeah, he tweeted out, he's pivoting on this, which is very interesting. I forgot about that, he was tweeting uh, about it. Probably dozens of times on this show. Uh, but nonetheless, people are surprised whenever you go outside of orthodoxy. Uh, so I think affirmative action was definitely correct in the beginning. I'll give you a quick example of why. Uh, so for example, if you're, just pick a random uh, profession, you're a longshoreman, you got a good job, it pays decent wages back then, right? It started in the 1960s and, uh, and you wanna pass your job on to your kids. That makes sense, I get it, I get your motivation behind it. But at the time, only white people had those jobs. So they would constantly pass their jobs on to other white people, their kids. Which again, as a parent, I get it, but we had to allow minorities to break into that system. And we had to do that at every level for jobs, universities, etc. Because folks did not have an opportunity, okay? But after a while, it becomes stigmatizing. So I'll give you another anecdote. When I was in law school, I remember back then I was a Republican. And I remember being with a couple other Republican students and they said about one of our um, classmates and someone who I was friends with, but they didn't know that. Uh, they said, oh yeah, I wonder how he got in here. And I thought and I said, uh, by being a great student. Uh, but for them, every minority, it doesn't matter if they went to Harvard, Princeton, where, Yale, Stanford, nothing mattered. It, it was disqualified because of their race. Oh, They didn't earn it. And I think that that has had a massively corrosive effect in this country against minorities. So I think it has now become counterproductive. I agree with the Supreme Court's decision. I have more on that, but that's my initial. So thoughts. I want to talk about how they did limit the scope in which race can be considered, right? So mm -hmm. for instance, um, what the justices argue, or at least uh, Chief Justice John Roberts, is that the struggles or the challenges or whatever the applicant has gone through as a result of their race can be considered. And how would it be considered? Well, there are multiple ways. One of the main ways could be through their essay. Now, those who disagree with the decision here argue, well, then that forces students of color to write their essays about race. Maybe they wanted to write their essays about something else. But nonetheless, I do want to give you some more details on that. Roberts wrote, Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts wrote, at the same time, 
As all parties agree, nothing in this opinion should be construed as prohibiting universities from considering an applicant's discussion of how race affected his or her life, be it through discrimination, inspiration, or otherwise. And someone named David Hino. Hinojosa, who argued the case before the court, said that while the ruling did, quote, make it heck of a lot harder to use race as a factor in admissions, it would not totally prevent universities from pursuing diversity goals similar to affirmative action. He told the New York Times this, comparing this ruling to the reversal of Roe v. Wade. As you all know from last summer, when this court wants to overrule precedent, it knows how to overrule precedent, and that language is not in Chief Justice Roberts' opinion, he said, referring to the court's sweeping decision overturning Roe v. Wade. The court said it uh, that it has permitted race-based admissions only within the confines of narrow restrictions. University programs must comply with strict scrutiny. They may never use race as a stereotype or negative, and at some point, they must end. Yeah, so I... All right, first of all, I again agree with them. I think it definitely should be considered within the context of the essay. They should not use the essay as a proxy. Wink, wink, tell me about your race and I'll let you in. They, but they will though, they're gonna do all sorts of shit to get around this. But as long as they're taking a genuine look at the essay, oftentimes what you have overcome is probably the number one indicator in my opinion of whether you'll be successful in school or anything else. Honestly, when I interview people for employment here at TYT, that's my number one question. Well, tell me some adversity you had and how you overcame it. Because that tells you the character of a person and how hard they're gonna work and how they're gonna persevere, etc. And that'll get you, the size of the fight in the person is by far the most important thing. And oftentimes that is told in an essay. And oftentimes it is overcoming some sort of racial boundary or income boundary. Which mm. then leads me to saying, I think the much better way to go and I think they should use this is class-based affirmative action rather than race-based affirmative action. And I know that a lot of people will say, okay, enough with affirmative action, period, right? And others will say, no, it has to be race-based. But I don't know why you know, a poor white kid in Appalachia, it doesn't have a bigger disadvantage than you know, the Obama kids in Martha's Vineyard, I'm sorry. Okay, so I know that's gonna make a lot of people uncomfortable. Doesn't mean race is not relevant. I understand the context of race right. and I understand how it's a disadvantage. Uh, having said that in these contexts, having said that, I think class is a giant disadvantage. I think the poor are overwhelmed by the rich. Right. And then that leads me to the last point here in this context, Anna, sorry. Uh, legacy admissions. Um, legacy admissions are an abomination. Um, and uh, they help the rich more than anyone else. It's when you're an alumni of a school and your kid applies, they have a far, far better chance of getting in. By the way, we have a petition about that and you can see the link in the description box, tyt.com slash petitions and legacy admissions because it's way worse than affirmative action. Yeah, I mean, look, just going back to the point that you made about class, I think class is a better indicator of the struggles that a student had to overcome in order to get to the point that they're at as they're applying for college admissions. So what I think made me support affirmative action or the part of affirmative action that I thought, let me reword this. The strongest case I heard in support of affirmative action really had to do with you know, the fact that black and, and you know, Latino students are overrepresented when it comes to lower socioeconomic statuses, right? And with that means 
you don't have the extra money or the extra resources for you know special tutoring outside of school, right? Or for extra um, lessons on how to take the SAT test and how to excel at the SAT test, right? Those those types of classes, that type of instruction is very very expensive, and you know we know how education is funded in some districts, right? A lot of it relies on property taxes. Other states have found better ways to kind of fund public schools, so it's far more equal. But that's not the case in every state, and so. I liked that argument, but I think it's a mistake to tie that argument simply to race. I think that that argument works better when you focus on class. Yeah. Because as you mentioned, there are plenty of disadvantaged poor white kids as well who have to go through a lot and have to- Interesting, a few years ago, they I don't think they would make this argument. Fight a lot harder in order to get the kind of education and gain the kind of merit necessary to get accepted into these universities. All right, so yeah, they're basically pivoting on this one. So that's interesting. Let's go to, this is the Joy Reid show. Uh, demonizing moms for liberty. Education, not indoctrination for our children. I don't believe in um, sexualizing children. I do not believe that other people have the right to decide um, what is sexually appropriate to teach other children. There are many schools that have books with inappropriate pictures um, depicted in them that we would like to see not banned, but removed. Not just the what a bunch of crazy bigots. They don't want to sexualize children. Can't believe it. Daughters of the Confederacy. Has there been a concern? Yeah, they are daughters of the Confederacy because they don't want to sexualize children. I can't believe it. Women's organization is influential as Moms for Liberty. They're taking the lead and getting books banned all over the country, are directly allied. That's with a complete lie governor a noun a verb and fight the woke ron DeSantis, and they are on a winning streak in red states mm. taking down popular fiction and lgbtq themed graphic novels like it's going out of style this week they're taking their act to philadelphia for their joyful warriors national summit an interesting way to describe banning reading and regard again blatant lie also the fact that they recently received an extremist group of designation from the southern poverty law center which is completely meaningless the group summit is being graced by the presence of all the leading Republican presidential candidates. And joining me now is Don Calloway, Democratic strategist and founder of the National Voter Protection Action Fund, and Simon Rosenberg, Democratic strategist and president of the New Democrat Network Think Tank. Thank you both for being here. Don, I'm going to start with you, because I would think that for Democratic strategists and Democratic campaigns, it's kind of a goldmine uh, that all of these wannabe presidents are speaking before a group that's been directly associated with the Proud Boys. It is, but you have to remember a couple of things. First of all, only you and I and Simon understand what a uh, terrorist designation from the Southern Poverty Law Center actually means. Terrorist designation. Right, so there's nobody on the Republican or even in the middle side of the American political spectrum who is thinking about that as a real red flag. Well, that's true, because it's completely made up. It's completely ridiculous. And understands that only this retards believe in shit like that. Means these are people who are really on the wrong side of history and probably a present danger to their fellow Americans, right? But I think that when you look at this politically, of course Democrats are going to have to find a way to message around this, but it is very dangerous because if you look at the demographic and the archetype of those women, that is a demographic that the Democratic Party has tried to court along a tightrope for years now. We're talking about suburban white moms, some working, some not. 
but they're very difficult to attack, right? And so the Republican think tanks and the major funders who are behind Moms for Liberty and these mama bears and all that and have been at it for 15 years now and now it's bubbling to the surface, those people know that. And they are putting these kind of docile, just, you know, American pie women up to put Democrats in an extremely difficult political position to try to rebut that. But if you take away the visuals and just listen to what they're saying, the crazy is still there, right? So it makes for perfect video ads because the crazy yeah. is still there if we're willing to oh. get away from what they look and sound like. Oh, it was in some of the eyes. <laughs> that video, I was watching, I was like, ooh. Uh, Simon, I mean, then, then how do Democrats deal with that? Because, right, Republicans are good at naming things. Moms for Liberty, that sounds benign. But what they're doing, you know, the polling, I presume, is extremely unpopular banning books. It is. And I well, again, they're not banning books. I think we should lean into this debate and not shy away from it at all. I mean, I think that if we can't win a big debate with Republicans over book banning, I think we don't deserve to win the next election, right? I mean, this is something, you know, we can't run away from all these culture of war issues. We have to run into them, right? We can't run away from them. And we've got to contest their arguments and show them to be for what, as my colleague just said, right? The crazy is still there and we've got to expose it. And I think this week in general, Joy, was a really important reminder of the basic structure of our politics now. Joe Biden's been a good president. We got great economic numbers. That's preposterous. The economic numbers are not good. We saw Putin stumble in Ukraine. We've seen better numbers on the border. They're continuing. Again, just made up. There's to be lots of positive news and evidence of his success as a president. Total delusional bullshit. And they continue to remind us who they are, that they are too extreme. Yeah. They've been over taken by extremism and extremists. And that fundamental contrast between us getting the job done and them being extremists, it's, it's oh, they're extremists, extremists, extremists. A little bit too crazy is the fundamental contrast we have to continue to establish in this election. Well, well, let me stay with you for just a moment, because the, the numbers are very concrete. The economy is doing a lot better. Um, you're seeing annual inflation falling to its lowest oh, yeah. rate since Great. 2021. Payrolls rose 339,000 yeah. yeah. in May. Jobless claims, 20 months dropped. The economy showing stamina. You can go on and on. Inflation down. Unemployment rate is very low. And yet, President Biden's approval ratings are still yeah. underwater. And the disapproval on the economy. Can you explain this to me? Why would people have such a high disapproval rating for the economy when the economy is objectively good? Because the economy is not objectively good. You're lying and people have to deal with the economy every day. Well, he's got to go make his case. I mean, these numbers are not, we can't be satisfied with these numbers. And I will say in his approval rating, right, we're about at the same place as we were in the elections in 2022 when we did so well in the battlegrounds. And so sure. we're not in a dangerous place, but we need to be in a better place. And I think particularly on the economy, this is the big narrative job for Democrats this year. We've got to get into a better place on economic issues. The president made it very yeah. clear they're going to launch a major campaign to do that now. We need to- Good. Gaslight people and pretend the economy's good. That'll work. Democrats, we need to amplify these important messages because we know from polling that when people are informed about what he's done, his numbers go up and we've got to go right. make that help him make that case in the months to come. And Don, you know, people's misery index is usually very personal. It's that my rent is too high, I don't love my job, or I ha don't have a job that pays me enough. And that does get sort of translated onto disapproval of the president, I, I presume. So how do Democrats do that messaging in that condition, especially when people are terrified of losing all their rights to, at the hands of the Supreme Court? Yeah, I think, I think that this is the first time in my lifetime that 
we have we as Democrats have a legitimate opportunity to message the Supreme Court to black voters, particularly educated and middle class black voters. You know, historically, I don't want to simplify black voters into a monolith, but for the last 25 years, it's been about economic opportunity, racial justice, police brutality, and criminal justice, right? But, and, and you know, I have seen Supreme Court and SCOTUS issues poll well among other demographics that are likely to yeah. vote Democratic. But this is the first time, effectively, yesterday, the Supreme Court gave African American voters what they gave liberal women voters last year, which is a reason to get out. That's right. Democrats have yeah. got to get behind messaging that because it's new and it potentially resonates for the first time. And, you know, you have thrown our, not, we know how we feel about the social implications of the affirmative action, but when you couple sure. that with the idea of Republicans concocting a case and controversy, right, in the gay yeah. marriage stuff, and you and concocting other matter that didn't exist, yeah. and you couple that with the idea of the litigation that this will cause on deciding what colleges use, use race, this is an extremist yeah. Supreme Court, that can be message to black voters. Indeed, everybody, um, you know, everybody black knows what Clarence Thomas is. They, they get that real quick. Uh, yeah. Everybody black doesn't like Clarence Thomas because everyone black has the same opinions, according to Joy Reid. Um, key ally in fake elector scheme flips on Trump. Oh, they got him. This time they got him. Let me get rid of these windows. It's not a household name, but he was a campaign official on the Trump 2020 campaign, is now cooperating with prosecutors from Jack Smith's team. This is the one into January 6th and the efforts by Trump and his allies to overturn the election results. We have had a number of different developments in the Trump-related investigations, uh, and as was pointed out there, both on the classified document side as well as the January 6th side. We have both for you here, but we do need to talk about uh, Mike Roman, Director of Election Day Operations for Trump's campaign, and very much involved in a number of the efforts in the months leading between the election to January 6th to try to overturn the results of the election, now has struck some sort of deal with Jack Smith and his legal team, and that could be very significant. Here's a little bit more details. Why it matters that Mike Roman is now cooperating is that he may not have to appear before the grand jury in a formal way. He did get a subpoena earlier this year. They did seize his phone a few months ago, so two notable factors there, obviously. He could speak to them in a more informal setting. And it's notable because he's someone who was involved with the fake elector scheme. Well, in fact, in the last week or so, at least as has been publicly acknowledged, two of those directly involved in the fake elector scheme have now reached some sort of deal with Jack Smith's team. We don't have all the details of exactly what they've done, but when it comes to Mike Roman, we actually have quite a bit of information that has slowly dribbled out over the last year or so about his involvement. The New York Times had previously reported that Roman was doing much of the legwork in finding ways to challenge Trump's losses in the key battleground states after 2020. He's considered a major part of the plot to send fake election officials to declare falsely that Trump had won Georgia, Arizona, and Michigan. Back in July of last year, Politico named him as a Trump operative who tried to get a list of false electors to Michigan and Wisconsin. Remember that that was not just a state level thing. There were efforts to have that sent directly to Mike Pence. It was going to be sort of the centerpiece of the non-flag wielding, window breaking efforts on January 6th. Um, and by the way, 
in addition to Mike Roman, we also have uh, reporting recently that Rudy Giuliani has voluntarily answered questions from federal prosecutors about the plan involving several members of the former president's inner circle, leading some in the MAGA world to wonder if Rudy Giuliani has finally flipped on Donald Trump. I would not jump to conclusions. Rudy has been very loyal to Donald Trump over the years. He has been willing to see his reputation as well as his physical image just absolutely in tatters as a result of what he's done with Trump. Um, but now multiple people at the very least are cooperating or have uh, accepted immunity deals like Mike Roman, what do you think? Yeah, I mean Rudy is basically Trump's Igor and that's he went from being America's mayor to that uh, ignoble uh, fate instead. Uh, and if, if Igor turns on you, you're in a world of trouble. Oh, yeah. Anyway, but that's a long way away. Oh, yeah. Let's still focus on Giuliani flipped on something that's totally legal. Things that we know for sure now, okay? So for number one, I think this is the single most important case of course. against Trump and his allies. Of course, that's fantastic. Even more important than the national yes. docu secret documents case. Why? Because he's most likely to get convicted here? No. It's because this case is the most important in terms of substance and precedent. So this is the very, very heart of what was what happened on January 6th. Breaking into a building honestly is not that big a deal. It's a crime, it should be prosecuted. Those are low level guys, they didn't plan anything. They were the schmucks who showed up and broke the law, okay? Again, they should be prosecuted for their crimes. But the guys who organized the crimes are much more important. And the yeah, crime But again, retard, these people did not organize any crimes. If these people organize crimes, then you go to jail for 2016. Jamie Raskin goes to jail for 2016. Um, what was that? Uh, Maxine Waters, that was what, 2000? So objecting to the electors is uh, illegal, apparently, according to these people. The crime of breaking in, again, is relatively minor compared to the crime of doing a coup. Well, again, again, there was no coup. That's hyperbolic bullshit. Against the United States of America to take a democratic election and overturn it with things like fake electors. This is no different than what you tried to do in 2016. Your side tried to tell the, elect the electors not to vote for Trump. And that's exactly what this is. That's exactly what Trump tried to do. And his allies tried to do. People, I don't know why the press doesn't talk about this more than anything else in the world. Well, it's largely made up. Uh, that Rachel Maddow came up with the terms. I, I'm just going to leave alone their intentions and their motivations, etc. But the bottom line is, this is the one that should get all the attention. And and because, guys, if you show that there are real consequences for this kind of attempt, the next time Republicans go to steal an election, let's say- Or the next time Democrats try to do something like that, like in 2024, if they lose. Donald Trump goes, hey, you know what? I lost again, but I'd like to stay again, okay? So now we're gonna do the fake elector thing. Then maybe people around him go, well, I remember the last guy who helped with the fake elector scheme. He's spending 12 years in Fort Leavenworth. So I'm a little oh, yeah. bit gun shy about okay. this coup idea, mm -hmm. right? So even if they don't get Trump in this case, just getting involved, everyone involved in the fake elector scheme would be monumental. And now, highly unlikely. In terms of how close we are to that, look, man, this Jack Smith, he's a bad man. Oh yeah, real bad, especially when his case against Edwards totally blew up in his face. As Muhammad Ali used to say, finally, we have a real prosecutor. How is he a real prosecutor? He's terrible. He's the one guy that they found that they can put everything on 
And then if he fails, they can just say, well, that's Jack Smith. Look at his track record. He had this case against this governor in Virginia that was so bad, the Supreme Court overturned it in a unanimous verdict. And then he tried the, uh, the Edwards case, and uh, that blew up in his face. So he's, he's terrible. And I could see it because I'm a lawyer. I've worked for like a nanosecond as a prosecutor, <laughs> but, you're, but yeah, you're a lawyer, okay? But I, but I can see the actions he's taking. Yeah, and I'm up, a news anchor. Up to the case, <clears throat> and he's killing. It, okay, so he's got four people to flip already on Trump on in this case alone, and two of them are electors themselves. Uh -huh. Remember, the fake electors signed now, false documents. No, they didn't. That's made up. So if you recall a couple weeks ago, I think it was Bald Fuckface did a video about the flipping. And when I read uh, the article, it said that there were like, it, 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 it was bullshit, basically. Like there were no charges and there was no, there was no like duty to cooperate. So there wasn't actually anything that they got these people on. That's what they're talking about. And sent them into Congress. And so that also gives a real prosecutor like Jack Smith a, a great card to play. Mm -hmm. You lied on a form that is on a federal form that is a significant, uh, you know, crime. And brother, you're in a lot of trouble. Oh, okay? big time and, trouble! I mean, you signed it. There's no way around it. Yep. So now that's why he's getting all these guys to go one by. So again, there were court cases. They set up alternate electors in case the court cases went in their favor. That's what they did. Completely legal. And uh, they're going to pretend that somehow people need to go to prison for this. By one by one, he's doing dominoes here, which is what a professional great yes. prosecutor does. Talk up your, talk up the case and bring your audience's hopes up. So when they get dashed, it's even more painful. Please do that. Okay. All right. You're going to jail. You're going to jail. Oh, you'd like to talk now, huh? Okay. Who right. put you up to it? But again, then they were not at risk of going to jail. There we go. That's how we get to who actually right. ordered this. And actually tried to steal this election. Yes. Super important case. Super important. Yes. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you referred to him as Igor because in my mind, I always thought of Rudy Giuliani as more of like a Renfield character. But you know, <laughs> to it's motto, I kind of the same thing. Who the fuck that is? <laughs> but you know, it's what, like what you were saying, Jake. This fake elector scheme is so wild that I feel like as much as we talk about it, we don't talk about it enough. It mm. is really crazy, and there does need to be accountability here because if there isn't. That is very, very damaging to this democracy and to this country. Yes, you need to make examples out of people that exercise their constitutional rights. And it's all the more baffling when you remember that, who is it? I think Pete Navarro, he basically confessed to the whole scheme oh, and explained he did. the yes. plot on live television right. one time on MSNBC. It's almost because it's not a plot, it's simply a legal theory that they had that was perfectly legal to argue. They might have lost, they might have lost in court, but it's not illegal. You see, you know, we're really seeing Jack Smith and his team really hone in on the inner circle right now. And honestly, I feel like a lot of Americans are eager for them to wrap this up because, you know, as a nation, we really need to move on. Ameri First of all, most people don't give a fucking shit about this. Americans they're like, all right, they're doing it again. Oh, well. And then they're focusing on their life. Have real issues that, frankly, are more important to them in the short term than whether or not Trump goes to jail. There are real issues facing real Americans that well, need to be. Well, the Democrats are never going to give a fuck about that shit because this is this is their campaign, nonstop legal uh, or lawfare against Trump. Dealt with, but we're still stuck in courts going through this rigmarole with Trump.
Of course, it's all connected. We can't govern effectively if our democracy is in tatters. And of course, we need to get accountability here and we have to get this thing right. Mm-hmm. All of that said, the quicker these people can cooperate, the better off we'll all be, the more grateful I will be, I know for sure. Yeah. I personally hope that we at least wrap up all of these investigations in time for Trump to beat Biden in 2024, get back into office and start breaking new laws. Yeah, I don't want to have to mix up multiple seasons. It gets complex. The can. Yeah. Okay, yeah. real quick though, last thing. Uh, he doesn't seem like he's buying the idea that this is going to work. That's interesting. That's interesting. Muddled. Peter Navarro not only admitted it on TV, he wrote a whole book about it. So. Again, it's not a fucking crime retard. And now that we have a real prosecutor on the case, God help him. Okay, so we'll see how that goes. Uh- you should probably be pretty relieved if you're Peter Navarro. Chank Uger thinks there's something to your case, so you're probably you're probably home free. Uh, and uh, and guys, last thing: the reason why I say this is the most important case is, look, Trump taking home national security documents is terrible uh, and a huge violation of the law. Uh, lie. Um, but it's kind of a one-off, right? Like. All right, so a bunch of them take him home. We, it's a bad precedent. We don't want you taking him home. We don't want you selling him. We don't want any of that, right? But it doesn't fundamentally affect our democracy. Whether you. This does not either. Create fake electors to steal. Again, they're not fake electors. You're just making that up. An election. That's a coup against our government. Again, that all made up rhetoric. That affects our democracy Bullshit. 100%. So this is. Definitely the most important case. Yeah, I'm thrilled that Jack Smith's on it. Yeah, and it's not. It's like barely speculative that they will try this in the future. They are clearly in the intervening years. Well, yeah, and so will you. And you've already done it in the past. It's trying to set up to do this in swing states again. Thanks for watching the Young Turks. Really appreciate it. And other. Oh, this will be fascinating to see if Trump wins in 24, uh, what they do to try to stop it, because they're going to probably do a lot of similar shit. It's almost guaranteed. All right, let me uh, grab here. We have some breaking news. All right, we have some breaking news from the internet. Let me see one second. This is going to load. All right, one moment. Streamlabs is loading here. Whoa. That thing's freaking out. Click the X. Okay. All right. Breaking news from the internet from Nino Tintari. He says, uh, breaking news, but not in Philadelphia, in Australia. Hit me up if you need the best defense attorney in Philadelphia. All right. Well, thank you for the offer. Hopefully, I'll never need a defense attorney in Philadelphia. Uh, I will say if they pass a hate speech law... Uh, like they're trying to do in Michigan. If they pass one of those in Pennsylvania, I might actually need a defense lawyer, although hopefully I'd get the fuck out of the state before that law goes into effect. But that's a, that's a serious fucking issue in Michigan. The lunatics in Michigan are trying to pass a law that if you hurt uh, Tranny's feelings, you could go to jail for five years. Um, and that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. Obviously, it would extend out to... Democrats, Democrat politicians, if you call Gretchen Bitchmer a bitch, you probably will go to jail as well. It is uh, crazy shit. Okay. Um, Victoria Police looking into claims officers identifying as gender neutral for extra $1,300 allowance. 
The number of Victoria Police employees self-identifying as gender neutral has more than quadrupled since last year. New figures show, as the force confirms, it's investigating reports that some of its officers are gaming the HR system in order to gain an extra 1300 a year. I mean, why wouldn't you? Why? What even is gender neutral? Alternative news outlet Discernible first posted on Monday that it was hearing unconfirmed reports from inside Victoria Police that management is pulling their hair out after a majority of the crime investigation unit in the southern region changed their profile in the HR system to gender neutral. Members have confirmed they will receive an extra 1300 per year as a result of doing so, and it appears in their pay as a clothing allowance. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um, popular Twitter account Voice for Victoria on Tuesday followed up writing have had this confirmed it started with a few people and has now blown to about blown out to about 20 to 30 they will all now get an extra 1300 a year in pay tax free as a result management is apparently very happy and unsure what to do good luck to them questioning how the staff identify yeah they're they're in a, a catch 22 here because all you got to do is if they ask a question, you got to say, are you being a bigot? Oh, it sounds, are you questioning my gender identity, bigot? Oh, absolutely. Hopefully a whole bunch more people take this $1,300 bonus. Unbelievable. Uh, Voice for Victoria added, I'm told this is intended to be a fuck you to the organization only and not the LGBTQI community. Well, it should be do a fuck you to both of them. This is what happens when staff are left under-resourced, overworked, and underappreciated for too, young, too long. Would expect the union also has no idea how to handle this situation, a Victoria police spokesman told the news. Um, Victoria police is aware of these accusations and will be looking further into the matter. According to the Herald Sun, the annual civilian clothing allowance is 2,554 for male employees and 3,674 for women. In the annual report last year, Victoria Police only had 32 employees that were so-called self-described as neither male nor female. That was thunder. So if the stream goes out, I will, I will. Uh, that is not thunder. That is, a, those are fireworks. Never mind. It's not raining. Anyway, wow. That really sounded like thunder for a second. All right, anyway, what are you going to do? It's the 4th of July soon, so there's going to be a lot of fireworks. In its annual report last year, Victoria Police only had 32 employees who were so-called self-described as neither male nor female. But workforce figures, as of June 27th, provided to news.com.au show that number had soared to 139, 127 of whom are sworn officers. Victoria Police currently employs 22,118 people, 16,249 who are with the police, or who are police. One Victoria Police source told the Herald it would be a travesty if anyone was lying about their gender status for extra money and questioned whether it could be a criminal offense. <laughs> it goes to their integrity. For Vic Paul, this would be terrible, and it's taxpayers' money. This is offensive to genuine non-binary employees. How would they even be able to prove it? It's not like if you identify as a homosexual, you get an extra 1300 
and then you catch someone not identifying as a homosexual, and you're like, hey, you're not gay. And I guess the, well, I don't know, you know, I guess the, the guy that got caught, he could be like, I'll suck a dick right now to prove it. I don't know how that would work. But you, you chose something that's, you can't even prove. Gender neutral? What the fuck does that even mean? Gender neutral? I'm neutral about it. That's like a, re, like, it's, the whole thing's ridiculous. So this is what you get. You deserve this. I hope everyone takes this. On its website, Victoria Police lays out its strong commitment to LGBTIQ plus inclusion. Quote, it's so very important that we encourage all employees to bring their whole selves. Yes, even the, 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 the part of you that is a, a sodomite, definitely bring that to work. Uh, whole selves to work and create a work environment where LGBTIQ employees feel safe and are safe from workplace harm. Oh my. Providing a safe Workplace culture for LG, TIQ. What the fuck is the, the TIQ part? Employees is essential if we are to address the harm to LGBTIQ people in the community. We all have responsibility to our LGBTIQ employees in the LGBTIQ community. We serve to be a safe and respectful workforce where all people, regardless of their sexual identity, gender expression, or sex characteristics, are encouraged to excel and thrive. What a crock of shit. Earlier this year, a Catholic police officer was sacked for disgraceful or improper conduct after posting comments on social media and the force's own internal platform known as Yammer that allegedly disparaged the LGBTQ community. Their internal chat platform is the name of a of a slur for one breast. <laughs> Yammer? You mean Yammers? I, what, what, I guess if what happens if you only have one breast? You have a Yammer. I don't know what the hell's going That's a hell of a name. Why don't you call it Titty or Tit? Anyway, whatever. Sergeant Bruno Safiri, 62, was found guilty of misconduct by Victoria Police Internal Disciplinary Panel and dismissed in February. What did he say? Are they going to say what he said? The 36-year veteran of the force was investigated over 10 comments, including some which were allegedly critical of Victoria's police... Uh, push for LGBTQ inclusion in the workplace. He posted on Facebook in March last year regarding an ABC report about a Sydney teacher who founded a gay pride group for students. Quote, what a disgrace. Bad enough having to pay non-binary teachers, but to have them push their filth on students is a disgraceful crime. Why can't we sack these teachers? Based. That looks like, is that a based Italian? Stefiri? Based Australian-Italian. Very good. Sergeant Stefiri insisted at the disciplinary hearing that he had never discriminated against the LGBTQ community while conducting some of his conducts, conceding, excuse me, some of his conducts, may have come across as dismissive or disrespectful. I'm obviously disappointed that I was dismissed after years of impeccable service, but I stand by my Christian beliefs, he said. Good for you. Don't cuck. Based Italian. Fantastic. Man, what a crock of shit. All right, well, that's interesting. Hopefully, uh, that'll continue, that people will continue to take advantage. That's some crazy shit. All right, that was breaking news from Nino Tenari. Sincerely appreciate that. That's a, that's a based Italian name, too. 
Very good. Based Italians. It is Based Italians uh, news time. All right. Very good. Okay. Let's see. Now we have uh, we have more breaking news. All right. Breaking news from the internet from Jesse Lee Peterson. Oh wow. Jesse Lee Peterson, or a person claiming to be Jesse Lee Peterson, <clears throat> has some breaking news. And let's see what he says. One second. Let me put this in the chat. Okay. What does he say? One moment. I think it's White History Month. Yes, July is White History Month. <clears throat> I remember when I went on a show quite a few years ago. Um he asked me what I thought of White History Month. I think I surprised him, and I was like, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> I think he thought I was going to be an SJW, because in my YouTube about me, and I haven't changed it, I haven't updated yet, I put um, social justice advocate, like when I first started the channel, and I never changed it. So I think he thought I was going to be one of them. That was a great interview. That was I, I, I had a great time on there. That was awesome. Um, all right, so this, is, so this is breaking news straight from Jesse Lee Peterson. Let's have a look here, see what's going on. Straight from Jesse Lee Peterson. White History Month. Yes, it's July. She's married to that, um, that big guy. The big guy with the eyeliner, right? Drogo. Drogo. Daddy and I are never going to get a divorce, but if we did, we would love you both just as much. Oh, yeah. It's a relief. Thank you, moms. Hit the play button. I have a major, major announcement right now. The 1st of July is White History Month. So the whole month is White History Month from now on. Happy White History Month. It's White History Month. I'm gonna celebrate my friends. It's White History Month. So be sure to tell everyone there will always be different months to celebrate. This month's gonna be. White history, it's white history month, and I'm gonna celebrate America. It's white history month, and I'm gonna scream it to everyone. There will always be different months to celebrate. This month's gonna be. What history? All right, there you go. <clears throat> Breaking news from the internet. White History Month for July. Fantastic. All right, that was breaking news from the internet. If you have an article that you want to have read on stream, ten dollars and up. Details in the description. Now, I, this this next video, I think, is uh, it's a gay op. They have what they call a recovering bigot. So this guy wrote a sign and he went to a pride parade 
and he he says he's a recovering bigot and all these uh, LGBT people were hugging him and stuff. One thing that we know for sure based on just observation over the past, I don't know how many years, five to ten years, leftists are merciless and there is no forgiveness and there's no path to redemption. So I would not buy this and I do not buy this for a second. Not for a second. Justin Nash is a self-described recovering bigot. And apparently he has changed his ways and asked for forgiveness at this year's Denver Pride Parade. So three days ago, a TikTok video of Nash ended up going viral. Here's a screenshot of the video that we're talking about featuring Nash and the sign he brought to the parade. It reads, recovering bigot, I am sorry, free hugs. Now, how did Nash go from being a bigot to being someone who's asking for forgiveness from the LGBT community and looking to be an ally. Well, Nash told the Washington Post uh, that he was raised to believe that being gay was wrong. He was raised in Texas by you know conservative family members. He spent years feeling uncomfortable about gay people and even cut off one of his close friends, a high school friend who came out to him. However, Nash began to question his beliefs when he reread the Bible which is kind of surprising. Mm -hmm. uh, he reread it in the early 2000s, and that made him realize that Jesus was just telling him to love. Now, Nash's son and friends kept pushing him to change his views. I suspect that that probably had more to do with it. Um, and a particular moment that Nash remembers was when he asked one of his colleagues who was gay how he could be a better person. Nash wanted to know, like, how can I be a better person? Which shows what his character really is, which I, I appreciate. So um, as Nash recalls, quote, I was so moved at the immediate acceptance, uh, the immediate forgiveness by my coworker, she doesn't uh, even really know me. So Nash didn't even um, uh, plan to attend the Denver Pride event, but uh, was in the area to visit family. And he's like, you know what, I'm gonna go. So he saw the chance to amend his past mistakes and he took it. For me to sit in that parade with that sign was 20 years in the making. Nash and his wife drove to a Walmart to buy a poster board for his message. The words he wanted to use came to him quickly, bigot. While Strong captured his regret, Nash insisted on recovering, not recovered. He says, quote, I still have to keep going. And he hoped his I'm sorry might symbolize an apology for any harm that LGBTQ plus people have suffered from anyone else. To say you're loved, Nash said, I love you and I hope all these people who hurt you will come around. So the thing that stood out to me about this story wasn't just the change of heart that he had and the evolu you know, the evolution he experienced when it comes to the LGBTQ community. It's the way members of the community treated him when he wanted to open up to them, right? And I think it runs counter to what the current trend is with people like digging up old tweets or old videos of other people to condemn them for their past, right? When you do that, it actually pushes people away rather than reforming some of the beliefs that people might have. And of course, there was somebody that responded to this by saying, that he hasn't done enough and he hasn't earned forgiveness yet. I would argue that's going to be the majority of the AIDS commies that view it like that. Just give it a break for a second, okay? 
so this is a wonderful, heartwarming story. I love it. The guy's a bit extraordinary because keep it real, guys. For guys his age, including a guy who's my age, even, um, we all grew up in an environment that was very hostile to uh, gay rights. Very hostile. Okay, and so I played on a football team in the 1980s. What do you think people? Uh, thought back then. You think that they were LGBTQ plus friendly back then? No, people didn't know that, right? And they awful things were said and etc. And that was the culture. But I think so, we should judge how people acted back then by today's standards. Yeah, but people genuinely say that with a straight face, like as no, if they do that it all makes the time. Yeah, yeah, as if it makes sense. That's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Now, look, within that context, I think I did pretty good for myself. Um, like, so when I had a, in, unlike this gentleman, when I, where there was a friend of ours who was gay, he came out to me because he trusted me the most. Uh, and that was, I, it was, it felt amazing. And of course, I supported him 100%, etc. We're friends to this day, blah, 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 right? So, you know, I was lucky that I grew up in a culture that was not friendly to the LGBTQ community, but I was, I managed to get past it and I managed to get past it fairly quickly, right? But I bet a lot of people didn't and it doesn't necessarily mean that they were all bad guys. It means they grew up in that culture. And as you can see with this guy, give him a chance to be a good guy. Give him a chance, right? And here he's going out of his way. But when I saw that he said like, "Oh, I've been trying to, you know, do this right for the last 20 years." I was like, Oh wait, is this someone who's like an ally of the community who just regularly does this? Then I read more into it. No, 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 no. He like when they gave him an ally pin, he didn't even know what it was, and he was like, "Oh, oh, I, oh, you guys, so I'm your friend now, and you're calling me an ally." So he's a, he's not in the movement at all, right? He's just genuinely with his friends and coworkers sorting all this out. I love it, right? I love and, it so much. And for a guy like that who's not at all in the movement, I don't even know what his politics is outside of this. To call himself a bigot, when most of the people growing up at his time, you could have characterized that way, right? right? But he took on that himself anyway. But that's amazing. But I think the most amazing and the best part of all of this is that I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I think that's really powerful. Okay. Yep. And I wish all of us did that. And here I'll say it, and you know I've said it in other contexts, and I'll say it in this context. For whatever thoughts I had. However long ago, for whatever. I'm sorry too. You're right. you're sorry for your thoughts, not actions. Your thoughts. Oh my God. Right, and we all owe, owe, owe LGBTQ folks in this country an apology. No, fuck you. Fuck you. Go fuck yourself. Don't tell me that if you're around my age, you didn't grow up in that culture, right? Every yep. I, I mean, I grew up where I grew up, and uh, we all dealt with each other and our differences and we had it figured out. Now we're, we're called bigots because we're not sucking gay people's dicks and that we're not participating in celebrating them. It's fucking retarded. No, I'm not, I'm not going along with this. Look, I'm younger than you, but- You have a worse way of doing things than we did back in the day. And now things are really fucked. So who knows what's going to happen at this point? Who knows where the backlash is going to stop at this point? I have no idea. Even when I was growing up, I mean, the anti-gay slur word was thrown around all over the place. Yes, because people have been saying faggot for decades and decades and decades, and it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just a word. If you are affected by just the word, you're a weak person. In, in, in school, on the playground, right? Oh, yeah. Who cares? Who fucking cares?
course. It's it super, was super normalized. Common, guys. It should be normalized. Absolutely, but look. it should be normalized to not be phased by words. That's like some of the basic building blocks of being a, a strong person. I like to think back at that time, especially in my moments of despair, to remember. Ooh, you have moments of despair? Oh, man, that sounds great. I'm so happy to hear that. How much progress has been made? That's not to say that things are perfect. Obviously, there are still severe issues in regard to discrimination and hateful legislation being passed against. That's bullshit. The LGBTQ community. Bullshit. However, when you look back at the way people would talk about gay people back in the day, I mean, it's just, it really is night and day. And look, there are a lot of powerful elements to this story, okay? His willingness to grow and change is something that's admirable and should be celebrated. So you mentioned that. But also, I just want to quickly discuss the people in his life who didn't give up on him and were pushing him in the right direction. Because the current environment, the current climate is anyone who is deemed hateful, anyone who, you know, refuses to accept a certain community or another, you should immediately cut them out of your life. They're toxic, they're terrible, they're never gonna change. Well, when you do that, and if his son had done that with him, then there would be no opportunity to grow, right? Instead, his son decided, no, I'm gonna, you know, gently nudge him in the right direction and look at that, it worked. And when he wanted to grow, when he wanted to change, members of the LGBTQ community welcomed him. Yeah. And that's So again, this is completely contrary to everything we've seen over the past 10 years. And I'm not saying it's impossible for individuals inside these groups to be that way. I think that these groups are made up of different types of people. You have the lunatic AIDS commie activists, and then you have some people that are like confused and they think they're doing the right thing and they're going along with it. I don't think everyone is just like a filthy rabid AIDS commie. A lot of them are, but not everybody. Um you know, you have the, the virtue signaling liberals that are part of this group and they're in it for the cookies and they'll do anything. They'll do anything to be considered virtuous, including up to and including bringing their kids to be uh, 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 handled and entertained by pedophiles. OK, um, at these like drag story hours or whatever. Um, so, again, it's a lot of different people. But but for the most part, for the most part, um, there is no forgiveness. There is no anything. And so I don't buy this. This is not even if if this is a real uh, um, situation, which I doubt. Um, this is this is um, an exception. This is unusual. And uh, and it does make me wonder, though, since they're losing so badly right now, since this was their worst Pride Month of all time, I think it's the way. I mean, the 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 amount of backlash they're getting is incredible. It makes me wonder if this is done on purpose to make them seem reasonable. Because I've said this before, commies, when they're losing, they start appealing to reasonableness. They start appealing to the old way. They want to go back to the way it was. They start talking about free speech and live and let live. That's how you know they're losing, and I think that's what this story is. That's, that's how you actually accomplish change. You get what I'm saying? Uh -huh. Instead of brushing people off as either good or bad. Yeah, 100%. Um, I want to talk about two different approaches that you just alluded to in a second, but first, two different phenomenon that's happening in the country. On the one hand, um, 
Anna's right, uh, my kids are growing up in a world where it's totally unacceptable to say something derogatory about gay people. Mm -hmm. It's considered crazy. That's okay, we'll change that. It should be okay to make fun of anyone. If you have a society when there are certain people you can't make fun of, that's not a free society. So we have to go back to a free society where you can make fun of anyone. Right, and that's wonderful. That means people are open, they get it, there's nothing wrong wrong with gay people. That's, like, that's crazy talk to my kids, and it should be crazy talk, right? And so that's great. At the same time, we have this pushback from, yes, the Republicans. Proposing over 600 laws against the LGBTQ community now. We did a story the other day about how 61% of people in that community are sometimes afraid to go outside. Again, that's completely retarded. They're worried about the reaction they might get. And if you live in the coast, don't think you know their experience. It's a totally different thing to live in Kansas City or Tulsa or in some other, or Idaho. The they might have very legitimate fear, right? And so, uh, and and so, those are the two different paths that America is taking at the same exact time. That's why we're having these cultural wars. That's why there's these huge clashes because we just don't agree. One side says, "I don't want that's a terrible thing for kids to be. I don't want them exposed to that at all. That's awful, right?" Another side says, "Are you guys nuts? They're the same people, just like us." And and. And nature or God or whatever you think is right made them that way. What do you, you, you know better? You know better than God or their uh, DNA? Now God is on your side, gotcha. So God wants the kids at the pedophile drag shows, does he? Okay, Chink. It's absurd, right? So, okay, so those are the two tracks the country's on. In terms of the two approaches for people, look, it depends. So if it's a Republican politician, that's proposing an anti-gay bill, anti-trans bill, etc. Yeah, you have to fight them in the battlefield of ideas, in the arena. And there, I would say, and I live this, and everybody could even disagree with this too. But my opinion is that's when you go rip their political heads off, okay? That's when you engage in battle, okay? I'm not gonna let you pass. And you suck at it. Pass that bill. And, and what the do you mean you're not gonna let them pass the bill? You can't stop them from passing the bill, they're passing the bills might be fiery or that might be emotional, it might be logical. And there's a lot of different ways to fight. You could show this guy, you could show a gay somebody who, who's gay in the family. There's a lot of different ways to fight back. But when it's your personal life and it's not about politics, it's not about a bill they're about to pass, it's not a political figure, please be more understanding. Okay, because <laughs> you're appealing to leftists to be more understanding. <laughs> it's the only way to get folks back yeah. into the light, or there into ain't the no back into the light, bitch. It's over. It's over now. The light in the first place is to have a conversation. There's no, there's no stop in this train. Get them to open their minds, right? Mm -hmm. So that's why you'll see me sometimes on the show. I'll be super tough against a politician, but when it's a rando or what I call a civilian. Oh, I'll yeah, say, whoa, right. whoa, whoa, guys, guys, take yeah, it easy, right. okay? This guy's just a regular person. Bullshit. And yeah, it's what he did is bad, right? Not this guy, but in another story. Uh, but maybe there's a different way to handle it. And remember, total bullshit. Our side is supposed to believe in restorative justice, right? Yeah, and but that's so only for black murderers, not like regular people that do minor things. So this is a great example of that. Now, this guy's taking the initiative on his own, mm -hmm. but if someone 
especially if they're coming a little bit towards your direction, welcome them instead of saying, not good enough. And I do, I do worry that our side, some <laughs> of the people on our side are in the not good enough business. Yeah, most. And they just constantly push people away. When hold on, just hear them out, then say your side of the story, and just maybe they'll open up their minds. And it doesn't happen with everybody, but it does happen with a lot of people. You see this guy opened up his mind. I don't know, I mean look, I think that it might be a better tactic to just bully people on Twitter all day. And maybe they'll change their minds if you bully them hard enough. But Anna, I, I'll let me defend those people a little bit though. Go okay, ahead. Okay, I hear you. And 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 now this is, look, uh, folks have come after me in a thousand different ways, right? And from every part of the political spectrum. But yes, nonetheless- you're a fucking dumb baboon and you piss off everybody, which is so funny to watch. As I will say this, for the people who are going after the political figures, um, our side, the Democratic side, okay, because we're on the left. For 40 years of my life, never fought back against the right wing and never fought back against Republicans. So could some people be overcompensating? Maybe, right? Because since our politicians never, ever, ever, ever fought for us, it's, it's like there's like the pendulum has swung too far. Everybody's in a fighting mood. Everybody's combative, and if anybody gives an inch, they're like, no, don't give an inch, don't give an inch. But context matters, the situation matters, and overall, Anna's right. Please, you don't have to level randos on Twitter. You don't have to question everyone's intent. And and if someone is has opened up a little bit, have them open up more instead of shutting back down, right? Let's try to reach out, try, we've gotta somehow, somehow begin to heal this country and this guy took a that's break. That's true uh, and how we're gonna do that is uh, full political marginalization. We've stepped forward and we love him for it. Thanks for watching The Young. No you don't, no you don't, but it's uh, it's very interesting. All right, let me, um, so I think we, we will probably see more of that as they continue to lose. I hope people don't buy it. I really hope people don't buy it. All right, let me uh, read some of these super chats. We're taking super chats through Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking super chats through Entropy, link in the description. And we're also taking Rumble Rants as well. Also, we're trying to get a combined 125 subscribers between Subscribestar, link in the description, Rumble's monthly membership option, which is next to the super chat button, or the Soft Gentleman's Bathhouse, which is the... Um, YouTube monthly option. So uh, I'll at some point, uh, I guess by next stream or maybe shortly after that, I'll put a number. I think I'll put a number on the screen with the grand total um, off the top of my head. I think it's, let's see, it's like 75, 82, I think maybe like close to 90 total right now. Okay. So uh, the reason 125 is, is significant, if we get to 125, the soft gentleman will release a book called What a Bigot Would Say. That is my twin, rabidly homosexual brother who's a completely real person that has a totally real and not sarcastic show on the Soft Gentleman YouTube channel, which is fully monetized with the monthly membership option named after the bathhouse. There's a bathhouse tier. There's different tiers. There's Soft Gentleman member, and then there's bathhouse. And it got approved. You got to like submit it, and YouTube reviews it, and they approved it. That's a hell of a thing. Anyway, 
Um, so he will release a book at 125 called What a Bigot Would Say, and we'll release it free to the audience. We will solicit the audience for various topics and quotes and we'll have someone write the foreword if so if we get some people to submit forewords then we can vote on you have people vote on the one that they like so the book will be released it'll be 24 pages it'll be released free to the audience via pdf after it's released to the audience again two weeks after we hit 125 then we will uh, attempt to get it published by any of the main publishers amazon you know whoever else uh, under the diversity, equity, and inclusion section. And uh, I do think that's possible. There have been publications that have made it to Amazon. Um, now they're gone now, but they were at least there for a little bit. So the, for example, the George Floyd Creepypastas, as far as I recall, was there for quite a bit of time. I don't think it's there anymore. They got wise to it. And, and I do remember also there were um, physical copies sent to people. I remember uh, Lauren Southern, she tweeted, someone sent her a physical copy of that book, which is phenomenal. Uh, and uh, so there you go. So we will, we will, uh, we'll, we'll see. So anyway, also, uh, I expect it to take a while to get to 125, but even if it takes uh, a while, we're still going to beat Chank Uger on his release of his book because uh, his book is, I believe, three years overdue. It's called Justice is Coming and it's not coming. It's not coming anytime soon. I believe, though, what's the latest date? I think it's September of 2023. So uh, we're, be on the lookout for that date to change. It'll probably get changed to, like, February 2024. And then it'll get changed again. But uh, I, don't, I don't think that book is coming. But anyway, okay. So anyway, any of those, uh, like I said, link in the description uh, to Subscribestar. Okay. Where did we... Um, where did we leave off? Okay, did we do that? Um, let's see. Okay, Horatio Nelson says, By the way, there is an attempted rioting on the first night on the island of Corsica. And the mafia plus the nationalists plus the football ultras came out in force and beat the hell out of everyone. That's fantastic. That's what you got to do. You can't allow people to destroy your town or your neighborhood all right let's see here ratio also said by the way oh i read that one aids are hold on a second one second there was it okay aids horrific eisenstein says democrats made up some bullshit about some lady getting raped to get roe passed a while ago and now they're upset the republicans may have done the same thing with the website lady don't care, eat shit, Dems. Yeah, so now I do think the way they're framing it is bullshit because people, it, it, the justices and the lawyers were arguing with the knowledge that this woman, this whole thing was filed because she was concerned that in the future she would run, run across this problem. So they knew that. So they're just trying to play that up. But I've, I'm out of fucks to give and I would take it. If it's exactly as they describe, I will take it. I will take anything rigged in our favor after what has happened over the past five or six years, rigged elections, the spring and summer of 2020, you, the, the list is endless. I will take anything rigged in our favor for the next five years at least. And then maybe after five years, I'll say, okay, let's get back to normal. Okay, but you'll still have to sell me on it. So yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, all right. We was Nefertiti and Shiit says, and I quote, 
We was Kangs and Shiit. I gotta read it exactly as it's written, because to do otherwise is bigotry. God damn, that's G-A-W-D. God damn these niggas be fucking up my groove, stealing my kingdom energy. Oh, they stole your kingdom energy? Gotta watch out for that kingdom. Because me caused me to lose connections to my ancestors. Damn goddamn present-day Romans be flying my pyramids now. I can't see the Nile River from the air because nigga stole my bike, unquote. Oh, man, that's a hell of a thing. Well, there you go. That's uh, That was, um, who was that? That was, we was Nefertiti and Shiit. All right, there you go. Incredible. And Horatio Nelson has links with uh, footage from Paris. More things heating up in Paris. Yeah, it looks like there's just a lot of issues. A lot of issues, especially at night. It looks like the goblins really come out at night. They are just, uh, they are absolutely merciless. Hold on a second. What does this say? One second. Volkswagen dealership gets looted in Marseille. Oh, man. Yeah, they're looting the shit out of everything. It's really, it's terrible. Absolute insanity. All right, let's see here. Did this get reset? One second. Streamlabs is loading still. I'll, let me read these while this loads up. GAW004 says, uh, Only a clown baboon like Chang could ever describe a guy who fucked up so bad the liberal justice has sided against him. A real prosecutor can't wait for another hundred indictments to drop. Yeah, just completely uh, completely ridiculous. Jack Smith is... I think he's a fall guy. Uh, they have him doing some pretty outrageous shit. These indictments are preposterous. And uh, and I tell you, if Fannie Willis doesn't indict, I think that's, that further leads credence to the theory that he is the fall guy and they know it's unlikely they'll succeed but that they'll hope that they'll do enough damage to trump politically that maybe somehow they could get people to not vote for him with all these indictments but then if it doesn't work they can go well that was jack smith what did you expect so that's interesting all right uh nigger faggot says and i quote i'm invading your screen hbt yes because Whenever a person donates on Streamlabs, it comes onto the screen that so-and-so has donated. So in this particular instance, it would say, quote, nigger faggot has donated, unquote, which is hilarious. Um, okay, we did that one. Aidsorific Aidsenstein says, Al contraire, HB, there are many verses in the tome of the UAN that refer to race. For example... Straight up, Negar, chapter 38, verse 16. Oh, got to watch out for the book of straight up Negar. That's N-I-G-G-A-R. The book of straight up Negar, chapter 38, verse 16, quote, And the Negars be tripping in the grocery store, and the evil white man hadeth much wrath because the Negars were dirty, unquote. That's, yeah. That's a hell of a verse right there. Yes, you got to watch Straight Up Negar, uh, chapter 38, verse 16. That's a hell of a verse right there. All right, thank you. Aids horrific, Aidsenstein. Silky Johnson says, hello, HB. Hello, Silky Johnson. And then Silky said, HB, shout out to some friends that are together 
and wish I could be hanging with them and in honor of that and the commies they're surrounded by. I'm going to quote a totally real saying, quote, Hey, yo, niggas, them Jew fags be sucking that tranny cock. Hitler was right, unquote. So that's, a, again, a quote right there. That's a quote within a quote. So there you go. That's, uh, that sucks when commies infiltrate groups and then start fucking with people's uh, opinions. Okay, so what will happen is commies, you know, they make it very clear that if you don't agree with them, there's going to be social consequences, if not worse. So then normal people that are just trying to get along, they'll just be quiet and they'll just go along because they don't want to cause trouble. Commies are really successful at that. They are really successful at that. So I don't know uh, what we can do to counter. Hopefully we can figure out a way to counter that. Um, Cooper sees the truth, says, HB, of course, they didn't instruct the jogging austere scholars in France to not target the Holocaust celebrations. I, oops, excuse me. I meant Holocaust memorials because even one scratch on a banker statue clearly provides justification to roll out absolute police state curfews and lockdowns. Yeah, it's interesting. I, um, it's going to be interesting to, to keep an eye out on that. So the uh, joggers in France desecrated a uh, Holocaust memorial. And uh, and someone joked. I saw someone joke on Twitter. Uh, oh, okay. Now now they're gonna really they're gonna really bring in the army, and uh, we'll see if that's true. It, it does look like um, uh, the people running France kind of want this, and they're not really doing anything. So uh, we'll have to see. And also keep an eye out on the 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 natives, the the, the French people who defend themselves. Keep a lookout to see if they're arrested for doing that. I wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. Um, okay, let's see. All right. Um, oh, breaking news. All right, we have uh, breaking news from the internet from Drunk Pinata. This is a uh, tweet explaining the issue on Twitter with the data scraping. So earlier today, Elon Musk put temporary limits on people reading tweets, not just post. I don't think, th are there limits on posting? I don't think there's limits on posting, but there's limits on reading, which I thought was odd. Now, the... The limits for verified people started out at 6,000 tweets and has now been raised, I believe, to 10,000. I don't really... I, I don't... I guess it just depends how much you use Twitter. I use Twitter pretty frequently, but I don't think I will reach... Um, I don't think I will, I will reach uh, anything like that. But other people do, and they obviously should be able to access the site. Um, the people who um, are unverified, meaning the people that that haven't paid or don't pay, their limit is very low. And and I don't like people who don't want to pay should have full access to the site. Um, so and that's like crazy. Like it's one thing. Like I didn't have a problem when they said if you pay for verification, you get priority in the for you section. Okay, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. Um, but if people don't want to pay, they should at least 
they should have access to the organic like regular section because the for you is like a curated thing right um but i think if they're not verified and they post they should at least like if there's a subject let's say people are talking about i don't know lgbt and there's a lgbt hashtag and you click that if you got a good tweet and you got good traction on it it should be there whether you're verified or unverified so i'm not sure if uh, it, it might be that even in that situation you you wouldn't get get shown which is no good so i i, I wouldn't agree with that um but at bare minimum people should be able to read the site with that said it might be there might be like a legitimate reason for this um we'll have to see but here's a breakdown uh, I mean, I'm, I'm much more concerned about the censorship going on right now. I said it before. Um, the uh, co-host on um, Matt and Blonde, uh, Blonde was uh, suspended from Twitter. Looks like a permanent ban. Uh, she had some very based tweets. So uh, that's unfortunate that they... Uh, they got rid of her, so hopefully they bring her back as soon as possible. But uh, I won't hold my breath. And there's, of course, tons of people that have already that have never been unsuspended. Okay, let's have a look here. This is breaking news from the internet from Drunk Pinata. Let's have a look to see what this says about the data scraping. Um, the Sicilian Irish robot. Sicilian and Irish. Interesting. Some people asked me to share what I just shared in a space about the rate limits. I don't work for Twitter, but I do architect IT cloud solutions as my day job. It's temporary. Twitter's rate limiting is not what everyone is thinking it is. It's not to punish non-paying users. Data scraping is a big deal. This is where automated systems load the website or app and pull your tweets slash data. It's a huge security issue. Automated systems are pulling every tweet, word, user account information to store in an unknown database somewhere else. This could be state actors like China, the U.S. government, Australia, or other bad political actors, I'm sure they all are, like PACs that are trying to gain access to everyone's information to analyze and use for nefarious things. Manipulating what is said on the site can be done at scale with data scraping. Um... It could also be used to figure out the identity of Anons or to punish people in their country for what they tweet, looking at you, Australia and Canada and the United Kingdom. The temporary measures of limiting tweets to protect users just as much as it is to protect the entire Twitter network from going down. They are currently scrambling to get ahead of this and tune their network security to block it from happening. It's also important to note that Twitter has 500,000 plus servers, that's not free, and cloud data centers, the companies that use them have to pay for what is called ingress and egress of going in and out of the servers. Data scraping event that is large enough for them to start limiting means that it was a massive event that could be considered an, an attack on the site. It would also put massive load <coughs> excuse me, on their servers and cost them so much money it could threaten the site's financial ability to keep running. It could be on purpose to put Twitter out of business from cost alone. Many people are misunderstanding why Elon Musk wants people to pay for Twitter or for the Twitter API. The reason he wants people to pay is because if China or porn companies want to create massive bot farms of fake accounts, it is currently free. 
These bad actors are highly skilled and operate like a business. They have professional staff that continuously change their tactics and Twitter engineers have to fight 24-7 to stay ahead of them. If they have to pay for every account or pay to use the API, it would cost them a lot of money. This limits the amount of people who could create bots, put automated porn on here, and the hacking slash scrapping slash DDoS attacks on the site, it protects you. It also guarantees Twitter will continue to exist without bloating it with tons of ads. This is all part of the plan to create a free speech place we can enjoy without being controlled by outside actors or advertising companies. I know $8 is a lot to some people. It is for many reasons. None of the reasons are to hurt or punish people. I mean, look, he has to make money. Uh, I don't really give a shit about the making money part of it. Um, I think in general, like with a lot of business, things are framed in a way. They're like, oh, that's a money grab. And like certainly there's exploitive shit people can do. That's bullshit. But in general, like I don't really give a shit about that. I much more give a shit about the fucking censorship. Stop censoring legal speech. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You gotta stop, okay? Just fucking stop it. Rumble's kicking your ass, Elon. Rumble is kicking your ass right now. Now look, would I be surprised if next week it turned out? Because, you know, they haven't really they haven't really gotten the eye of Sauron on them yet. Uh, the ADL really hasn't gone hard against Rumble. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see what happens. But uh, Rumble's been fine so far. Um, wow, man. Those are... Anyway, those are fireworks. <clears throat> um I don't know if you can hear that through the mic, but they're pretty decent. Uh, anyway, so, um, yeah, but we'll see. Hopefully this gets resolved as soon as possible, because uh, I do I, I do hope, ultimately, that uh, Twitter succeeds in being a free speech platform, although I'm very skeptical that's going to happen. We'll see, ultimately, what happens with this Yakarino chick to see if maybe she possibly gets fired. That would be a good sign. That would be a good sign if she gets fired. It's also going to be interesting to see what they do with this new e EU hate speech bullshit because if if Elon's going to comply like he says he's going to, it's going to be massive censorship. So we'll see. It'll be interesting. All right. Thank you, Drunk Pinata. Sincerely appreciate that. That was breaking news from the internet. If you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. Let me look here. Okay, so that's Pacman. I want to make sure. Uh, we have a lot here. I just want to, like, prioritize. Uh, okay. All right. There was a couple. I, oh, yeah. Okay, definitely. Okay. All right. Very good. So this is David Pacman. The truth about Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Let's talk about one of the most controversial candidates in the 2024 primary field, the Democratic presidential primary. I'm talking about Robert F. F. Kennedy Jr. Now, as a reminder, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is the son of Robert F. Kennedy. Robert F. Kennedy was assassinated while running for president. An extraordinarily gifted politician was Robert F. Kennedy. Bobby Kennedy Jr. is also the nephew of former president John F. Kennedy, who was, of course, also assassinated while serving as president. So Bobby Kennedy comes from this political dynasty that has impacted American political history 
for a very long time. Environmental lawyer, activist who has fought for clean water and renewable energy and climate justice, has a long record of advocacy for really important issues, poverty, civil rights, health care, democracy, things that he truly inherited from his late father, uh, Robert Kennedy. And he's a super interesting candidate and a nice guy who I've met. I had dinner with. We have many friends in common. And also, he has become a very powerful anti-vaccine voice. He says he's not against vaccines, but simply for tested and safe vaccines. But when we actually look at the disinformation that he has spread, not only about vaccines, but also talking about hydroxychloroquine as if it's proven to work for COVID. I mean, there's a uh, it is. long list of concerning stuff from Bobby Kennedy Jr. He's made concerning comments about Russia and Ukraine, taking the, some sort of strange, softly pro-Putin perspectives. He has talked. That's a smear about um, uh, he's actually talked about gay frogs. I'm talking about Bobby Kennedy Jr. here. Uh, yeah. And there is good evidence that what he and Alex Jones have said about them are uh, is true. Alex Jones. Um, and he also I mean, just like as another example, he's made wild, unsubstantiated claims about China. He recently said on Newsmax, of all places, that China is developing a racist bioweapon that targets people based on ethnicity. Listen to this. Well, what, what I worry about is, is a WMD like a virus, like a gain of function, something. Do you, do you worry about that? Because I see that as sort of the next, the next big fight because- you Well, know, I mean, did it already happen? I think it kind of already happened. Viruses don't see any borders. And, uh, and they're relatively cheap to do this gain of function. I mean, it's just so. You know, yeah, that's they, they, they already did that. They already did that. But I worry about more than the big hardware. Yeah, you're exactly right. And we know that the Chinese are developing ethnic bioweapons, bioweapons that are designed to attack people of certain racial types. And, the, and we're doing the same thing. We've okay. So. Does he provide any evidence that that's happening? He does not. Is there any evidence that I was able to find? No. I okay. Was able so that nine. Is it 10? Well, I can't because I am not sure about this. I can't say it's 10 times out of 10. Nine point nine times out of 10 that I've seen. And if you want to give me an example where it's actually true, let me know. I would love an example. 9.9 .9 times out of 10, when David Pakman says there's no evidence of something, not only is there evidence, but there's an overwhelming amount of evidence. Now, I, I do remember reading about these weapons, but um, I didn't dig too deeply. So I can't, I, I can't say whether or not they're actually doing this. If David says they're not, they probably are. If he says they are, then they're probably not. So usually if you go the opposite of what David says, you're going to be right like 99% of the time. Maybe 100%, but you know, I don't want to be hyperbolic. I want to be fair. But yeah, if anyone has an example of David saying there's no evidence at all of that, you know, whatever that is, that and it turned out that he was true, let me know. Um, some classic examples are... There's no evidence that there's trans people raping women in bathrooms. We've gone over that. Uh, oh, there's a clip right now, a guy. I think it was a school board meeting. Got this based guy. He sits there and he just, he because the school board said to him, or it might have been like a, 
a city meeting or something. I forget what the details were, but um, they, of course they said none of this has ever. I, you know, it must have been a school board because they were talking about bathroom policy. I think it was a school. So anyway, he sits there and pulls out article after article after article after article of it happening. And there was a funny part in the middle of it. One of the articles he pulled out, you might remember the story, we covered it. Um, I think the publica covered it. And it was this big, gigantic Jabba the Hutt tranny. Like this motherfucker was so big that in the video, he's holding up articles. And this guy is so big. You can clearly see this fat guy in the article that he's holding up. And he's like at a distance from the camera. It's hilarious. I'll have to try to find the video. It's pretty funny. Able to find some conjecture about this from last month, also without evidence. But I was not able to find any evidence that that's going on. Is it possible that you could make a racist bioweapon? It might be possible. So, so like a, an ethnic bioweapon hypothetically, which targets people of specific ethnicities or races or genotypes could conceivably be created. But experts and officials say it's it's not totally clear that you could do it. Uh, you might be able to genetically engineer some pathogen to target DNA markers that are specific to some racial or ethnic group. Maybe like maybe it could be done. Another possibility would be like a gene therapy that creates a virus to target particular DNA sequences. But there are many forget about the ethical challenges. Let's assume the ethics go out the window. There are some insane technical challenges to do this. And one of them is the one that often comes up in debates about IQ. There is such genetic diversity within ethnic groups that such a technology would be extremely difficult to actually do what it, I'm not saying it's impossible, but right now, extreme hurdles and no evidence that it's being done. But Bobby Kennedy says, oh, this thing has happened. Another example, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is hosting a so-called health policy roundtable featuring unhinged conspiracy theorist Sherry Tenpenny. Sherry Tenpenny is this um, uh, uh, <laughs> person. I, I, I don't want to get into the whole osteopathy thing again. She, she's a, 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 an individual who happens to be an osteopath who has um, made all sorts of insane claims about everyone you know is soon going to be dead from the COVID vaccine. And uh, all well, I mean, I'll say people that I know that took it are all having health problems. These other things. So how do we what do we make of Bobby Kennedy Jr.? Is he a viable challenger to Joe Biden? Should we support or oppose him? For me, the, the, the situation is pretty clear. Bobby Kennedy Jr. is articulate, articulate and smart. He delivers really powerful speeches, even with the struggles of, of his voice with the uh, spastic dysphonia. He still delivers very powerful speeches. He uh, appeals to emotion and reason in a way that clearly resonates with people. He has a personal story and a family legacy that can be inspirational to voters. He's right on many issues. When you look at health care and Green New Deal, um, minimum wage, criminal justice reform, voting rights expansion, uh, ending wars, Bobby Kennedy Jr. is right on many issues. On the other side, he is dangerously unhinged in some areas. The promotion of unproven conspiracy theories, the pseudoscience, this stuff really undermines some of the core structures 
that go towards public health and national security. Um, he seems disconnected with reality, quite frankly, on some of those issues. He will often attack fellow Democrats who happen to disagree with him on some of these issues. He's supported by a super PAC tied to MAGA. He seems to be gaining support from folks on the right who see him merely as a chaos agent potentially to derail Joe Biden and put a hardcore right winger in the Oval Office. So on the one hand, there is much to like about Bobby Kennedy Jr. In some sense, I would love to support the guy. Um, but based on his current positions, uh, I don't think that that's something that I can do. I also don't think he can win the nomination nor the general election uh, with the views that he has. He well, may yeah, be he, able well, to. Well, if it's a general, he has to go up against Trump. I mean, good, good night. He good may night. be able to damage Joe Biden. Um, but I don't believe that he has a path to the Democratic nomination, nor am I convinced at this point that he would have a path to the presidency if he somehow got on the ballot. Let me know your thoughts. Okay, let's see here. Um, caller, what happened to my joy? David has never had joy. He, he's always hated his job. He's always hated his audience. <laughs> I don't ever recall him being joyful. Not once. We have a voicemail number. That number is 2192 David P. Here's a caller who is worried about me. And I always appreciate concern from people in the audience. Hey, David, it's James. I was watching some of your earlier videos from, uh, I guess not, not super earlier, but videos from a couple of years ago. Right. One in particular stands out. Um, I believe it was called Caller Needs Help with Jewish Person. <laughs> And you seem like you were um, in a much better place. You were in much higher spirits at the time. You seem really? more joyful uh, than you you have recently. I was wondering, are, are you all right? Did something happen? You seem kind of down in the dumps recently. Well, I Hope appreciate right, the man. concern. Um, nothing in particular has happened. Um, certainly, the state of affairs in the United States is quite sad. That is true. So I think it would be logical as someone who's steeped in how things are going uh, to be sort of concerned. I thought everything was going great and this was the greatest economy of all time. But at the same time, the video that the caller is referring to, I believe happened while Trump was president, which was certainly a dark time <laughs> in American history. So no, I appreciate the concern. Nothing in particular is wrong. I mean, listen, let's be honest. Chasing around a baby is exhausting. So if anything could be blamed for tiredness or whatever, um, certainly it would be it would be that. But no, everything is fine. Thanks for asking on the bonus show today. Folks, we have a fantastic bonus show today. I just got back from a wedding in California. I am going to talk about uh, elements that took place on the flight, some unfortunate confrontations that took place. Not good. I'm going to talk about running into some really nice folks who watched the show while I was in the Bay Area of California. What kind of confrontation did he have? Met some great people just by chance. There was no event or anything. Just ran into some great people. Uh, I am going to talk about what else am I going to talk about? I, I have stories. I have stories from California. We are also going to talk about an investigation into the cause of the implosion of that Titanic submersible. We're going 
All right, let's see here. Caller, RFK is worse than just anti-vaccine. Oh, he's anti-Semitic. You're going to call him anti-Semitic. Let's see. Let's hear from the people in the audience. These are the most important people. We missed live calls last week because of my absence, a very timely absence, I would say. We do live calls via Discord. You can join the Discord at davidpackman.com slash Discord. And we are going to start today with George from Virginia. George from Virginia, welcome to the program. What's on your mind today, sir? Hey, David, uh, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Oh, excellent, excellent. Um, so I wanted to bring up something with RFK uh, that I think a lot of people are kind of glossing over to focus on the vaccine stuff. Okay, you're talking about Bobby Kennedy Jr., Democratic presidential candidate. Yes, that is correct. Good. Um, so he said, uh, I don't know if you saw, he was uh, had two interviews on uh, Breaking Points. With, no, uh, I didn't see that. Sagar and Crystal. I didn't see that. Oh, okay. Well, I would I would recommend you go check him out because he reveals a lot of information about what he wants to do in certain areas. Okay. And in the first one, he said something that was really troubling. Hmm. He he said that when it comes to climate change, he believes that the solution is having a a, a, a truly free energy market. Right. And when I hear that, I get very nervous because I think of Texas. Right. And and Texas has I don't know if uh, you know your viewers know this, but Texas has a deregulated energy market where um, it's supposed to drive down costs and uh, lower pollution. But I looked this up. Texas is actually one of the top ten most uh, polluted states in the country. And not only that, and they've had these issues where because their electrical system is not connected to the greater grid, when they had the winter storms, when they had the summer heat waves and power outages, they were they were basically screwed, for lack of a better term, because they didn't have uh, neighboring resources they could pull from. It's been a disaster in Texas. No, listen, I'm aware of what you're saying with Bobby Kennedy Jr. And uh, I know that he favors a very sort of like pro-corporate, in a sense, um, uh, situation when it comes to energy. And uh, I, I just don't believe that there's evidence that that actually will work. Um, there are all sorts of different reasons that we could look at, including the fact that really to get us out of the status quo in a way where we will move in the direction of truly renewable energy, there is this interim period during which we actually almost certainly, I believe certainly, will need government involvement through both regulation and subsidies. We're going to need regulation and subsidies in order to start making some really important transitions. I believe that if it's left to the free market, sure, they might happen decades later than they otherwise would and in a way that will be dramatically damaging to the, to the planet. So I, I found that video. Here's the guy at the uh, school board meeting. Let's have a look at that real quick. And then there's a part, like I said, in the middle of it where this gigantic fat slob is on a, like he just takes up the whole document. Here's the guy, this base guy. Let me uh, rewind here, put the speakers on. Here we go. Several weeks ago, in a vote to allow trans students to use whatever bathroom they wish, you assured us that these policies were perfectly safe. 
as neither yourself nor law enforcement could provide a single example of any trans student assaulting any girl in any bathroom, in any school, in any state, anywhere in all, in fact. But not to worry, since you could locate them, I took the trouble to. See, Loudoun County, Virginia, where last year, under district policy, a trans student was allowed into the women's bathroom where he assaulted a girl. To cover it up, they moved him to another school where he did it again. See Irvine, California last month, where a trans student entered the women's locker room and flashed the girls there. When they confronted him, he mercilessly beat them. This happened again in Gwinnett County, Georgia. This happened again in Oklahoma City. This happened again in Ohio, where a trans man was allowed to use the locker room where he was arrested for flashing little girls. The judge dropped the charges after he ruled that this man was too fat for them to see anything. Last month, in this city, Okay, hold on, hold on a second. A man hold on, let's using rewind. they, them let's, pronouns. Look at this again. A, look at how big this fucking guy is. Hold on, hold on. Judge I'll put it full screen. Georgia. This happened again in Oklahoma City. This happened again in Ohio, <laughs> where a trans man was allowed to use the locker room where he was arrested for flashing little girls. The judge dropped the charges after he ruled that this man was too fat for them to see anything. Now, now, Last also, month. also notice this guy. He, he, I will say for the most part, he did a good job not laughing, but he almost lost it there. Do you see? He kind of laughed a little because this is so ridiculous. <laughs> fat for them to see anything. <laughs> did you see right there? <laughs> this guy's awesome. Watch this. For them to see anything. Well done. Well done. You got to be serious, okay? You can't laugh. It's got to be difficult to not laugh. And he, 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 he did it. Good, good, good for you, sir. Last month in this city, a man using they, them pronouns in a scene straight out of Silence of the Lambs punted down and killed a female jogger because he, quote, wanted to look just like her. And before you say that these are anecdotal evidence, just note that in a survey of trans inmates in federal prisons, half were convicted of sexual assault and 90% were convicted of violent crimes well above the general prison population. Now, it should also be noted that in each of these cases, each of these perpetrators had either changed their pronouns, had undergone transition, or had received gender-affirming therapy and accommodations thereof. Why is this important to note? Probably for the same reason we recognize as a society that you do not affirm that people with anorexia can be healthy in any way. You do not affirm that somebody with schizophrenia is hearing voices. Correct. And you do not Correct. affirm that somebody in a manic episode is having great ideas. Because <laughs> when you leave somebody to languish in their false mental state, i.e. men who think they are women, they will inevitably lash out and harm themselves and those around them. Hurt people hurt other people but I don't want to pretend and have the hubris to think that I'm gonna be the one to change your mind I'm happy to share any and all of these examples with you they don't care but you will most likely leave here tonight believing that men can become women affirming care works and that you made the right vote but you will no longer be able to look into the eyes of your constituents and honestly say that you are unaware of the assaults that inevitably take place when we declare to women, you have no right to privacy. Thank you very much. Excellent. Well done. Well done. That was absolutely fantastic. So uh, the more the merrier when it comes to these types of uh, people that go to the school boards. 
Uh, and yeah, that was a good point at the end. They're not going to, they don't care. Um, it, 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 I think it was a good idea, a good strategy to basically point out that they will just no longer be able to tell the lie that it's not happening or that they weren't aware. So I thought that was pretty good. And again, that one section with the fat guy, hilarious. All right, let's see. Uh, how <clears throat> Democrats can convert Trump voters? I can't wait to hear this. What are you kidding me? Good luck. Good luck. This is Louisa. Uh, I'm in Massachusetts. And um, we're in Massachusetts. I guess. <laughs> yeah, originally from uh, New York, but now <laughs> live in Massachusetts. Not too far from Worcester. <laughs> Sweet. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I guess I just kind of wanted to talk a little bit uh, uh, as well about uh, inclusive language and I think, um, like, strategy, okay. legally speaking, uh, that we should be thinking of. Um, sorry, I'm a little nervous. No, that's all right. You're doing <laughs> and, great. <laughs> um, I don't know. Like, I, I personally think all of us should be having our eyes on the idea that we don't want anyone to have their medical care or choices dictated by legislation from outside source, anything other than like what is best medically deemed by their doctor or team of doctors. And, you know, at this current point in time, you know, we kind of, I don't know, I, I don't, we kind of see them almost like in two different fashion. Oh, you have like lots of um, bills that are threatening trans people and the care that they can receive and reproductive freedom. Right. But I kind of see them all on the same track. And honestly, it's the way how easily a lot of these trans bills have been passed that are restricting the type of medical care that trans people can get. That's right all on the same road as I think reproductive um, measures are as well. We know that they want to come for birth control, probably want to come for IVF as well. Um, I don't really, like, what is, what difference is there between them saying, oh, trans people can't receive um, hormone therapy because of their morals versus women can't have birth control because of their morals. There's no difference because it's not, you know, based on medical reasons. It's only because uh, they based in their morals. Uh, bullshit. Uh, medically speaking, these surgeries uh, uh, do not help. It's, yeah, it's, so, it is it is fundamentalism. It's, it's, exactly. it's just a religious fundamentalism. I mean, there's no, there's no, there's no, I mean, people should not um, uh, kid themselves. There may be non-religious fundamentalists who hold these opinions, but as a political matter, the vast exactly. majority of not even the vast majority the entire existence of this as a political issue is because it is being pushed systematically and um uh it is a plan it is a part of a program and programmatically i should say by uh, uh essentially theocrats and uh and it is also i mean to the extent that it's not being pushed by theocrats it is being pushed by people who want to harness the theocratic, uh, fundamentalist um, um, nature of a 
I don't know, a third of the country to their political benefit, period, end of story. That's what it is. I mean, we, we have the entire, and I, I appreciate the call. I'm gonna talk about this for a second. I appreciate it. All right, thank you. Thanks. There's, um, there's a couple of things that, there, there's a story by Ron Brownstein, I think it is in uh, uh, The Atlantic about uh, the Republican Party having like sort of th there being this realignment. And we've talked about this, you know, uh, ad nauseum. I imagine when we get to the closer to the election that we will talk more about it. But if you look at Republican counties or Republican districts in Congress, uh, the Republican Party has um, essentially there's been this shift where the white working class defined by I think it's under sixty five thousand dollars. I'm not 100 percent sure what it is. Um, and has sorted itself, the, the majority of whom now, uh, you know, uh, vote Republican. Let's be clear. Republican Party for decades has always had a majority of white people. Uh, they have always won the majority of white people. They are a party almost exclusively of white people, maybe 90 percent, maybe 88 percent. Um, but the income distribution has changed. The more educated people um, are, are voting for Democrats, broadly speaking. These are broad uh, trends. However, these same districts, they have a, um, they have a, a good opinion of uh, Medicaid and Medicare and Social Security. They also um, have greater need for, uh, for SNAP, for um, other um, uh, government programs. Yet they are hostile to these programs. Um, and they're more motivated by cultural voting. And despite the fact that it is, you know, it, it, it listen, there is no doubt that um, the Democratic Party is not um, the, the, is not the optimal party for labor. It is not the optimal party for universality. There is a huge uh, sort of neoliberal strain that took over the party starting, you know, uh, debatable whether it was uh, Clinton, but it really, you know, in many respects started with Carter, mm -hmm. um, even arguably, you know, with McGovern in terms of taking an anti-labor turn, but whatever. It, it, it has existed for, you know, these decades. But it's also indisputable that you would not get rollbacks on Dodd-Frank. You would not, um, uh, you know, uh, Social Security would not be under threat uh, were it not for the existence of a Republican Party that is, you know, uh, targeted like a laser on these things. Um, also in terms of SNAP, also in terms of like, you know, uh, child tax credit. I mean, on and on. To the extent, if you want to characterize it as breadcrumbs, I think that would be a mistake because it, it has a material uh, benefit to people, without a doubt. I mean, getting an extra 300 bucks per kid per month. Yeah, but it's not extra. Impact it's not extra. Uh, they're just taking what you would have got uh, in a refund uh, and spreading it throughout the year. That's why people were pissed off. I remember reading about people being pissed off that when it came to tax time, they were like, hey, where's my refund? So that, you're not giving them something extra people we uh we saw a diminishment of 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 child and poverty. there's a normal uh, from what i understand there's a normal uh, tax credit for people if they have kids anyway 
So it's just like, it's incredible. They're like, oh, we're going to give you uh, some more money. And people are like, okay, no problem. And then they found out, no, that's not, that's not. That's the MO, though, with the Biden administration, like with this uh, student loan thing. They're like, oh, yeah, we'll give you money, student loan. And people are like, okay. And now they're like, no, we, we can't give it to you. We're not going to give it to you. By 35, 40. I do wonder, I think Trump could, he will probably talk about this. Um, I think a good way to try to win people like that over, if you're Trump, uh, is just say, look, uh, we, we have to make the price of gas low. And if the price of gas is low, a lot of other things will come down. And that's like a real, that's like a real thing. That's a real tangible thing that he has done and he could do again. So you're not bullshitting people. Uh, about something that you can or won't do, and uh, and it's true that it will bring a lot of stuff down uh, if the price of fuel is low. So that that you know, just be like Joe Biden sold you a bill of goods. He 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 lied to you. He told you I was going to give you money, and that was total bullshit. Uh, but this is how I uh, will actually do it, and I've done it before. I think that would be a good idea. He'll probably do it. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Forty-five percent over the course of of these things. Yet it does not. These material interests are still not the primary interest of these voters. Why? Because they're racist and they just hate black people. And there's really only two answers that you can do provide. We need even more material uh, benefits for these people, which I think we do just as a matter of policy. But from a, as a political matter, um, it is unclear to me where the threshold is where that and the ability to communicate this is coming from uh you know a uh, political party um as to motivate them from a voting standpoint this is strictly we're talking about just electoral politics here mm -hmm. um the other question is how do we begin to undermine the cultural message that the republican party is espousing we, it was done in terms of marriage equality it was done. Um, and, and part of it was just because too many people knew too many people who were gay and began to realize like, oh my God, that, that it's not gonna rain cats and dogs if uh, gay people get married. Too many people, you know, I mean, uh, uh, they, they have built up myths about, you know, crime in, in New York City and uh, in Chicago and, uh, you know, and it's, it's a function of, uh, of black and brown people. I mean, they're, you, there needs to be an engagement on uh, these I, cultural issues. I, I'm sorry, there's not black and brown people committing crimes in Chicago and New York. That's that's how does that tie into gay marriage? I don't know. As yeah. well as on the material benefits that people need. I mean, it's just the fact of the matter. That's exactly right. Uh, you can right. ignore that and you're not going to be able to get to the point where you can deliver the material goods. Well, it, because... it's just it, right. I mean, sorry to cut you off, Sam, but it's just important to emphasize that because I think there's this sometimes false notion that people fall back on that, you know, if the Democratic Party really just leans into kitchen table issues, bread and butter issues, like reorients itself towards labor, which we're 100 percent in favor of, which they need to be doing, uh, supporting issues like Medicare for all, universal child care, what have you, that this kind of stuff will fix itself. And that's false as well. Like the Democratic Party needs to be doing those things that you describe. But leaving a vacuum on things like trans issues or LGBTQ, racism, all of that kind of stuff 
no, no matter what the Democratic Party does on, on those other things and providing a positive vision, then you're leaving a vacuum for that stuff to, to still appeal to people who might already have a cynicism about the Democratic Party. It's You cannot leave that vacuum from a political purpose, let alone the fact that it's the wrong thing morally to do to just abandon those issues. Exactly. And, you know, you see Biden out there. The reason why he's talking about Social Security and Medicare is, again, because, you know, these are districts where you have uh, older people versus younger people uh, who tend to vote um, for uh, Republicans in these districts. And um, he's trying to remind them that the Republicans are not your friend when it comes to these two programs that are all right, so this next one here, I wanted to, I saw this when it happened, and I wanted to cover it, and then I forgot about it, and then it turns out that Sam Cedar and Barely Attractive Emma covered it. There was a portion uh, of the Tim Pool show, because um, I wanted to see what they were talking about after they had Barely Attractive Emma on, and so it was like, I guess the next episode, and... Um, Ian just went full retard, just full retard. And Tim, one of the few things as that that Tim is very strong on, uh, is the is the um, anti pedo stuff, anti grooming stuff. His language is strong. His commentary is accurate. He he takes no bullshit from people. And he wasn't taking any pedo apology from fucking Ian. Now, I don't think Ian's a pedo. I think Ian is just on way too many fucking drugs. And he just derails and just starts giving people the benefit of the doubt that don't deserve it. I'm, I have no problem giving normal people the benefit of the doubt in the majority of situations. Um, but not these fucking people uh, who literally to your face defend, you know, pictures of of blowjobs being given to kids and stuff like that. So anyway, um, they, of course, are going to take Ian's side because he was doing apology for this fucking insanity. And again, in Ian's way. Like I, said, I don't think he is a pedo. I think he's against a lot of this stuff. I think he's just fucking... He's just out there. He's just completely out there. Um, and I could be wrong. Maybe he is. Who, who the fuck knows? But anyway, so here is uh, their coverage of it. They, they said that they clashed... This came up during Emma. your debate with him. He brought out a book. Called, what was the name of the book again? Gender Queer. Gender Queer. And uh, I caught that just briefly. And I don't know, this is not the clip of that when he does that, is it? We Wait, should, do, do we we should play clip? that, yeah. yeah. The yeah. Gen, from, from my actual oh, yeah. interview. From the actual. Let's do that. Because I want to just make it clear that he starts this out by lying and why he's lying this is um and and you asked him at one point well let's play that clip but you asked him at one point during the clip have you ever talked to a sex ed expert and i think he said uh yeah but they li live in france or something <laughs> sure. uh, you know i think he it, it, and it was pretty funny he, he didn't know the name and he didn't know what they told him mm -hmm. and i wonder what a sex expert would say about this because the reality is is that 
all of the data on this front shows that comprehensive sex education actually protects children from sexual... So that's fine and all, but anyone that would define comprehensive sex education with giving pornography uh, to to fucking children is a lunatic that should be dismissed uh, and disregarded. ...abuse because they know what is good and what is not good for them to be touched in a certain way about. It's not even about sexual abuse. I mean, that is that is obviously very Well, that's what he says is he's concerned about. Okay. Well, everybody, anybody who has a child who is not... and, And I challenge a single person who has a child and is not a religious fundamentalist to argue with this. They won't. Because... This this war on sex ed. Retard, most people, if you showed them the pictures in this book you're referring to and said, should we give this to kids? The most pe- most people would say no. And I don't think religion religion might have something to do with some of the people's answers. But most of the people would say no, regardless, was fought during the Bush years. And I'm going to show you that everything that he is talking about is completely lifted from those wars waged by fundamentalists, in this instance, Christian fundamentalists, I'm sure the Jewish and uh, Muslim fundamentalists would agree, that we should not have sex ed, period, for kids. That's what he's doing here. No, you're changing his argument. And if he ever spoke to an actual sex educator- Again, you're appealing to authority, you're appealing to, to an expert. Uh, a normal person appealing to an actual expert, I don't have a problem with, although you should be able to formulate the argument yourself without the expert, but, but a normal person, fine. Their experts are insane. Their experts uh, uh, advocate for uh, sexually explicit material to be given to children. Their experts advocate for all this crazy tranny gender stuff. They advocate for the surgeries, for the hormones. They're lunatics. So they're not experts, they're completely illegitimate. Haitian expert or researcher who was not a fundamentalist, they would have told him he was wrong. There is not What kind a- of argument is that? An expert would have said you're wrong. Who fucking cares? Don't give this shit to kids, you're an idiot. Sex ed teacher, educator, expert in the country who is not a fundamentalist, who would tell you that you shouldn't be teaching uh, sex ed to kids at a very early age, at the very least, so they know what is their private parts and what is not. But when he pulls- Again, that is not what is at issue. You're changing the argument. Holds up this genderqueer book. Understand, A, he lies about the facts in the case. This was not a book that was disseminated to elementary school kids. Lie, lie, lie. It was not even a book that was uh, disseminated to middle school kids. Okay. It was in a- again blatant, blatant, 100% fucking bullshit. A high school. So yeah. here is here is once again, once again, Sam Cedar vehemently defending pedophile propaganda being given to children. Okay, interesting. Unless you've skipped multiple grades, the youngest you could be in a high school is 14. And newsflash to Tim, a lot of kids by that point have seen things on the Uh, internet. And if they haven't, they should. Again, that's... Oh, really? So you're advocating for pornography for... I mean, you're basically doing that with this book. So in case you weren't clear on what Sam's position is, 
Sam is advocating not just for the book to be given to kids, but hardcore pornography. He wants underage uh, uh, minors looking at hardcore pornography on the internet. They should look at it. Okay, all right, Sam, you're clear. We'll rewind it. Yeah. But let's go. We'll rewind it. It's fourteen. And newsflash to Tim, a lot of kids by that point have seen things on the Uh, internet. And if they haven't, they should. Wow. But let's go through this and then we'll explain. Does he? Okay. So you're... I've not been on on board with him. So we can look at what happened. And you said parental rights. I'm curious what you mean by that. Yeah, like... uh, I'm in favor of parental rights, eh? right? right? Like... This is the dis- so it's a total lie. You're not in favor of parental rights. Santa's thing. Oh, this. No, the the gender queer part. Yeah. This is- okay. Okay. Yeah. Just to be clear. This uh, is the lead into this it. This is when you were asking him what he likes about Ron DeSantis, and he doesn't have any policies. Yes, but this is when he gets. You know, okay. honestly, I think he feels a little uncomfortable with me trying to get specific about why. Hundred <laughs> percent about his because he doesn't want to make the choice between DeSantis and Trump, or with policy, really. His his. What are his, you talking about? He's clearly on Trump's train right now. I think there was a period of time where he leaned more DeSantis, but he's very much uh, uh, pro-Trump now. And he explained uh, what policies he liked, what uh, DeSantis did as governor in Florida related to the schools and the curriculum. Differences with DeSantis and Trump are about AI usage. Um, uh, I didn't images. like his advertisement. Yes, yeah. and that's that's I mean laughably pedantic. But so then bullshit. this is when he I'm trying to corner him, and then he goes to the gender queer stuff. Parental rights. I'm curious what you mean by that. Yeah, like um, I'm in favor of parental rights, eh? Right? Like I want parents to be able to, if their child is transitioning, to be able to work with their doctor with a to plan. Mutilate the child. And and yeah. make sure to that give them hormones uh, and tes- or testosterone that's going to fuck up their long-term health. Children are not being driven to suicidal ideation, and that parents aren't restricted by the state. From, let's talk, let's talk uh, about one of his policies. From, okay, go ahead. I don't want parents to be restricted from the state right. from giving health care to their children. If I open this book yeah. on YouTube, the stream will get taken down. Okay. Did you ever read this book? No. This book is in middle schools in Florida. Ron DeSantis had it removed. That's one simple policy he did. That's okay. very good. That, first off, they were not in middle schools. Lie, lie, lie. And the story came out of uh, a, a different state. He doesn't even have his lies. Okay, so what then? So it was in middle schools. You're a fucking pedo defender, bitch. Unbelievable. The lengths these people will go to to defend these fucking groomers. Uh, straight on this. They were not in middle schools. But you said it was. It was just in another state. But you know what? I'd have no problem with them being in middle school. Of course, because you're a fucking pedophile and you would love for children to watch pornography. You just made that clear. Thank you, Sam. Thank you. Whatsoever. Yeah. And I'll show you in a, in a minute why. But they happen to be in high schools. But he needed, he's over-egg it a little bit. Right, he's got he's to juice it. This is the whole thing with what Tim Pool is doing. He's got to juice it because he's got nothing. And what, just to be clear, we're seeing a guy being deeply unserious about uh, se- child sexual abuse. Oh, totally. Yep. He's just mad. Right, so the guy that doesn't want pedophile propaganda given to children and doesn't want these children groomed by lunatic homosexual pedophile uh, teachers, he actually is being unserious about child sexual abuse. But the guy advocating for pornography for children, he's serious. Oh, yeah. About the gender uh, queer stuff. He's in middle schools in Florida. 
Ron DeSantis had it removed. That's one simple policy he did. That's very good. You've never seen this book? I've heard about it. Have you ever looked inside of it? No, but I mean, I, I don't believe in censorship. If so I show you I a picture of a blowjob, would you be offended? Um, I mean, <laughs> can I show you a picture of a blowjob? I, I wouldn't be offended. I mean, I no. think that, honestly, do you know, Tim, that the more children learn about sexual education in the way that's productive and done in schools, right, in a way that's productive, this is obviously not productive. The less likely they are to be sexually abused because they know what is good and what I is can't bad. show this image on YouTube. Uh, do you hear me though about that? So I think the more children the learn is, about sexual education, the less likely they are to be victims of pedophilia and rape. I think the, the issue is you're confusing sexual education with kink, right? So I, I'm, I'm I'm looking at this right now. I can't even hold it up because I can't point it at the camera, and uh, I don't understand why school children should be taught how to perform blowjobs for an auto androphile. I don't believe they're being taught that. The why was book this book was banned? I, I don't I don't really know again Amazon, because this is right, another case-by-case case example no 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 you asked me I am about not what in Ron favor DeSantis of censorship did. you asked I me what Ron DeSantis did that I liked that he banned so gender real quick he said he said grade schools that time so it's now he moved keeps from moving middle it. schools to well, grade again school. it's all of it bitch yeah right queer that he's I mean you had uh, multiple teachers caught explaining the first graders uh, how to masturbate and the, t the parents had no idea He's removing pornographic and kink books from middle schools is a very, very good one. And I, I, I would I would. Uh, well, for me, my politics are a little broader than that, Tim, I got to say. You, so listen, if your argument to me is that I or anyone else should support your politics because you want to show blowjobs to children, you're going to lose. Well, I don't think that that is a policy done by teachers in this country. I think that this, this book is a was in it is right now. Schools and you are defending it. Florida, there which are is a ton why of books that are in a ton of schools. I don't, <laughs> I don't believe in censorship. That's not my bag. Right. So, first of all, she does believe in censorship, uh, but she's very clear. Sam is even, Sam is even more extreme than her, because uh, I believe there was a point in this interview where she spe specifically did say that she, she, um, she wouldn't have, she would have been against if they gave the kids Playboy. Sam. It has indicated that he disagrees. So he goes even farther than Emma. You think children should have Playboy? I don't really think so. No, right, that's right. So that that's the oh, that's funny. That's the exact point I was talking about. So I don't really think so. Not the not the firmest no, not the firmest no. But I don't really think so. Whereas Sam is saying that they should be looking at it. It's pornography. Sorry. Pause it. Yeah. I mean, this this is this is okay. Look. First off. There is not a single bit of evidence online, and go even to Governor DeSantis's own website, that they found this in anywhere but a high school. Again, total, absolute, blatant lie, as ridiculous of a lie as when they say there's no assaults from trannies in bathrooms. And the idea that high school students shouldn't have access Again, to a you are changing the argument. Memoir. An anime. Now, now with, with this said, at this point, I'm done with all this shit, so I don't think it should be any fucking school, including the high school. Fuck you. Get all of your, and I mean all, 100% of all your AIDS commie bullshit. Get it out of the schools. Get it out of every school. Get it out of every college. Full political marginalization. Yes. Did, uh, a, what do you call those? A uh, graphic Not novel. Comic, yeah. yeah of you know giving blowjobs the fact that he thinks it's it's kink to uh have oral sex 
or anal sex. To hear about it in a memoir. <laughs> or to hear about it in a memoir. It's not an instruction manual, although, frankly, there should be. Right. In so he wants instruction. So not only... This is, I hope other people make videos from this. This is wild. Sam Cedar is now... So he's already made clear that he's okay with pornography for kids. Now he wants step-by-step blowjob instruction manuals for all the children. High school, I am completely for. Yep. And I'll tell you why. Because that is exactly what experts say in fact experts say oh, that you should have i'm telling you you've already seen it when they finally go full monty and advocate adults having sex with children they are going to make the exact same appeal to experts they're going to say the experts say as long as the child is consenting he can benefit have start having fairly explicit sexual education conversations with children as early as age six, because they know a lot more. Now, Tim Pool, I don't know if he has any children. So again, he's even giving you the age he wants to see this shit, six. But again, I challenge anybody, anybody who has a child who does not, who is not a fundamentalist to explain to me why we shouldn't have sex education starting in first and second grade. Well, again, you're not talking about sex education. You're talking about leftist pedophile propaganda. And getting more explicit as they go. Because by the time they're 14 or 15, I get some very bad news for you. They know just about all of it. The percentage of kids who are not aware of what a bloat or that they exist. And the real danger is when they don't know what those things are yeah. and they are fumbling around in their first instance and so get into some sort of let's, some sort of forum and i just want to say yeah. real quick like the, the context that a, a student a, a child it's dangerous for a kid to be fumbling around in his first experience what kind of bullshit is that every fucking uh, no matter what age your your first experience is it is highly likely you're going to be fumbling around not knowing what the fuck's going on, and that's normal. So so you're saying... So Sam wants fucking experts. He wants every kid to see such a high level of pornography that they're going to go into their first experience like a fucking porn star. This guy is sick, man. This guy is fucking sick. Wow. Like a gender queer child would learn about this in the context of an award-winning memoir oh the pedophile book is an award-winning book guys oh oh the pe oh well obviously it won an award so now we should show it to the kids huh oh man library is should be so much more comforting to people than like some sort of online uh than seeing porn. whatever on por i mean it, i'm not in favor of censorship or pornography either but kids at that age are seeing it but they don't have context or explanation this is about education yes, exactly. this yes. is not pornography Bullshit. pornography yeah. is gratuitous sexual acts which that you just said that they should be watching you did say that do not have any purpose that's the definition of pornography this is not pornography what he is saying is exactly what all the right-wing jerry falwell all of the uh the the fundamentalists say that any depiction this is the kind of stuff that has john ashcroft putting a sheet over a statue with bare breasts again total fucking bullshit 
That's what uh, George Bush's. But I will tell you, at least the Christians back in the day, I think what they were getting at, even if in some areas you could argue they were too conservative. Now, as far as this shit, I don't think they were too conservative as far as like exposing six year olds to this shit. Like, that's totally unacceptable. And so they were right about that. I'm saying, even if there were some areas where. You, you could argue that the Christians were maybe too conservative. I think they could probably argue the reason that they were is to avoid this situation. So there, there is an, and this is going to be interesting to see how far society shifts back because there is an argument to be had that uh, the more conservative you are in these areas, the, the less likely it is that you're going to end up in this type of situation. Now, of course, if you get too conservative, that could backfire. So there's a strategical element that should be considered. Um, that if you go like too ridiculous, then people are going to uh, completely rebel. The thing about this, though, right now, because I don't think that's on the table. Right now, I, I'm just not seeing any normie rebellion against the conservatives that are saying. And it's not just conservatives saying this. Th these school board meetings have all sorts of people. All sorts of people. Some people uh, who voted liberal their whole life that are completely in shock about what their kids are being exposed to in the school, and they're all against it. So it isn't, first of all, it's definitely not just fundamentalists, and it's definitely not just conservatives. It's normal people. Normal people are finding what's being given to the kids atrocious. Uh, and, uh, and so... Um, at least the good part is that it seems like a lot of people, once they find out, they're against it. So they don't have a majority. And I think that's why uh, they're having so much success taking over some of these school boards. Because even if a person... Like, people are actually coming together on this issue. So that's, you know, they say the country is very divided, and, and I think that's true, but it does seem like there's a lot of uniting against the commies, and I think that's good. The Attorney General doing that. This Put this up. This is the educational standards, the national, uh, national uh, uh, sex education standards. Um, this is what UNESCO uses as its basis. I want to go to grades six to eight. That is middle school. Yep. All right? sexual health define vaginal oral and anal sex by the end of eighth grade core, should that be is able to but that is the core concept define vaginal oral and anal sex then it goes on to say things that analyze how alcohol can influence the sexual decision making STDs, identify yeah. etc etc six to eight grades six to eight in grade six, you are 11, maybe 12. Yep. You can also be 10. Grade seven, 11, 12. And all this is borne out by... Eight, less, 13. Yep. By data that shows that this protects kids from teen pregnancy. Uh, again, AIDS commie propaganda does not protect kids. It grooms kids, and it should be completely removed. Yep. From rape, from molestation... All of this data is very clear, and just I just Bullshit. want to put into context why we're highlighting this particular clip here with the gender you're trying thing. Because you're trying to do damage control, because you took your mask off on the Tim Pool show, and everyone was like, wow. Because Tim is using this clip of me where I don't advocate for 
any of the things he said. Let's play that to, clip. Lie. You're clearly okay with this. To, to, no, we, let's finish it. I want the full context okay. out there of what I said here. Because there's a clip of the post-millennial that Elon Musk responded to calling me a pedophile <laughs> um, or a groomer. Good. You, yeah, you, you are. Now, look, I don't think she's a pedophile. Um, I think she is a pedophile adjacent, meaning that she does propaganda to help the pedophiles. So, um, but if people, I think groomer works w when it comes to that. Uh, I like that. Uh, that's why I think the groomer uh, word was so effective and is still so effective. Um, but yeah, you are absolutely pro-grooming. So if someone calls you a groomer, that's what you get. And th this is what he was trying to catch me in because I was cornering him on the DeSantis stuff. Yep. This is the full context. And see if you see me say anything of the sort. First of all, we already saw you say when he directly asked you if this book depicting, and I think this is the one where the child is, is depicted as giving an adult a blowjob. If I, if I, and maybe that was a different book. Um, but, but he gave you examples and was talking about pornography and you said you are not for censorship meaning that you don't want those books censored in the schools so you, so you think Tim, a blowjob you're in favor of censorship uh i yes you are, you absolutely are. oh that's good to know if you watched the show you'd know this oh you're okay you're we talk about i am, I am not in, yeah, we don't want I, to one, I want children to be able to have all the information that they need in order to including make, pornography no that's not pornography we we were we backup record everything and uh oh yeah oh yeah weird. we we had a there was a power outage keep going though keep going oh, okay i think they brought i think i think we're back yeah, we are back. Whoa. Okay, this okay. is the start it's pretty of stormy now, out. It broke your stall it's stormy? too. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's rainy. rainy yeah. Okay, I think we're live again. That was have, God striking you down. That was Tim. the YouTube striking me down. You're the one arguing for. Uh, You're the one arguing you for censorship. Yes. I've, yeah, I've, I mean, I don't, I don't really mind that stuff. I mean, do you I mean, don't really mind that stuff. Okay, you've made you made your position very clear favor of, vi of children seeing violence on television? No. That scares me a little bit more. Uh, it depends, depends. It's not so simple to say violence, right? Um, but yes, censorship is a good thing, but when done bad, is a bad thing. Yeah. Uh, for instance, uh, Ian Crossland, who is a co-host on Timcast IRL, used to be a moderator for Minds.com, and he had to filter out graphic depictions of murder and, and, and rape and child abuse. Censorship is absolutely vital in, in that in that regard so if we're talking about a book like uh in particular there was one called uh, there's a teacher who provided a book to her middle schoolers called this book is gay i don't know if you've ever heard of it i have heard that's it actually provides, a very good book and it provides instruction on children for children she provided instruction to children on how to use adult gay anonymous sex apps yeah i don't think that's appropriate now look by all means you can be in favor of them maybe she had a child maybe maybe she had a child in her classroom who, who wanted I, to go on Grinder and have sex with adults? Is that your argument? No, I mean I'm not saying that. I, first of all, I don't know. Again, this Why is another. Why would a ten-year-old need Grinder? This is this this is the thing that you do though, Tim. Oh, that you're I do. You're picking specific examples. Yes, they're picking. He picks specific examples of AIDS commies grooming children and using pedophile propaganda in the classroom. There is an overwhelming amount of these anecdotes that, when you take the entire body of evidence as a whole. The overwhelming conclusion, based on the evidence, is that you guys are fucking groomers and you are making a play at the kids. And finally, we have discovered something that is getting people uh, and getting normies to go, okay, that's enough. We've had enough. We need to do something. We need to take over the school boards. 
finally. Is it too late? I don't know. Hopefully not. But finally, something has, has come up where people are now doing something. And thus, the past, I don't know, year, year and a half, the momentum has actually swung in the other direction, which is fantastic. That you asked, no, no, right. you asked me for one. Okay, then go ahead. Uh, the island, I did. Island we have the book. Has, yeah, I'm. I'm. I said, don't fa- show children blowjobs. You said you appreciate. I'm not in favor of censorship. As I'm a, not in as favor an of objective observer, that's it. All right. So that was what the entirety. We gave more, even more context than has been circulated online. You guys tell me. Where do you see you me? You are an absolute groomer that is okay with this insanity being in the classroom. There say that I'm in favor of 10-year-olds being able to go on Grindr. You defended a book explaining to them how to do it. And you want that book in the classroom. What other possible fucking conclusion could you draw? Uh, Children seeing graphic depictions of pornography. Um, It's a complete misrepresentation. No, it is not. It's a fairly obvious observation of your ideology what I said, but that is what happens when you really don't have anything else, when there were a variety of moments in that debate where I embarrassed him. Uh, when, give me one. When did you... I mean, the only, th- the only thing I'll give you is Tim is a fucking gay pussy about his music. He's thin-skinned about his music, and he... And so if you want to say... That you you showed that okay fine I'll give you that. Other than that, he destroyed you. There was like a forty-minute period in that discussion where Tim Pool was fucking dismantling her, and I was so surprised that she allowed it. I thought you know look, <clears throat> an inevitability, <clears throat> an inevitability in any discussion like this is that at some point the leftist is going to call the conservative a Nazi. That's inevitable. That is that is that is guaranteed. I was so surprised though that it took her so long to finally do that. She she was like a fighter on the ropes and he was absolutely just boom 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 and I thought she can't allow this to keep going. She's going to have to pull the Nazi thing and it wasn't until way later that she actually then did the Nazi thing and that he's a stochastic terrorist and all this bullshit. But that that did not go well for her at all. And this is how you can tell because they do multiple videos trying to do damage control because she's getting dunked on on the Internet for being a goddamn groomer. The, and it, you can see the homophobia because they're not um, w- calling for any uh, straight person's memoir that mentions Tinder to be. Well, again, uh, AIDS commie retard. I am not aware of any sort of. Uh, heterosexual memoir being given to children uh, about Tinder. And that would be fucked up as well. Uh, right. Censored. Right. It's right. only the grinders. Yeah, right. So, so according to the AIDS commie groomer, um, he would ha- he, he's saying that this is an issue. So people taking issue with a book being given to children that, that explains to them how they can hook up with homosexuals on the internet, okay? Adults, how they can facilitate child sexual abuse, okay? If you have a problem with that, it's because you're homophobic. You're homophobic for having a problem with a book encouraging and explaining to children how to hook up with adults on the internet that are homosexuals. You are homophobic if you have a problem with that. This is 
the shit that they say out loud is unbelievable. No, there is not, you know, the idea that it's instructions on how to do this, as opposed to a story of someone who went on Grindr. Oh, oh exactly- so, so it would be appropriate to give kids a memoir when they talked about going on Grindr and having sex with homosexuals. This is unreal. Exactly the difference here. Those kids don't have access. That's a distinction without a difference. To grinder. Oh, yeah. the kids. So let me get this straight. The kids have access to the internet, and they have access to pornography. But sometime, sometime, somehow, excuse me, they don't have access to grinder. What are you talking about? How is that possible? Or if they do, it's because of, with their parents' permission. And oh yes, of course. It's totally reasonable for children to download access to Grindr as long as they get their parents' permission. When I say that these people are going to advocate for kid fucking, which you could argue that's very close to advocating for kid fucking, because what's Grindr for? It's to hook up and fuck, okay, for homosexuals. Tinder is the heterosexual one. Grindr is the one for homosexuals. If you are okay with a child having Grindr uh, uh, on their phone with their parents' permission. Are you not, by definition, okay with adults fucking children? I, I don't know what I mean. I mean that. Uh, okay. This will eventually be talked about more, because this is this is where they're headed. They are going to try to sell adults fucking children. Uh, as beneficial to children, and they are going to use academics and experts, quote-unquote, to make that argument. Let's rewind this. This is unreal. How? There is no way that this is not going to be a video looked at by other commentators. There's no way. I mean, this is unbelievable. Let's let's rewind here. Let's rewind here. Holy shit. And there is no, there is not, you know, the idea that it's instructions on how to do this, as opposed to a story of someone who went on Grindr, is exactly the difference here. Those kids don't have access to Grindr. Yeah. Or if they do, it's because with their parents' permission. If they do, it's with their parents' permission. The Homosexual Hookup Act, Act, app, excuse me, that is there to make arrangements for homosexual trysts or meetups. Sam suggests uh, is fine for kids to use if they have their parents' permission. <laughs> yeah, that is that's that's a hell of a thing right there. Nobody's advocating um, that grinder lower its uh, age of exactly uh, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly. All right. Now let's watch what how Tim is uh, representing this on a show. In fact, it's he is so. Uh, is this the clip? He Bro, is- this damage control makes them look worse. This damage control makes them look worse. So out of bounds here that his own co-host. He just mentioned him, Ian. Right. Well, there's two clips of this. One is. See, it's unfortunate that Ian, being a fucking retard, can now be used by these grooming leftists as an argument against him. But I mean, it doesn't matter. They've already completely uh, come out as pro grooming and pro uh, adults having sex with children. That it's pretty much pointless. Is him calling me the pedophile? Then the other is Ian pushing back on it. Let's okay, start well, with let's the, do the, 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 the first one. Yeah, yeah. So so badly on this that his own co-host is pushing back. We're doing the, the, the first one first. Yeah. Good. 
That's kink. That's totally different. And now we have this story. She offered a LGBTQ-themed book to her middle schoolers. Parents filed a police report. Yeah, because the book teaches kids how to use adult anonymous gay sex apps. Okay? Pause it. Again, Kendra the book doesn't teach kids to do that. It talks about it. <laughs> Any more so than oh my God. Uh, reading oh my a book God. about the Civil War teaches kids how to start a war. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. Anonymous. Right, because you can just download an app to start a Civil War. This is unreal. A sex apps. Okay? Children do not need to learn about that. I showed Emma Genderqueer, the book that depicts a graphic, graphic depictions of sex acts. And she said she had no problem with it. Okay. Then I only assume the, the, this, this, the, 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 the Occam's razor. <laughs> Emma wants children to be in positions to have sex with adults. I don't know what you would call Let's that. Let's pause that real because quick. That's Occam's razor. The idea that... Oh, it's, it's, fair, it's fairly obvious. And you boosted Tim's argument with what you just said about Grinder, pedo. One would want proper sex education for teenagers is that they want, to, they want to, them to have sex with adults. This uh, again, again, your advocacy for the idea that it's okay for a child to have grinder as long as they have their parents permission <laughs> that's like that's game over i don't that's something Vosh would say that's like something Vosh would say you know Vosh said it like if you buy a computer it's the same as watching child porn or whatever yeah yeah count down the 18 months Start a timer at 18 months, and we'll go over under to, to see uh, how long it takes for the FBI to raid uh, his fucking computer. That, that's what happened with Amos Yee. Amos Yee was out here publicly advocating for uh, children to have sex with adults, and when within, what, two years he was arrested for, what was it, either he was a pedophile or he had child porn? I mean, it's the same thing, pretty much, but uh, yeah, wow. This is Tim telling on himself. Yes. <laughs> That, that's what's going on. Because let's be clear, it's not Emma taking a stance about genderqueer. It is the American... She clearly, she clearly took a, a step. Library Association. Or a stance, excuse me. It's Pen America. It's all these places that have uh, looked at that as like, actually, this is a good memoir. Yeah, and they're uh, insane. And fuck all those people. And educational for young adults. And he pulled out a prop that he knew I wouldn't be familiar with the specifics of. And How? What do you mean? You're there to debate the issue. Uh, I mean, granted, you're a leftist and you never pay attention to any of the facts of what you're debating. But it's not on him that you didn't know the most referenced book. That picture of the kid giving the blowjob to the adult is the most referenced part of uh, of any of the books, frankly, because it's so outrageous. So, so it's basically the Joe Biden video uh, from the Ukraine thing. It's it's like the, it, it, it's gender queer. If you say, "Hey, what's like the most talked about book in all of these stories?" It's that one. Um, but of course, she didn't know the basics because that's a leftist. Leftists have no idea. I never said anything about the specifics of the book. And lie, lie, lie. You said I don't have a problem with that stuff. And now Sam has made an even worse argument than you did. 
it was just broadly against censorship because he had this pre-planned as a backstop when I was trying to corner him on things that he doesn't want to talk about, like the neo-Nazi shooter having uh, posted about his program, like his lies about abortion, like the fact... Uh, I don't believe Tim has lied about abortion. Uh, I, I would argue he lied about the Ruby Freeman tape, which was very disappointing. Uh, or maybe he was just wrong. I, uh, that was, you know, so I'm not saying that Tim has never lied. But I've not seen abortion lies. That's made up. Fact that he doesn't want to be put in a position to say, I support DeSantis on this over Trump over this because he wants to be. Well, all he just explained uh, uh, that he supports DeSantis's uh, policy in Florida and he gave you examples of it. Things to his entire audience. He doesn't have anything else. So now I'm a pedophile. This is what happens when you are a weak minded individual who gets beat up by someone that you had underestimated. Yep. Again, and he, he destroyed her. He destroyed her. She maybe got one shot in about the music, and that's his fault. He's too thin-skinned about his music. And it was cringe for him to bring up the music. Everything else he fucking obliterated her on. And in your own studio, this yeah. is what you need to resort to. Foiling. Sitting here, you asked for a specific... No, 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 keep going. Yeah. To be in positions to have sex with adults. I don't know what you would call that because I try to be fair and honest and really understand. <laughs> and so many of us want to take the position that she doesn't really want to want to hook up with kids. She just she doesn't is a tribalist who will say anything to defend the left. I just don't think we can do that because that's not the simple answer. If an adult woman, Emma Vigeland, advocates for teaching kids to use grinder and showing them porn, I can't make any other assumption other than she wants to engage in sexual activity with children. What more, what would you ask of me? Because we can try, we can try and stretch it and say maybe she just doesn't know, but it's like, dude, I showed her the book. I opened it up and showed her because I don't care about that. Yeah. It's a the, Bro, the, I, you know, I've had my criticisms of Tim in the past, uh, but he, he takes a very strong stance, stance on this shit, uh, and uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely on board. Expose these people for what they are, and if she's not a pedophile, she's acting like one. Sam's, now, look, arguably Sam is acting more like a pedophile than she is. Um, is it possible she's just fucking dumb and like Xanaxed out? Sure, but who cares? There's no reason to give these people the benefit of the doubt or to be charitable in any way. We should be uncharitable to commies. We should be uncharitable. There should be no charitability, if that's even a word, when it comes to commies. Well, the, the bottom line is completely appropriate to show high school students. Um, image that's not the argument. That's not the argument. It's again. We can put up the national sex ed standards by grade eight. Kids should know the definition mm -hmm. of anal, oral, and vaginal sex. Yep. And he is upset with ninth and tenth and eleventh. No, you're changing his arguments completely. And twelfth graders seeing a picture, a cartoon of someone getting a blowjob. Yep. He considers that kink. Does he really? Does he really consider that kink? Does he consider that to be so transgressive that he is 
accusing Emma of pedophilia. It's a bit of a stretch, buddy. It is a bit of a stretch. Bit of a stretch. Now, he's careful in saying, like, I'm assuming. Yeah. I'm trying but, to give her the benefit of the doubt, but this is how sad it is for Tim to have gotten so hammered. You'll notice in another point of the debate when Emma says, hey, all these, uh, basically every medical body in uh, the United Again, States. they are totally corrupt. They are completely corrupt and they should be disregarded and dismantled. It basically says like trans people are um, worthy of care and like actually not all mentally ill. And, uh, well, and that, again, that's insane. And from care is like part of our, our process. Tim would rather make it about some hypothetical discussion about it's not hypothetical female genital mutilation or whatever. It's and this is not hypothetical at all. Exact same thing. He wants to act like like it's radical leftists and these Correct. crazy books. Yes. But that is just like performance to like you say the evangelical freaks because yeah. everyone else knows and ev not everyone else knows. A anytime a normal person <clears throat> sees what you're doing, they turn against you. That's not good for your side. Every like library association <clears throat> and chi uh, child sexual abuse expert. Again, you can you can appeal to your pedophile experts all day and all night. You can appeal to ten of them, fifty of them, a million of them. It doesn't matter. Okay, they are completely illegitimate. They they're that they, what they say should be dismissed and they should be completely dismantled. All of these organizations need to be completely dismantled. I don't know what you do after that. Maybe have normal people uh, take over, whatever. But they are totally illegitimate. Are on the other side of these guys. Even his co-host. Let's play this. I mean, oh, even hold on his... for one second. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I just want to read something here. Yeah. Um, if parents fully understood what is being taught in the most extreme situations, they would be outraged. Imagine, for example, seventh grade boys and girls sitting in co-ed programs that require them to slide condoms on and off bananas. In one school, I'm told they even exhibited a plastic model of an erect penis. This is talking about a uh, high school class in Newport Cal Beach, California. The teacher allegedly exposed his class of co-ed sophomores to virtually every known perversion another word for kink i guess from bestiality between horses and women to eroticism with excrement he also covered other subjects in such detail i would not describe them in this book this is from a book incidentally subsequently there was a usual visit from homosexual activists presenting and promoting their lifestyles to wide-eyed sophomores groomers this kind of information yeah, groomers literal groomers 100 percent has dramatic effect on the minds of impressionable 15-year-old male and female students. I don't care how liberated we've become, that is unconscionable. Most parents never have an opportunity to examine the curriculum taught in sex ed courses. I took a detailed look at some of the typical programs several years ago after I received a volume of material from a member of the White House staff. He asked me to investigate how educators are approaching the topic, and he was shocked at what I, uh, he had learned. I shared his alarm. Incidentally, this is um, an excerpt from a book written by James Dobson and Gary Bauer. If you're not... <clears throat> Based Dobson, he was completely correct, and whenever that was in the 90s, he was correct. 
I don't know uh, a lot about James Dobson, uh, but whoever wrote that passage was completely correct about this subject, and he should have been listened to back then. I don't, I'm not saying he should have been listened to about everything. I have no idea what his other positions are, but what he just wrote there, yeah, it's insane to bring in uh, homosexual activists uh, who talk about... Uh, uh, well, I, let, let, let's separate. I don't think the homosexual activists are talking about women fucking horses. But it seems like what's being talked about there with the children is women fucking horses, people, what, eating and having sex with shit? I, I don't know. Okay. Yeah, that's, you, you shouldn't be, no teacher should be teaching that shit to the kids. Okay, and so if you want to put in the mix homosexual activists, given what we've seen of the homosexual activists for these past however many years, yeah, none of that shit should be going on in the school. Get the fuck out, Tommy. Familiar with them, look them up. Dr. James uh, Dobson uh, was hmm. the head of Focus on the Family. All right, well, they were on to something, apparently. A right-wing fundamentalist organization, incidentally. Okay, so yay for the fundamentalists there. Point for the fundamentalists. Uh, his uh, his uh, parenting book uh, told you that if you were a guy, take your kid into the shower to show him that you got a bigger penis, I should say. Right. Um, which is supposed to maintain your dominance. Well, it, but you would have had no problem if one of the homosexual activists did that with a child. But this was written back in 1991, I think it was. Yep. Hmm. 92. This Tim Pool's right-wing fundamentalist playbook, and this is when I say that it's all religious fundamentalism. Mm -hmm. Tim doesn't... Again, Tim's not religious. ...realize that he's uh, channeling right-wing fundamentalism. He would claim, I'm not a fundamentalist whatsoever. I mean, he doesn't realize that just because that's the talking points that he finds that gets him whatever, uh, where he's trying to position himself. But that's what he's doing. Yeah. Understand, this is fundamentalism being... Uh, essentially whitewashed through people like Tim. And because Emma called him out on it and showed him for the farce that he is, knowing nothing about sex education. Again, that's total bullshit. She got destroyed. Lied. He lied. And this is what- the he, he did lie. You're making that up. He did not lie. The, the, the he has to go and then go on and say that she's a pedo. And that's the thing is like, there. he's been doing this to people with a ton less power than than me right to a random teacher or yep. somebody right he's been doing it and he's been completely fucking accurate who doesn't have a, a platform to speak out and, and say this is clearly not my intention or what i said but, he but we saw what you said and uh, and then sam not only backs you up but makes him look like a worse pedo turn that on me because I embarrassed him so thoroughly. No, you didn't embarrass him. Like I said, I'll give you the music thing because that was cringe and he's cringe about the music. Other than that, he destroyed you. And I made him into a joke uh, that no, he no. needs to indicate to other people that might be on the left or left of center that might be coming on his program. You don't do this. Yeah. You don't come in here and be adversarial <laughs> yeah. and go after me. Exactly. This is a warning sign because I'm going to come oh on my on my God. next show and I'm going to call you a pedophile and yep. say that I'm your the only assumption you can draw based on words you didn't say 
uh, lie. It's based on words you said very clearly and then doubled and tripled down. And then your co-host here with the ladies' glasses took it to the next level, a level that you didn't even take it to. That you want to have sex with children. And Tim's upset because when he had a Nazi on there who uh, uh, inspired a Nazi shooter. Okay, so uh, again, the, uh, the pedophile is now making up insane bullshit, claiming that he, not only did he inspire the uh, neo-Nazi shooter gay op, but apparently had him on the show as a guest. Um, he was called out for it. And, and, and I'll be clear, go back and watch that, uh, that, that interview. It's not like we're inviting David Duke on and we are challenging him on all his racist perspectives. Tim didn't challenge this person at all. That's right. So the made up interview where the shooter uh, uh, went on the Tim Pool show, Sam is now indicating that he didn't, uh, Tim didn't push back enough. So this is quite a revelation why uh when a nazi shooter was inspired by it he could watch that and see all of his ideas validated but let's get to where tim's own co-host basically says uh dude what are you doing i haven't seen this yet because it's wwe to them so i'm like we, we can have her on the show and i said it would be with another person to discuss ideas so we got sean fitzgerald and what does she do help her before the show we were like hey let's open with crime and talk about jordan williams this guy in new york who's you know he was a black guy people are saying he's not getting the same support as uh, uh penny because he's black and she goes yeah of course absolutely as soon as the show starts what does she do e-drama <laughs> wwe garbage i think uh majority report primarily is like a comedy show slash it's more like the daily show like that's so that's not true uh, again just completely gone uh, obviously, do the show however you want. Have whatever co-host you want. It's your show. Um, this dude is just gone, like a comedy show. A am I what, like the David Pakman show is a comedy show? David Pakman and Sam Cedar are not comedy shows. They're not like The Daily Show. It's just not like that at all. Anyway, it's crazy. That, let me let me finish, please. Uh, and. It's the, whereas this show's more serious, and I think they both, <laughs> Sam and Emma, get a, get a kick out of making you upset. Like it's just part of like the, Ian, the pushing your Ian, friends around when you're this little. This is not. Hold this up. Is, this is not. No, no, no. I'm, I'm I'm stopping you. I'm sorry. This is not me being like, oh, I can't believe I got dunked on it. This is Emma advocating Ooh. for pedophilia. No, it's not. She yes, cut her off. Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. At a minute and five, I was watching Dude. this clip. I watched the show live. You cut her off at a minute and five in the clip and didn't let her talk about what she said. Maybe the teacher has a student in her class. That's and you cut her off. And that was the end of it. She couldn't explain no, herself. That, that was not the end of it. She explained herself in detail. The conversation was like a half an hour. Airway, yeah. watch the full episode. Yeah, I did. Exactly. I watched it once. Yeah, no, she goes into greater detail. We talked for like 20 minutes nope. about how she was like, she explicitly said she did not care if 10 year olds were shown blowjobs. I think she's out of line. She so now, do you want to, this is why this guy is totally gone. So now he immediately pivots back and says, well, she was out of line. You just said that Tim didn't allow her to talk and she wasn't doing any of that. And now you're saying she's out of line. Now, look, like I said, have whoever you want as a guest and as a co-host, but this isn't even coherent. I could understand if you want a person on that's going to play devil's advocate and if he goes full devil's advocate, I mean, that's that's on you if you want to go uh, devil's advocate in defense of a pedo, uh, but whatever, okay? 
But then, like, in two seconds, you just switch back immediately. That's not coherent. That's not coherent. That's insanity. That's total insanity. But that's Ian. I mean, he's just fucking, he's out there. He's not. If, I think if you need you, censorship for if stuff you like think that. That's an argument I'll have. They're, they're having a show where they advocate for pedophilia at a time where they're chanting, we're coming for your children, and they produced a 50-person chorus called, we're coming for your children. Ian, take the blinders I off, think, man. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think there's a... That's a viral video of a pride parade where they're jokingly... Oh, guys, they're just joking. Guys, they're just joking. Chanting, we're chatting for your... Uh, and we're you, pr your you produced this? I, apparently, I did. Hmm. <laughs> apparently. I guess somebody... So he didn't say that he, she produced it. Although, you just said that he had the neo-Nazi shooter on as a guest one time. Moonlighting on the show. Yeah. Sorry, that that's the big sign that yeah. some they did a chant. I mean, thank you, Ian. No, that's one of the many things, pedophile. It's very much appreciated that you... He just said, though, retard, fucking barely attractive retard. He just said you were out of line for defending blowjobs to kids. Are you even listening to the clips that, they're, that you're using to support your argument? Are you even listening to them? Unbelievable. The, the, the Xanax-induced haze must be extraordinary. Because I just heard Ian say she was out of line for that. And she just said, thank you, Ian. What the fuck? You provided that pushback to Tim, and he got very upset again. Well, because his homeboy there was at least seemingly defending pedos. I don't want to go too harsh. I don't think uh, Ian's a pedo. I don't think he is pedophile adjacent. I think he's on way too many goddamn drugs. And he's totally out of his league being on a show where debates are happening. Now, sometimes it's funny. Sometimes it's fucking funny. And I'll tell you, there is a place, you know, I try to be fair. I do like people. I've known people like Ian. <clears throat> people like Ian are great to get high with and, and, and to do psychedelics with. Because you can have conversations with those people that are totally fucking insane. You can have totally insane acid trip conversations. And, and I, I, I'm partial to those because I have a nostalgia towards those because I used to do a lot of drugs when I was a teenager. But on a show like this, in this moment, that's not... You don't want high talk. You don't want insanity in a moment like that. But it's, like I said, it's Tim's show. He can do what he wants. Again, he got upset in that instance. Totally lying. I mean, and... Uh, and, and As if these things are like guides to do blowjobs. Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> it's hilarious. But Sam said that it's okay. It, they should have guides to do blowjobs. Um, Their arguments aren't even coherent. But I don't want that just to be the focus of the interview, because that's what Tim wants. No, right? we, I, I would like to. Well, you took uh, almost a half hour. Well, we but I do think that, like, listen, Palestine. I do think this yeah, is an important thing. Good. Yeah, well, I want to get to that. But I do think it's an important thing to understand that this is an assault on sex education. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. It is a fundamentalist assault on sex education. Ron DeSantis does this, finds this uh, one book in a, uh, a high school. It's like hundreds. School classroom. Uh, unnamed, incidentally, uh, classroom that they supposedly founded in in uh, in a Florida school. We don't know what school it is. The only specific indication of this is from uh, a different school in a different state by a parent. So uh, can I just say that in the in the video where he called where Tim alleges that yeah uh, yeah get on record because we already have three of the four of you clearly uh, uh, defending pedophiles and groomers. So uh, I'd like you to get on the record too. Emma is a pedophile sympathizer. He's looking at a Snopes article about the book, This Book is Gay, being available in a Pierce County library in a Pierce County middle school in Florida. 
that's not the book that he told Emma was it was available. No, yes, it's yes, it is. That's the book about the grinder. That's the book about the grinder, and that's the book and and what brought Sam out to say that it, it, it it's acceptable for children to have grinder if they have their parents' permission. And again, if in case you're not clear, grinder is explicitly a gay hookup app. That's it. That's what it's for. That's what it's for in high schools in Florida. That's genderqueer. The only available example of genderqueer being available in Florida is in a Pinellas County Again, Tampa Again, you're cherry-picking, and you he even admitted, your dumb pedophile boss here, admitted that it was in other middle schools in the country. Area high school. That's it. That's it. And, and so, I mean, he's lying. He's conflating these things. No, he's not. Things. But the point is, he's carrying water for this fundamentalist notion. So he's carrying water for the fundamentalists that were clearly anti-kid fucking and they were uh, light years ahead of everyone else. Okay, no problem. Carry water for them. Like I said, I don't know in the, if it, how they were in other areas. I imagine I would find areas of disagreement. But I, I'm sorry. I'm not going to criticize someone for being three decades ahead when it comes to all this homo shit. Credit to that guy. And they were demonized. And they did the same playbook. What was it? Perkins? I remember all these motherfuckers. They did the same playbook that they're doing now. Now, look, some of these guys said wild shit. Uh, I do remember, like, Brian Fisher said wild shit. But you know what? Who cares? These guys are clearly advocating for adults having sex with children. Uh, and uh, so Brian Fisher, whoever the fuck else you want to bring out, is better than these people. Um, and I don't care. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. Pastor, you see Pastor Anderson? You ever see Pastor Anderson? He, he, there, he's got some all-time rants. And uh, I remember the first time I saw Pastor Anderson, I was like, man, that guy is fucking harsh. But I was also very entertained, and I even used his, um, his uh, um, nuts and bolts demonstration in an early video uh, when I was doing standalone videos on this channel because it made me laugh so hysterically because it was it's hilarious um but my my reaction was man that motherfucker is harsh he is really over the top harsh now i totally understand why he took the position that he did i fucking completely get it now i see oh that's why that motherfucker was so vehement oh right okay okay i cool okay i understand i get you i got you I got you. So, uh, yeah, all these other guys uh, on the right. I, I hope there is a way, that we, if this is all said and done, that the more conservative, even you could argue theocratic right, I hope there's a way to exist with the people who are not theocrats. Like, I'm not going to be a theocrat, okay? There's no way I'm going to be a theocrat. But I also, I would argue I'm easy to get along with because... Just don't fuck with me personally. It's really my... That's my standard now. Don't fuck with me personally, okay? That's really it. So you can... Frankly, as long as you're not causing strategical backfire... See, this, that's the thing. Strategical backfire is what I'm concerned with. If there's no strategical backfire, I don't give a shit as long as you're not coming into my personal fucking apartment. That is where I am, okay? So have at it. We'll see what works. And I'm going to sit back and I'm going to observe... And I'm going to go, oh, look at this. I, interesting. 
but you're not going to get it. You're not going to get uh, beef with me unless you fuck with me personally, or if what you're doing is causing normies to get pissed off and join the left. That's when you got to reconsider your your tactic. You don't have to reconsider your beliefs. Keep your beliefs, whatever. But tactic-wise, if it starts to backfire with the normies, you have to, I think, recalibrate and and reconsider your your strategy. Again, though, so far I'm not seeing any backfiring. Um, you could argue there's there was a little bit with abortion, maybe with the midterms. I think there's some truth to that, but then of course you know. But I I don't know. You know, it's difficult. This is the problem. It, it's difficult to really measure that when you have insane uh, 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 election fraud. So how do you how do you really determine? You know what I mean? But I do think there's probably some backfire there. Um, but uh, but yeah no and so we'll see what happens but so it's because it's so funny when commies are like trying to bring in focus of the family who used to be a boogeyman for liberals and when I was a retarded liberal uh, the focus on the family was like oh these crazy people now in hindsight while there certainly would be areas of disagreement uh, I would take focus on the family ten times out of ten compared to these people uh, it, it's not even close that there should be no sex ed and it, mm -hmm. it is a way of i mean the, they're working backwards i mean it used to be like remember like when we 15 years ago these same people were saying that you cannot give girls who are 12 and 13 the hpv vaccine which has seriously inhibited cerv cervical cancer see i have no idea if that's true i have no idea because it would encourage them to have sex. That's the mentality that we're talking about here. And, and make no mistake about it. Like, the idea that they would say that if you advocate... Again, again, though, but Sam, compare that with what you just said on this show. It's not even comparable. Now, on its face, do I think if uh, girls got an HPV vaccine, it would cause them to be more sexually active? That doesn't make sense to me. I would think the issue with the HPV vaccine would be side effects. And are they telling the truth when they say that it's safe? That would be my number one concern if I was faced with that. Um, the whether or not it makes them more sexually active, that's a side issue compared to the side effects. Now. That doesn't seem to make sense as far as they would be more sexually active. I think it would depend on the girl and depend on the situation. That doesn't really make sense to me. But just let's so let's say that that's a crazy argument. Okay, let's just say that's a crazy argument compared to what Sam just said that children could have grinder if they have their parents' permission. These things are not even comparable. One maybe is a little kooky. That could lead to what like um um what like what's the down what's the negative like you don't give the vaccine you know yeah that might be good anyway if it's not safe and you know given the track record here i i have my doubts now but again i haven't looked into it so i can't say compared to you saying that grind that kids could have grinder with their parents from it's just not you're just not comparable with the fundamentalists it's just not, you're not comparable. You're not comparable. Girls getting uh, HPV vaccine, or if you advocate sex ed, age-appropriate sex ed. You're not talking about age-appropriate sex ed. You're talking about insanity. Which he knows nothing about. Zero. He has no kids. 
Robbie doesn't know anybody who has kids. None He's completely alienated from I, I don't think you need to have kids to know that it's insane to suggest that in any way it would be acceptable for children to have grinder as long as they had their parents' permission. That's one of the craziest comments I've ever covered in my almost seven years of doing this. Family, as far as I can tell. Based upon what and I don't see how that does not go viral. How do people not get a hold of this and start doing commentary on it? This is fucking crazy. Father says on video. Yeah. And the guy that he's espousing this, he is just talking right-wing fundamentalist talking points. Uh, who cares? Who cares? Period. End of story. Okay, who cares? That's irrelevant. And he's the right. the fact that he has to... It's irrelevant, and Tim Pool was right in this regard. ...say, which is laughable, with all due respect, that... Um, Emma is a pedophile is an I mean, indication she's at least a pedophile adjacent at least a pedophile adjacent of just <laughs> how, how much is feet if anything if anything if I could critique what Tim said there and I liked the strong words it would have been a good time to talk about pedophile adjacent I was watching someone the other night a commentator and they started talking about I don't think they used that term but that but they were talking about it and I was like this is fantastic like you just see all these people and I'm not saying it's because they watch my show I'm saying it's because they're making obvious observations about what's going on but the key is they're talking about it which is great I forget who it was I was watching but they were talking about the people who enable the pedophiles because it's a combination of people it's pedophiles but it's also pedophile adjacents i forget what they what term they use but it was very similar and i was like this is good this is good and it was a person you, you know the people i watch generally have much larger audiences than i do for the most part not always but for the most part and i was like see this is good because people are listening to this maybe it's the first time a member even if it's a few people in the audience if it's the first time that they've heard of the concept and then they start thinking about it, you know, because anything that'll wake someone up to what they, their kids are possibly being taught in the school is very good. So, yeah, I was happy to see that. Fees have been hurt yeah. by her not sticking around and having sushi and looking at his cool skate park. Skate park yeah. I mean, that's, that's no, what... He, he, he pointed out that the skate park is obvious, so for you to lie about it is weird. That's the only thing responses he's had is the skate. You lied about the skate park, uh, which I didn't see. What I the, the, I was thinking about the indoor one. Who cares? Uh, and the pedophilia stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's just. Um, and, and he can get his red face and indignant on his show, acting like he sincerely has that concern. But we all know that it's a cope. No, we all know that he received a ton of mockery over the weekend. From he's, who? Eight commie pedophile leftists. Dumb bitch, he doesn't even give a fuck when, like, reasonable people criticize him. He's immune to it. When people, when reasonable people were trying to reason with him on uh, Eliza Blue, he didn't give a fuck. He's a stubborn motherfucker. So if he didn't care what reasonable people who are worthy of respect said, you think he gives a fuck about a bunch of you people that advocate for kid fucking and, and ridiculous bullshit? He doesn't give a fuck about that. Stewed on it. He stewed on it. And he came in and he said, this is my best tactic to oppose her because he had nothing else except to put words in my mouth. Yeah, he and didn't put words in your mouth. You were very clear. And then, then Sam was even clearer. And I don't know. I mean, there's 
there's a lot of things I could say that I have more of a kind of knowledge base about, about Tim, that I wouldn't. Um, You've already said all those things. What do you mean? You've already said that he is a homosexual and a pedophile in the past. Because that's what you say about everyone that criticizes any of this shit. You say that they're either home closeted homosexuals or they're thinking about kids. Cenk Uger does it. They all do it. Partially because I don't want to throw anyone under the bus or so say... So now, now are they going to get into the Anna Kasparian? They, they have some sort of sexual blackmail on Temple? Anything. And also because I'm a little bit less... I don't know, reckless with throwing out accusations. No, you're out not. You constantly call people Nazis. So what are you talking about? You're getting a taste of your own medicine. That could potentially get me sued. Yeah. Oh, you're not going to fucking do a goddamn thing. Nice try. But Sam, you'll go on and talk about apparently his accusations about this us inspiring mass shooters and calling... 100%. Yep, so that, that's if still open. Come yeah, on. but Sam is desperate to go on and uh, express to me like where we inspired uh, mass shooters. I am more than open for that conversation. But I'm a dick. And so <laughs> Tim won't have me on. I yeah. heard his fee You'd be the first dick on Joe Rogan and Tim Pool's shows. Mm, that's right. <laughs> and, he, and he said it was water under the bridge and then no, it's just you're a dick. Yeah. Um, I'm a dick. And I will say that uh, Emma, you are far more um, appropriate with uh, things that you hear about than I am. I would, uh, I will respect your decision. Hey, go do an interview with Jim Jordan, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, so I think they're saying that Tim Pool has some sort of sexual allegation against him. Down with a, a, a actual pedophile, actual, uh, like, uh, predator, um, uh, cover-upper, uh, enabler. Yeah, yeah. Talk, him, talk to him about the internet. Right, okay. So now and then the, okay, so that's, that's what they do. That was incredible. That was fucking incredible. Now, this is next... I, I don't even know which one is worth. This is a lot of fucking propaganda to help pedophiles. Let me read some of these super chats, and then we will uh, get into this fucking almost unbearable video from Mikey Michael, the rabid homosexual from the Humanist Report, who does damage control for what else? Homosexual pedophiles. Uh, but before we do that, Black Knight Leader says, Happy 4th of July. When's the next call-in, by the way? Gary Busey's birthday was June 29th. I think we just had it last week. Was it last week? I think we had it last week. It was cool. His real son played as his character son from Predator 2 and Predator 4 in Halo Caps Keys. Halo Caps Keys is based on him. Is Predator 4 any decent? Any? Uh, is it any good? I would think a lot of those movies are cucked at this point. I like Predator 2. Uh, I, like, I like the first two. I don't think... Did I see any other ones? I think... No, I think that's it. Cooper Sees the Truth says, I don't believe in censorship. What a lying bitch. Um, wasn't Emma the stupid bitch who, after Tucker was fired from Fox, said she... See, guys, censorship works. I think that was AOC. But I imagine, since they're all in lockstep with their opinions, that she agreed. I imagine she agreed. Um, oh, who was the fucking idiot? Oh, was it? Yeah, uh, Farron Cousins was saying that no one's watching Tucker Carlson. It, it's hilarious. He's like, yeah, Tucker Carlson's a loser. No one's watching him. 
Unbelievable. Tens of millions of views. No one's watching. Two Supernova One says, here's another super chat for how much of a piece of shit Cedar is. He's literally looking for some angle of attack to justify boys having sex with homosexual men. How about never? Yeah, unreal. That's That comment about Grindr is one of the top... Yeah, it might be the... Is it the craziest thing someone has ever said that we've covered? It's up there. That's up there. That is definitely up there. Um, two, super, two Supernova One says, Hey, HB, I hear the Pedos into the Woodchippers Minecraft mod is coming out in a couple weeks. The feature art showed a character sprite that looked like Sam Cedar. Fair trial first, of course. Oh, that's interesting. So they're incorporating fair trials into their Minecraft mods? That's a great idea. I'd love that. I love that. I'd love to sit in on some fair trials. I, I am hard fair trial bastard, so you know that, that would make sense. I am all about fair trials. Absolutely. Cooper Sees the Truth says, I'm not buying this story about the guy calling himself a recovering bigot. I'll tell you, what is more likely? The guy is a disgusting kid fucker, and he saw that the Rainbow AIDS commie support and pushed for child fucking to be legal and socially accepted. So yeah, him and trannies are natural allies. Well, that is one of the things that happened in the Jehovah's Witnesses once it kind of got out there that the Jehovah's Witnesses had a... Um, had a uh, reputation for being a uh, quote-unquote pedophile paradise because pedophiles were just moved from congregation to congregation and the police were explicitly not called. Um, so there were some stories about that. So it wouldn't surprise me if this was also happening in the, uh, in the uh, LGBT activist world. Um, could also just be a plant from a Democrat operative could just be a publicity stunt but uh it's just uh, there's no there's no apologize there's no sorry there's no um road to redemption with leftists we've known that for many years so the whole story on its face is completely fucking preposterous all right let's uh have a look here in Streamlabs. um the jogger legacy foundation says, and I quote, Amazon has a $6 George Floyd mask that is just a printout of his bloated face with an elastic string across the back. The frequently bought together section lists the blue baseball cap with the words, please be patient, I have autism, written on the front. That is interesting. That is, that's quite the combination. That is, uh, that is uh, quite the combination so it does look like some of the George Floyd stuff is, uh, is uh, sneaking through Amazon because they're very censorious. Very censorious. Uh, they will be very quick to remove anything that lunatic activists find offensive. All right. Let's see here. One moment. Let me... Uh, it's going to load here. All right. Now, next one. Pizza nigga says, and I quote, HB, my nigga shit. All mines drivers done got got. And now eyes can't sell no pies. Eyes guess capping them niggas foe a discount ain't working. Now they done shit off mines power. Oh, they shit off your power? That's a hell of a thing. I hate when that happens. Usually they give you a notice, but you know, you probably. I imagine you don't really 
function at a level where you're getting your daily mail and opening it and reading it. Just guessing, just guessing. So now I's got to run an extension code, C-O-W-D, to the Arab run gasto to steal theirs. Well, I imagine those Arabs will probably not be too pleased when they find out about that. You got to watch out. Got to watch out. Silky Johnson says, how fucked up is it, HB, that retards like Sam and Emma have to come out to do damage control, that they are very pro-pedo because their side will eat them alive for not being pro-pedo enough. Sam has definitely abused his kids or allowed it to happen. I have no idea, but the shit he just said in this video was insane. And you can't fault people for drawing a conclusion a fairly simple equation like 2 plus 2 equals 4. Holy shit. Ratio Nelson has a link. This is apparently a story from 2004 where the gay kingdom declared war on Australia. I didn't know the gay kingdom exists. Sounds kind of gay. And uh, so it's some, I I guess, uh, what is this, a mentally ill person that wrote an essay on the gay kingdom and how they're declaring war in Australia. I imagine Australia didn't really give a fuck. Uh, I do wonder if you're going to start to see, as they continue to lose, more um, more violent rhetoric from leftists and some sort of like, you know, they. you saw a few days ago they, they had a bunch of celebrities sign their name to this document where they're calling for more internet censorship. It makes me wonder if you're going to start seeing kind of like more explicit calls to violence with then, you know, maybe not signatories, but... Uh, Kind of like what you saw after the tranny shot the kids um, when that one group came out and said, this is what happens when you hate, which is basically like, if you don't obey us, we're going to keep killing your kids. All right, here we go. Here is one of the more despicable AIDS commies from the Humanist Report. Defending pedophiles chanting that we're coming for your children and also criticizing NBC for reporting it claiming that NBC was duped. Oh, my goodness. This is a hell of a thing. Oh. You just watched a viral clip from the New York City Hold drag march. Hold on, let me rewind one second. Twi- let me rewind the whole way. Okay, all right. Okay. You just watched a viral clip from the New York City drag march and the Twitter user who posted that video pointed out that the crowd was chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children and adds, they're not even hiding it anymore. Nope. Now the video was quickly picked up by Timcast and prompted outrage by conservatives like Charlie Kirk who chimed in saying, when they tell you who they are, believe them. Correct. Now, when I saw the video for the first time, after being primed to think that the entire crowd was actually chanting, we're coming for your children, I assumed that they were being sarcastic and trying to of mock course. conservatives. Who yes, called- of course, guys, it's just a joke. Drag queen. Ignore all the pedophile grooming shows where uh, tranny uh, drag queens uh, strip in front of children and expose their cocks. Ignore all that. Groomers. But at the same time, admittedly, I did kind of roll my eyes at it because I felt irritated that there was ostensibly nobody there with enough self-awareness to realize that the optics of that are bad and it is going to be used to... Uh, It's not an optics issue. It is what your side is. 
demonize the entire community regardless if they're just being sarcastic. The context doesn't matter. Joke or no joke, it's going to be weaponized against everyone. And this isn't something that I'm usually... This is funny that he's worrying about this years too late. Years too late. Bro, the process has already begun. The only question is how far is it going to go? That's, that's really what we're waiting to see here. But the, the pushback has begun. Uh, uh, pressure has been put on companies to drop pride stuff. And that's, I think, just the beginning of this. People are done. People are done. Hypersensitive too. Like I personally like edgy jokes myself, but in the middle of an anti-LGBTQ plus hate crusade where conservative propagandists are specifically smearing queer people as groomers and pedophiles, Regular folks who watch that aren't going to automatically assume that they're joking. See, right? this is what you're just totally full of shit. If you were genuine in your concern about the pushback, you would be doing what gays against groomers are doing. So there's uh, gay people who are speaking out against this shit. You would be doing what a small, small handful of drag queens would be doing. It's there's more gay people speaking out about the uh, speaking out against this shit than there are drag queens, unless I'm missing them all. I've seen like two drag queens publicly denounce this kind of shit. You know the drag shows in front of kids, whereas like the amount there's a lot of gay people on the internet that are talking out uh, speaking out against this shit. Now what do you do when gay people speak out against? obvious unacceptable bullshit you demonize them you call them nazis <clears throat> so you're full of shit you're full of shit you don't care what the collateral damage is because this is about political power to you this is about subjugating your political opponents even when it's obvious you're losing you're still going to stick with the game plan but you're going to pretend that you're concerned about the pushback which you're not Right. So the video was frustrating to me and probably to a lot of other people who just felt, really, why are you doing this? Why are you giving them ammunition? Right. And I just want to emphasize they don't have to give us ammunition. Uh, there's there's plenty of it. I hear that I'm not usually one to engage in respectability politics and scold every single queer person who's not always on their best behavior in public because we're not monolithic. Right. But maybe don't go out of our way to give the right ammunition, especially when this smear in particular is being used to justify legislation that takes away the rights of drag queens, for example. The problem, however, with everything that I'm saying and everything that conservatives thought that they were saying is that the crowd was not actually chanting, we're coming for your children. What we actually heard was just a couple of people very close to the camera's microphone who oh. were chanting it, but in actuality, oh, the crowd itself- yeah. Guys, it was only a couple people. Now, the few people that chanted Hang Mike Pence, well, that's applied to the entire group. But in this instance, guys, it's just a couple people. It's just a couple people. Now, remember the homosexual advocates in the NBC article? that had been stalwarts in the gay community for years, they said that, of course, we've said this. It's been a part of pride for years. Oh, man. Self was chanting, we're not going shopping. Now, this was explained by Marla Alpert in a TikTok who gave us the additional context and re-showed oh. us the video. And once you see what she says, 
you view the video in an entirely oh, different yeah. light. So let's watch. Sure. Debunking bullshit from bed. It's not even 8 a.m. Stick around for this one. Oh, whatever you say, dude. Nice pajamas, dude. So this guy came to my comment section to tell me about this video. Conservatives are passing that around as some kind of proof that queer people are coming for their children. No, 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 no. That's not what we use as proof. We use your literal grooming in classrooms via propaganda. Uh, we uh, are using the cases of uh, pedophile teachers sexually assaulting uh, and having sex with minors. That is the evidence that you're coming for the kids. This is just you guys being fucking um, in your face about it. Go watch that clip again. The person saying we're coming for your children is the person behind the camera, the person who posted it, who's an agitator. Bullshit. And everyone else is shouting, we're here, we're queer, Bullsh we're not going shopping. Bullshit. Again, there's plenty of people saying it. You are delusional. Person but that's not surprising because you also think you're a woman. So, Very rudely, why would they be saying shopping? Get your head out of your... First of all, I think the question that any actually critically thinking person mm. would ask themselves is, why would they be shouting we're coming for your children if this is some devious plot to get your children? It's not a devious... I mean, I guess, what's the definition of devious? Secret? Let's look up devious. Let's get the, uh, let me use this Ojama King window because uh, devious. What's, what's the devious definition? Showing a skillful use of underhanded tax, tactics to achieve goals. I mean, part of the plan is devious. I would say you could argue the, this uh, plan was devious until recently. Recently it got blatant and in your face. Um, certainly, you know, I think you have, in order to, like, groom a child, that's a devious thing, right? You're using underhanded tactics. You're trying to kind of do it in secret without the parents knowing. For example, when they specifically have policies in the schools to not inform the parents of gender transition, that's devious. I'll, I'll give you that. But um, it's the coming for your kids uh, tactic and, and the plan to come for the kids is being done boldly, proudly, and in everyone's face. So that's a bad argument on your part, Tranny. Everyone knows groomers like to announce themselves rather than they hiding. They are absolutely announcing themselves while they're doing it right now. In your churches. They're saying we're not going shopping because the message is anti-rainbow capitalism and corporate pride. Especially this year, where brands like Bud Light and Target have shown that they are not allies and then it's all just for profit. That's why they're saying we're not going shopping. Stay sharp, buddy. Nice try, Tranny. Tranny groomer. Mind blown, honestly. Oh, now, mind blown. The homosexual groomer, uh, his mind is blown. Let's watch it again, because oh, now that we yes. haven't been primed... Now that we've been lied to, and they're insulting our intelligence, let's rewatch the video. To assume that the entire crowd is chanting that they're coming for your children, 
you can now see that most of the crowd in actuality is clearly chanting, mm. we're not going shopping. And you can only see about three people, the guy behind the camera. So now uh, it was one person who was an agitator that has now become three people. Um, not included. These goalposts are moving all over the place. Because you can't see what he's saying, but you can hear two people. One of them was the woman who screamed at the camera, and another was the woman whose chest I had to blur out. I don't know if YouTube is going to be hypersensitive about that. Right. But she wasn't. And this is, of course, a uh, family-friendly event with the nudity, which he's totally fine with. And topless, she had things. You got to watch out for those YouTube censors. Bring her nipples, but just to be safe. You know, I, I blurred that out, but the point is that she was one of the people who temporarily chanted, we're coming for uh, your children. But if you look at the mouths of every other person mm. and you listen closely, they're saying, <laughs> we're not going shopping. So let's watch it again now that we have the proper context. So up until this point, it's obvious that the entire crowd is chanting, we're not going shopping. But right now is when the provocateur, who is presumably the cameraman, chimes in and chants, we're coming for your children. And I'm assuming this is so he can bait others into saying it. So now you just heard two other people say it. One was the lady who yelled it at the camera, and the other was the lady with the brown hair who I blurred out. So in total, we have three people who are very close to the camera, and given their proximity to the camera, they give you the impression this is the whole crowd since they're so close and thus the loudest, when in actuality, this isn't what the entire crowd was chanting. It's just a couple of people in actuality. But at Guys, first- Guys, just a couple of people glance you might think this is the entire crowd mm. because these very loud people next to the camera are the ones who we see the most i'll admit i didn't even hear anyone say we're not going shopping until i saw that tiktok which tells you how powerful priming is in fact oh yeah I think that powerful priming is powerful that video that tweet in particular from the conservative who tweeted this is really giving us a master class in how priming works. Mm. When somebody tells you to expect something from a clip, that's yeah, the only- Yeah, how dare you expect, uh, how, how could he explain that they said they're coming for your children, and then they literally say in the clip they're coming for your children, but somehow you were primed because you didn't completely focus on another part of the song that literally has nothing to do with what the fuck we're talking about thing that your brain is going to see because you've been primed to think about it in a particular way. It's a psychological trick to get mm. us to not observe right. the material that we're watching more critically. Uh -huh. We kind of shut off our brains temporarily uh -huh. and just accept what someone is saying and not necessarily watch it as critically right. or skeptically as we should. But when you start to listen more critically, you see that your first interpretation was completely tainted yeah, by the Yeah, completely tainted. Uh, uh, you thought that they said that they're coming for your children. But you were wrong, because they did, in fact, say, we're coming for your children. Case closed. <laughs> Commentary of the person who shared this. And that's not the only account who does this. Libs of TikTok oh, does yes. this, too, or strips away the context. Strips or Strips away the context of homosexuals saying that they're going to fuck children. 
seem more nefarious than it is in actuality. Mm. I mean, visually, if I told you that this oh, dress- Oh, it's like the dress thing, yes. Was white and gold, you'd probably be primed to look for those colors in particular mm, if you right. hadn't already seen this image a million fucking times. Or if I told you that you're hearing Yanni before playing uh, the audio right, that guys, we're about- guys, it's just like Yanni and Laurel, that's all. To listen to Laurel. This is so hilariously desperate. Laurel. You'd probably hear that instead of Laurel. Laurel. Like the damage control here is incredible. Laurel. 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 See what I mean? So because oh, this go. person explicitly. So because of Yanni and Laurel, they're not kid fucking. Oh, there you go. All right, case closed told us that they were chanting, they're coming for your children. They painted a picture for us. Hey guys, because of Yanni and Laurel, they're not coming for the kids. The election was 100% secure and the vaccine is safe and effective. Bang, case closed. That we might not have actually seen had we just watched the video without that commentary, without right. them kind of, I guess, right. uh, leading the witness with us being the oh, witness in this instance, right. if you will. Now. We're not going shopping makes a lot more sense because it actually does date back to queer protests from decades ago when they were in. Sh well, uh, NBC pointed out there were protests decades ago where they said they were coming for your children and it was a part of pride. Shopping malls. So it looks the like you're off narrative. Problem is the context doesn't really make things better now because it's too late. The video got millions of. That's true. It is too late. And it's not just because of this video views on Twitter, and it even got picked up by mainstream media, who seemingly made matters a lot worse. For example, in a write-up about the viral video by Tyler Kincaid of NBC News, they tweeted out a quote from the article which reads, the coming for your children chant has been used for years at Pride events, according to longtime March attendees and gay rights activists, who said it's one of many provocative expressions used to regain control of slurs against LGBTQ people. Now, a lot of us who saw that tweet we're kind of scratching our heads because even though they're trying to provide readers with additional context and say, no, they're not actually trying to say that they're gonna come after your children, this is a warning. There's a lot of questions that that quote uh, leaves that aren't answered. First and foremost, who are the longtime March attendees and gay rights activists who told you that this is a chant that's been common at Pride events for years? Because I've never heard. Well, one of them was a Nambla guy. One of them was a Nambla guy. That. Second of all, what evidence do you have that that chant in particular has been used before? Because having people tell you that this is common is one thing, but actually finding evidence that it is indeed the case is something that you would expect a journalist to seek out before making that statement in this climate where the right is trying to portray all queer people as threats to children. Now, to make matters worse, the author knows that the crowd isn't actually chanting that. So he actually wrote about this saying, in the 21 second clip circulated by a right-wing web streamer channel, dozens of people march in the streets and are clearly heard chanting, we're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping, but one voice that is louder than the crowd, it's not clear whose or whether the speaker was a member of the LGBTQ community, is heard saying at least twice, we're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. But wait a second, were the people 
in the crowd who were chanting that just outliers or is this a common chant that has been said at Pride for years? Perhaps the author misunderstood the people that he talked to because he does interview Brian Griffin, who's the original organizer of the NYC Drag March. And Brian Griffin told him that, you know, sure, more pro provocative chants are used. Not that one in particular, but, you know, maybe the author just took that as, oh, okay, so this one must be common too. I'm not sure, honestly. Furthermore, the author spoke to an organizer of this year's march who, like most of us, assumed that the crowd was chanting that but didn't know the context and just assumed that it was a joke and they denounced it. He continues, an organizer for this year's drag march known as Huckle Fairy Ken, who also performs in drag as Sister Lottie Dodd, declined an interview request, similarly citing fears for his safety in light of the backlash over the video clip. But he said in an email that coming for your children chant was a bad joke that is being used to serve the interests of parasitic predatory political propaganda and policy. We won't tolerate harm towards any child and advocate for the protection and encouragement of every child to be able to live their true authentic lives free from fear and persecution, Huckleberry Ken said. And that's the sentiment that I saw online from a lot of queer people in response to this. They just said, not a good joke, not a good time for that, right? Because we all assumed it was real and that whole crowd was chanting that, right? Until we found out the truth about this and got oh, the proper context. Until you found out the truth about it and got the proper context. Context. But further down in the article, we presumably get to one of Kincaid's sources but you can kind of see how maybe he misinterpreted what they said here because he writes again according to multiple drag march regulars the coming for your children variation has been used before and then his evidence in the next sentence is a different slogan quote last year gothamist reported people at the drag march chanted 10 percent is not enough groom 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 then he says Carla J, the first female chair of the New York's Gay Liberation Front and a professor at Pace University, said it's a strategy to take the sting out of accusations lobbied against the LGBTQ community. But again, this still doesn't really clear anything up because is she referring to the we're coming for your children line or the 10% is not enough line? Because both of these phrases, believe it or not, do have discernible differences. Saying that 10% is not enough is a joke that I've heard, at least the variation of, uh, from queer people and their allies in response to new polls showing that more young people than ever identify as LGBTQ+. So they might say in response to that, man, those are rookie numbers. We've got to pump up those numbers. And what they're doing is they are joking about this idea that gay people are recruiting kids. Right. And trying they're joking about the thing that there is an overwhelming amount of evidence of. The grooming slash recruiting... It, there is an overwhelming amount of evidence that they're doing it. And what's interesting is, I bet you he calls it a trope. Is he going to call it a trope? To turn them gay, right? And that is different than the work coming from your kids because you can't turn kids gay. That's not possible. The recruiting line is very clearly satirical. It's mocking conservative yeah, guys, stupidity. It's just a joke. It's just a joke. But in the Gothamist article that he cited, that provides additional context that is really important. So, for example, they wrote, The chants of drag march have always been cheeky and defiant, and this year the traditional 10% is not enough, recruit, 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 was updated as groom, groom, groom. Now, it's still not a great joke to make in this environment. To be fair to them, they made that joke. It doesn't, your optics don't matter. You know why your optics don't matter? Because they can't get worse. Your optics can't get worse. So good luck. Joke last year when the grooming discourse started to pop up, but it's very different 
then we're coming for your children with no additional content. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. It's the same shit. It's pedophile grooming bullshit. Right? Because if you just hear we're coming for your children, well, then that might sound more nefarious. Whoa, really? I can't believe it. It's more nefarious for sure, seemingly, than seemingly. recruit, recruit, recruit. Seemingly. Because queer people can't actually recruit no, kids and make them... It can't even happen. It's a trope. Gay. But the fear from... Cons- it's like Jewish people in banking in Hollywood. It's a trope. None of it is happening at all. As we all know, the Irish are the ones that control the banks, according to Cenk Uger. Conservatives... Or no, that's the media. It, the Irish control the media, according to Cenk Uger. Is that queer people are going to sexually prey on your kids, which is why uh, we're... Some com- of them are. Some of them are. And the problem is you are pretending none of them do, which provides cover for the ones that are. A normal gay person wouldn't do that. A normal gay person would be like, yeah, fuck those fucking pedophile homos. They should stay away from the kids. But you don't do that. You pretend they don't exist. It's fucked up. It's fucked up. Coming for your children is actually a lot more nefarious. And you might say that I'm grasping, grasping at straws here, looking for semantical differences. But when every single thing that queer people do is hyper-analyzed and scrutinized to the highest extent by right-wing propagandists, these little details matter. And understand that if conservatives actually had evidence that <laughs> queer people and drag queens were a threat to your children... They wouldn't have to try to find these. Oh, my God. These people are unbelievable. Your examples of one. Fucker, I have a segment on my show in which, what do we stream, six, seven hours? I think each stream there is enough new articles, new articles on the ways that you are all doing that. That I cover every stream for at least, what, 60 minutes, 90 minutes, depending on what's going on. Oh, but there's no evidence at all. No evidence at all. One queer person saying something edgy or sussy, they would just show the stats that demonstrate how much of a danger queer people are to children. In the same way that we could provide you with evidence that priests are a danger to children. Some priests are a danger to children. That's true. But see, if you were arguing uh, uh, on the priest side, you would pretend that no priests were dangerous. I, I will ignore... Yeah, there's some priests that should should be buried under a jail. There's also some homosexuals that should be buried under a jail. But you pretend that they that it doesn't exist. Because you're providing cover. You're providing cover. But since queer people aren't actually a danger to children... and they Again, some of them are. It's insane to argue the way you're arguing. That's like saying men are not a danger to children. Oh, no. Some men are a danger to children. Some men are not. Okay? This blanket state... See, again, you are providing cover for predators. That's what you're doing. That is what you're doing. Because you're making it seem as though there is no gay predators. You're fucking ridiculous. Don't have those statistics. Well, they do have to stoop to things like this. And propaganda fills the void that is left by a dearth of statistics on their side about this. Uh, but still, the details are really important. So again, I believe the statistics show... I, I would rather go with uh, crimes, the crimes, the many crimes against children. I think that's the best evidence. But if you want to go statistically, I believe that uh, uh, male homosexuals have a much higher rate of pedophilia than than uh, 
the average group, so it's disproportionate. You know, like uh, like uh, like crime with uh, young black men. So that's weird. You would bring up statistics. That's a hell of a thing. And this NBC author needs to clarify, right? So when people like Benjamin Dixon, among others, pressed the author of this article to be a little bit more clear and give us additional details, perhaps about his sources or where he got this information, rather than answering the questions, he decided to just private his Twitter account. Yeah. So I understand this instinct to retreat if you feel like you're being attacked. But the problem is that people were reaching out to Kincaid in good faith, trying to get him to be clear. Because if it is the case, if he can prove that there's evidence that we're coming for your kids is a chant that's common at Pride, then we need to know about it. So that way we can find out the proper context. Because this community is currently being smeared as pedophiles. But if it is the case that he's misunderstanding these activists, and that's really not something that's common at Pride, then we need to know that too, so we can shoot down this myth. We just need as much information- It's not a myth. It's not a myth. ...as possible, given the current climate where any and everything is being used against queer people. But instead of actually answering questions, he retreated, which is not good. So there's that. Now, trying to be extra charitable- Now, to now, now we're gonna get into the gay men's chorus. I can't wait to hear what he says about the gay men's chorus. Author, others online speculated that maybe he was referring to not necessarily Pride Chance, but other jokes that queer people oh, have made about Oh, it's a joke. You know what the best part of the joke is? That like, what was it, half of them? Or at least a, a solid portion of the homosexuals from that Coming For Your Children song are registered sex offenders? Oh, that's the funniest part of the joke the youth. For example, in 2021, the San Francisco Gay Men's Choir went viral because they played on this very trope with a song where they sing about, we're coming for your children. You think that we'll corrupt your kids if our agenda goes unchecked? Funny, just this once, you're correct. We'll convert your children. Happens bit by bit and subtly and you will barely notice it you can keep him from disco warn about san francisco make him wear pleated pants we don't care we'll convert your children we'll make them tolerant and fair at first i didn't get why you'd be so scared of us turning your children into accepting caring people but I see now why you'd have a problem with that. We'll convert your children. Someone's gotta teach them not to hate. We're coming for them. We're coming for your So again, this uh, a portion of this group here were registered sex offenders, which of course is the uh, least surprising bit of news of the year. So that line within the proper context changes the entire oh, meaning of it right they're yeah, saying we're yeah, coming for your right, kids guys. and we're going to teach them to be accepting right, guys, and they're just gonna it's a good song it's a good song can you imagine i mean this shit the damage that these lunatics are doing is it's it's incalculable it is they are they have turned i mean let me give you an example of what i'm talking about um there was a twitter thread that the quartering put up. 
Now, the quartering is, I think, more conservative than it used to be. The quartering years ago used to try to kind of be more like less political, right? Less, I think he covered less politics and whatnot. And his audience, from what I understand, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but his audience, like he reaches a decent amount of normies. He reaches normies that are tired of the political bullshit on the one hand, uh, as far as like leftists putting all their bullshit in games and all this other shit, right? So his audience strikes me as like kind of like normie, like, I don't know, centrist normie, maybe some center right, okay? Maybe some center left, okay? So... I forget what the subject... It was related to this kind of shit. And the quartering said um, on Twitter, uh, whatever it was related to, but he said something along the lines of... Um, I think it might have been related to the... It probably was the woman that won her case in the Supreme Court. So let's say it was related to, like, cake baking or whatever. And the quartering said that this kind of shit makes uh, the LGBT look like bullies. Every single, every single one of the comments in the tweet, tweet thread, and he has a pretty big account, so there's a lot of people commenting. Every single one of them either said, yes, they're bullies, or they, they were like, it's not that they look like bullies, they are bullies. It was like, I did not see one person who was like, well, hey, wait a minute, not all, I, none of that. It was, it was all. And I think that that sentiment is common now. That they now have a reputation for being bullies because they are bullies. It's nonstop bullying. And, and not only is it nonstop bullying to do the pronouns and all this shit, but the, the coming for your kid, the direct play that they made for the kids in the most fucked up and perverted way. It is... If you wanted to, like, come up with a strategy for a minority group to commit political suicide, this is what, this is, this is it. This is it. Whatever they did here is, is what you would do. It, it's exactly what you would do in exactly the way that you would do it. For Pride Month, you would have fucking children's clothes with all sorts of shit on it, with tucking, tucking bathing suits. You would do all of that. With the Satan guy, you know, who's like, oh, uh, Satan likes pronouns or whatever the fuck he wrote. You would do it exactly like this. And uh, so they're, they're, the, the, the PR damage that this has done, this is just like, it's over. I think it's over and we're going in the other direction now. The question is, how far will it go? How much will this shit be rolled back? I have no idea. I have, I have uh, no idea. I would prefer it be rolled back to the point where it stops, where they stop. And, how, and whatever that is, you know, whatever that is, whatever you have to do for this to be resolved. And so I don't know what that is. I have no idea what that is, but it's going to be what it is. And we'll see. Loving and tolerant. Whereas when you just see queer people who are being accused of being groomers and pedophiles without the context saying oh. we're coming for your children. Yeah, guys, all you needed was context for that video of literal pedophiles, literal convicted pedophiles, some of them. I imagine the rest of them were just not caught. Um, you just don't understand the proper context 
of the sexual predator video talking about how they're coming for your kids. You just don't understand the context, guys. Come on. You can see how that is going to be used more nefariously by these right-wing actors. But I mean, even within the proper context, even though that song is very obviously about queer people trying to teach children to be yeah. accepting and tolerant, oh, conservatives right. were still outraged about that. So even- I can't believe they were still outraged about that song from the convicted child sex predators. Within the proper context, that doesn't necessarily stop these bad actors from trying to lie and demonize the entire community. The right. difference You're the bad actor for taking issue with the song, not the convicted child sex predators. The difference, however, was that the proper context existed. And that does matter. For example, the top comment from a year ago reads, I'm sorry, folks, I'm a straight 70 year old man that heard the uproar about the song and decided to listen for myself. Pretty damned obvious. This is a statement that they will seek the better angels of human nature and find understanding. <laughs> it seems all the uproar is coming from the narrow minded and their dark gates looking to lash out. It's yeah. just sad. Yeah. Okay. So my okay, groomer overall point is that even when something is obviously satirical and you have the full context for it, conservatives are still going to weaponize it for propagandistic purposes. But when we don't have the proper context for suspicious comments or edgy jokes, that's when the propaganda is the most powerful because conservatives will capitalize on people's ignorance or concern, which is why so many people asked for more clarity from that NBC writer, because simply saying that queer people have been chanting that they're coming for your children for years creates this context void that can be filled by bad faith actors who want to demonize the community. So if Matt Walsh, for example, tweets that that chant is confirmation that gays want to molest children. It's not confirmation. I'll give you the chant. I don't care about the chant. We have plenty of evidence that confirms it. Or that the LGBTQ plus community is expanding to include pedophiles as they've argued before. Well, they, but they literally are. They lit bro, you're in the middle of defending literal pedophiles. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Normal people will likely take that at face value. Well, they should because it's fucking true. If they don't have the additional context. I mean, look at the way that we all just thought that oh. that video was them chanting, we're coming for hey, your hey, children. Hey, guys, we, yeah. Oh, I can't believe we thought that. That's amazing. That's an amazing thing, the guy, like, the level of retardation you'd have to be at to, to listen to this. I'm going to go to the comments section at the end. I imagine most of his audience ate it up. He is playing a video that explicitly shows them saying, we're coming for your children, while simultaneously arguing. Oh, that's not what they said. No, no. I can't believe we thought that. We didn't understand the proper context. We all took what the uploader said at face value. So when these fucking uh, predators are like sodomizing a kid, they're like, and, and the kid's freaking out. They're like, no, you, listen, Bobby, you just don't, you're taking this out of context, Bobby. You don't understand the context. You need, hey, we got to call an expert, okay? We're going to call a professor. Excuse me, Professor Heinstein, can you explain to Bobby how he's going to benefit greatly from this? He told us that the crowd was chanting, they're coming for your kids. So if even we, people who are a little bit more savvy when it comes to the media that we consume, can be duped by right-wing propaganda, it's not unreasonable to think that regular people could get tricked into believing the worst lies about this community. 
using singular anecdotes to extrapolate and make broader inferences about the entire LGBTQ plus community is by far the most powerful tool for anti-LGBTQ plus propagandists because they work, they're effective, right? But right-wing propagandists can only weaponize ignorance so long as people are still ignorant. I adore the LGBTQ plus community and feel genuinely privileged to be a part of it. I'm but sure you do. You are very clear. You are doing damage control and defending even the pedophile portion of the LGBT community. The convicted pedophile portion you're doing damage control for. So, yeah, I imagine uh, that that's the case. Like all people, there are bad queer people. The goal isn't to sanitize the actions of every single queer person ever because bad queer people exist and they will always exist. The goal ultimately is- Right, so the bad queer people are the conservatives, not the pedophiles. To get people to see our humanity at an individual level. Yes, we're part of a group, but if you zoom in- Well, probably the first step in that would be to stop defending pedophiles. In a little bit, you'll see that we're all unique individuals with different personalities, different set of moral standards and ideological views, and we're not monolithic. So people, if they see us as individuals, part of a broader community, and they're less likely to believe generalizations, then they're less likely to believe terrible things about the entire community based on the actions of like one or a few of us. But until we reach that level of societal understanding, which we're not yet at, all of us, especially journalists, should be a lot more vigilant so that way we don't inadvertently get duped by right-wing provocateurs or play into their hands as they work overtime to demonize all of us. That was sick. What a sick fucker. Let's see the comments here. Uh, that person, I pinned comment, he agrees. Um, let's see. Uh, let's see. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah, they're all in agreement, pretty much. Uh, let's see, priming. They all love the priming argument. Pre-primed. Prime, 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 prime. What a bunch of fucking sheep. Idiots. Absolute idiots. That's leftists, though. What are you going to do? They're fucking morons. Okay. Let's see. Um... Trump criminal trial could be pushed to next year. Oh, no. What are you going to do? What are you going to do, Farron? According to a report from The Guardian this... According to a report from The Guardian this week, the document trial against Donald Trump might be postponed until the spring of 2024. Oh, man. Now... Judge Eileen Cannon, of course, has already set the court date for August. Right? I think we're looking at what? August 14th, I think it is. So August 14th is when Judge Cannon, the judge overseeing it, says, look, I want to do this on August 14th. Jack Smith, the special prosecutor, says, I don't want to do it on August 14th. I would rather do it in mid-December. Can you give me an extra four months? Now, Judge Cannon has not given a ruling yet on whether or not to postpone it until December. But part of the reason that Jack Smith is asking to postpone it to December, which for the record will not happen, Donald Trump already has another criminal trial on the docket for December. So Judge Cannon, even if she wanted to comply with uh, the motion from Jack Smith, she couldn't do it 
because Trump already has another criminal trial coming up in December. So it would have to be after that. But the reason, the big reason Jack Smith wants to postpone this trial is because you have a lot of different people, mostly those working on the defense side that do not have security clearances for obvious reasons. They don't work for the government. They don't need security clearances. So we're in the process right now of getting all of Donald Trump's lawyers, this clearance so that they can even view the evidence against them. What's also being worked out right now are the rules for the trial because the classified documents obviously are going to be a big part of the evidence. I mean, they are the evidence, but you can't just go into a courtroom and show jurors, show the reporters, show the witnesses in the room. You can't just show them classified documents. And that's something that everybody seems to have, I guess, forgotten about, or maybe didn't realize at first. But when these classified documents are blown up and shown on the big screen there in the courtroom, you've got a room full of people that legally aren't allowed to see that. You've got 12 jurors over here, if they're using a 12 person jury, that legally can't see it either. So we have all these procedures that we have to go through. We have documents that may have to be declassified before they can be shown in court. Others will have to be heavily redacted to make them presentable to the court and the jury and the judge. And of course the people in the courtroom. So this is not going to be a quick process. This is going to take a very, it's probably why Jack Smith has 90 other charges ready. And he's probably going to do one of these cases. They need a conviction before the election it's because it, it, I think they're going to try to take him off the ballot with a conviction, even though that would be completely unconstitutional. So they're going to, they're going to indict in like Jersey and they're going to fast track that conviction. They'll probably get it within a month and then they'll try to take him off the ballot very long time to get everybody credentialed to the point where they can either view it or get the documents edited to the point where they can be viewed. And a report from the guardian this week, of course, says that spring 2024 is probably the earliest that we would see Donald Trump walk into judge cannons federal courtroom because this stuff takes time. And honestly, that may be the best thing for this case. You know, when judge cannon initially said the date, I explained why it's worse for the prosecution to have a court date that was 55 days out versus the defense. So it would be better for the defense. It would be better for Trump's chances of getting convicted. If we push this thing out, you know, even to spring of next year, okay, something's okay. in the works obviously now, cause the media narrative has shifted. So yeah, I think there's another indictment coming quickly with that. Uh, politically speaking, it would be awesome if we push it towards, you know, even the end of spring, early summer of 2024, because at that point, Donald Trump will likely have already secured the Republican nomination. We'll be heading off to that convention and then he might be headed to jail instead. And that's going to leave the Republican party in a very embarrassing place <clears throat> again, zero chance as they just put a, again, this is, you know, wishful thinking, but em they were embarrassing to who embarrassing to who put a felon at the top of their ticket. Gladly, gladly. And I don't, it think would be a badge of honor. It's You're gonna, all pedophiles. 
go well for them in that year's election. How would you... What, are you kidding me? This is not going to work. It's not going to work, testicle. Cooper Sees the Truth says, I remember AOC saying that about Tucker, but I swear there was a clip of Emma ranting about how she agrees with that. Yeah, they pro- I would think they probably covered it, right? So what was that? That was... Um, was that when he got fired? I guess that would have been when he got fired, right? Yeah, that had to have been when he got fired. So she said deplatforming works. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they covered that video and, and she said that. It's just hilarious because he's, um, he's getting tens of millions of views. <laughs> he says, also, you know what else is amazing? Since some fags said we're not going shopping, magically, the San Francisco fag choir also didn't sing we're coming for your children. Yeah, magic. Magical thinking. And also, in addition, the, the convicted pedophiles on the San Francisco choir magically time reverse course and they suddenly didn't have any convictions anymore oh man now we have the proper context absolutely fucking insane these people are crazy okay all right let's uh one moment got some breaking news here The internet let's have a look here okay here we go this is uh, breaking news from the internet from a person calling themselves jesse lee peterson and says the wall's going up all right let's have a look here that would be nice that would be great okay let's see here one second okay let's have a look here Jesse Lee Peterson, breaking news. Yeah, Mr. President, take this home. 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 The wall going up. The wall. The wall going up. Is law overdue? The wall going up. the border i'm stunned at the democrats running around the country and just outright lying they lying it's amazing to see that it's not about we the people it's about the desire of power from the democrats you cannot be of god and serve evil and the democratic money today is evil i cannot be prouder the great white hope. Oh, the great white hope. Keep our country safe from all threats. Threats. Anti-climb technology. Amazing. The wall going up. The wall. The wall going up. Is law overdue? The wall going up. Thirty-foot wall. The wall going up. The wall going up. At the border. Stake, stake, what's at stake? Are you kidding me? 
That is like the typical snowflake right there. Typical, typical snowflake right there. Snowflake right there. Hogwash. Thank God Hillary Clinton is not our president. When they're not standing up for the wall, they're not standing up for American citizens. I could not be prouder. The great white hope. The great white hope. Keep our country safe from all threats. Anti-climb technology. Amazing. The wall going up. The wall. The wall going up. Is law overdue? The wall going up. Thirty-foot wall. The wall going up. The wall going up. At the border. Very good. That was uh, breaking news from the internet from Jesse Lee Peterson, or a person calling themselves Jesse Lee Peterson. All right, very good. All right, that is the end of the stream. Next stream is, um, let's see, what is this? I think, yeah, I'll probably stream tomorrow night. I guess next stream will be tomorrow night. Um, probably be um, like 8, 8 or so, most likely. Um and then, of course, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern. Thank you for all the people that sent Super Chats, Streamlabs, and Breaking News. Sincerely appreciate your generosity. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash Hard News Network, or on Podbean, hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or on Twitter, which is at LiveHNN. Wherever you're watching on the stream or on the archive, I appreciate it. I'll see you guys tomorrow. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.